Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This week's Sunday session is brought to you by homebrewing source of awesomeness online. More beer at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. (laughs) Mrs. Bub, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle. Especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have not had it in the can. And then I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right. So I thought it'd be a good way to... I thought it'd be fun for you guys and nice for you guys if we started the show... By talking about how great I am today. What do you think? Again? Well, yeah. Is this going to be short? Well, you know, I'm a big uh, TV star oh, that's now. Right. Oh. I had a TV show premiere yesterday, and I thought it would be fun for you guys if we talked about that. It would be fun for me. Yeah. I, I don't get enough of that. Right. <laughs> JP was in the credits of the show yesterday. Well, well he should. That was part of our deal. I said, JP, if you leave me alone for the next <laughs> six months, I promise to put you in the credits. You're a giving person. But then, lo and behold, JP had his commercial debut. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That was amazing. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> that really shocked me. That part, yeah. I believe JP's line goes something like, I hear that the best deals around are at this Ford dealership here, Justin. In this place. Let us go do that. Bro. I think it was, it was about like that, right? He, the line where he like said, it. what just happened? That came off really naturally, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one was... He's used to saying natural. that, I think. 
That was natural. Not like the gay high five, too. It's still better than like the aging owner of the dealership wearing a cowboy hat and telling you to come on down, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's... Al Worthington Chevrolet. <laughs> well, we asked for that, and they wouldn't let us. They said, no, no, that's another dealership. Can't do a parody of another dealership, I see. What's funny is that JP and I went in, so, so we had our BYOB TV uh, premiere last night. The show aired for the first time, and uh, but also... Uh, JP and I had done a, a commercial for one of their sponsors, and uh, it's a Ford dealership. And when we were on our way there, JP and I, we, we were like, well, you know, we've seen these car commercials before. Let's just go in and act real douchey. We'll just get as douchey as we can. Well, so we do that, and the and the directors were like, oh, yeah, that's great. We really just want you guys to be yourselves. <laughs> Tells you a lot about what they think of you. Right. We were Ouch. like, wait a minute, that was us being douchey. That's not ourselves. Come on. And the more uh, the more we felt that we were like hamming it up, the more they were like, yeah, that's real natural. <laughs> that's what we want. That's good. Keep that big high five in there. Really? About, about power for a car dealership. We were just joking. Where is that commercial? Is it on it's your on, Facebook page? It's on page? YouTube, man. Yeah, it's on my Facebook page. It my, is on yours? Yeah. My favorite part is, uh, Justin, you high-fived JP at a certain point, but you almost took his arm off. It looked like you really <laughs> leaned into that he threw his five. body into that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, for right. so many years of us missing each other's high-fives, yeah. when you actually have to connect. Yeah, how many takes did hurt. it take? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one, it did hurt. There were a lot of takes. And I believe I got to say... You just wrote your own deal, bro. <laughs> and, bro. We, and again, we said that as a joke. We were like, what if we just threw out some douchey line? And they would go, they go, oh, that's it. That's, that's the good. take right there. Right. That's the one. Well, they want us to say dude after, like, before each line. Uh, Every line was dude this and dude, dude that. Yeah. Well, they want you to be yourselves. Right. Yeah, so we refused to say dude, but we put bro. Uh, hang on. I gotta no, that was it thing. right there. <laughs> I can't wait for the one with the animated writing pen. That's going to be good. That's true. There's yeah. two commercials. We, you guys only got to see oh, the wow. first one. Stay tuned. I'm Justin. And I'm JP from BYOB. And we're here at Sunnyvale Ford to write our own deal. You know, I've heard that all the great deals are made here. See, that's my favorite, JP. You <laughs> So awful. You know I have heard that there are deals here, yeah. Justin. So awkward and clumsy <laughs> to say. It's like, whatever. And then, you know, like, oh, no, that was good. And, JP, and I go really tell me if it no it was good I'm like because I'll do it all fucking all day long I wanted I don't want to sound like an asshole so well, you guys... that's the funny thing JP had been doing it all day long we drove from pitch uh, from Pacheco all the way to uh, Sunnyvale yeah. and the whole way he's acting natural and he's <laughs> so he had been doing it all all day long and then we get this you know I've heard that all the great deals are made here it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. You're right. No, it's, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. I think that's how I well, am. That's, it felt natural. I was like, okay. Uh, and, but does it sound good? I don't care if it sounds natural or natural. unnatural. No, the employees who do those commercials sound just like that. So you're you're better than them. Already. You're gonna help me. They live a stilted performance every day. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's listen to the rest, JP. Please, oh, let's it's better. Okay. We'll find out. Hello. I'd like to write my own deal. Go right ahead. Now, that yeah, was pretty good. natural. Good. Right? Yeah. Right. I liked it. Hi, I heard something about writing my own deal. Yeah. We got to hang out with this hot salesman broad. That's why it sounded natural to him. <laughs> she had a real nice ass. I was trying not to be like... You ever hear that like on Steven Seagal sets, he just you know <laughs> gropes. gropes every... You know, he just is a chauvinist to everybody who walks by? Yeah. I felt like Steven Seagal that day. You did. You looked like him. All blue. <laughs> 
What just happened? You just wrote your own deal, bro. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> Buying a car at Sunnyvale Ford is it? You yeah! Can, you can hear how hard that slap is. Mean, yeah. that, that's yeah. the golden Something moment right there. The face. I'm feeling it already. Oh, <laughs> See, you hesitated. Horrible. Take that two. You got it. You got to get a go follow through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there yeah. it is. Brought it weak. <laughs> You just wrote your own deal, bro. Fuck also, yeah, bro. <laughs> you also rubbed your ass on my arm. It's pretty good. Yeah, JP and I had to take steroids for a month before this set, just to before the shoot, just to get ready. Let's hear that again. Wrote your own deal, bro. That was easy. Bam. Well, you can. Car at Sunnyvale Ford is as easy as writing your own deal. Yeah, I just found out that while other dealerships play the back and forth negotiating game, hey, you, you can get out? the best deal at Sunnyvale Ford. Write your own deal at SunnyvaleFord.com. Right. Yeah, I just I'm found Justin, out. And I'm JP from BY. Hang on, I just want to hear the first line again. OB. And we're here at Sunnyvale Ford to write our own deal. You know, I've heard that all the great deals are made here. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say that? I don't even talk. I don't even phrase a sentence like that. Right. Yeah. You know, I heard. <laughs> it just goes downhill from there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the end of the conversation. There's no success after that line no. that, they, that they give you. You know, I heard it's really great and things. <laughs> this stuff is good times. <laughs> uh, had you analyzed this commercial uh, today, JP? Did you watch yeah, it a hundred no, times? No, I did, yeah. So I appreciate you, you letting me do it again. <laughs> oh. It's a good time. Yeah. Pretty funny stuff. Yeah. Pretty fun to do. Pretty nice. Yeah. So there's another commercial that we, that same place, and we got to, like, I'm, like, sitting in the back seat of a Mustang. Yeah. JP's in the front. We're all drunk, being driven by a um, an animated pen. It's going to be good. Yeah. What? Mr. Wright. In Mr. Wright. Helping us write our own deal. Write your deal, yeah, sure. So maybe next week we'll get to see the Mr. Pen, Mr. Wright. Don't get, don't get his name wrong, dude, bro. <laughs> Fucking Mr. Pen got paid more than me and JP, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> in a bigger trailer. Yeah. Uh so that was fun. At least we got to hang out with that hot broad for a little while, though. Yeah, she wasn't bad. No. She wasn't bad. You had all the lines with her, though. I just was staring at her creepily <laughs> well, from the other side. The roles were reversed. She's like, why is he staring at me? He doesn't have any lines with me. <laughs> that guy's not even Steven Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it was Steven Seagal, I could, I could see that. But. Right. So uh, how did you think the premiere went, JP? Were you happy with the first episode? Of BYOB TV, it wasn't bad. Uh, I, w- I was talking to some people who really have no idea about beer and brewing and all that kind of nonsense. They were able to follow it. Yeah, you know they were able to understand <laughs> the good. game, and so yeah, that was that was kind of our biggest fear is that nobody would be able to follow. We have so much going on in 22 minutes that it's just you know impossible mm-hmm. to figure out what the fuck's going on. But I think it went pretty well. People were really happy with it. Yeah, you know their fight broke out afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at the yeah. at the premiere party. Yeah. That's true. Wait, it was a, a real fight. Yeah. A real fight. Well, yeah. it was a slap in the bar. Fight. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's true. One guy got slapped twice. That's not a real fight. No, a slap. A he couple of punches connected. Slapped, dude. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. They were they were fighting over who was better in the Ford commercial. Right. Uh, who who <laughs> yeah. said the long haired bloated guy? Or they the bald bloated guy. They weren't guy. slapping. Yeah. They were yeah. high fiving, and you just heard it, and you yeah. thought they were slapping. Yeah, they were like, I just want to write my own deal, bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, that quiet guy's better. Wait, what were they fighting over? Like, I don't know. No idea. They, were they weren't with us. They were fighting over how awesome Kid Rock is. I think that, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty I think sure that was it. <laughs> what I do know is that the guy who broke up the fight, some kid that works at um, 
Pete's yeah. sounded even douchier than the two kids fighting. He goes over to fight. This is his this is his fight breakup. Okay, this stops right now. Right now. This stops right now. <laughs> He's going to get punched. Yeah, it was that. real effective. Both of them. Yeah, then, just like, right after he said that, then the, the guy slaps the other dude right. right around that dude's head, like over the kid. This is going to stop. You guys need to talk about this. It stops here. Yeah. Why don't you go in the back and we can have a we can moderate a, a, a you know a, a conversation about this whatever it is. I'm gonna order you both salads and we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> this stops here. He's all crying. You should have gone on Steven Seagal in their ass. I should have. <laughs> you know I don't like you punching. Uh, I'm gonna grab your girlfriend's ass. Uh yeah, I thought the premiere was okay. I'm not too happy with the first episode. It's good no. enough, I guess. But it does, right. uh, it, luckily it gets better. I'm real happy with like episode seven, <laughs> which is what I think we're working on now. So if you can hang in there for seven episodes, it might be a good it show. It might be good. If you can hang in for ten episodes, yeah. next thing you know, it'll be over. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, it was cool fine. to be at Drake's. I was happy to feature a good local brewery that's uh, been a big supporter of us for a long time and good people over there. So a special thanks to Drake's Brewing, who got yep. featured all throughout the first episode, and especially their brewmaster, Brian Thorson, their head brewer. Uh, he had a cameo on there for a little bit. Yeah. The show it was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, we got him in there at the end. And so Brian's cool. I don't know if you've ever heard me say on the show before, but I've always said that brewers are like drummers. They're unreliable, they're late, you can't, you don't count on drummers or brewers for much of anything. You know, you find that out, Moscow's learning that now that he's booking the shows, you you find out that they're just kind of generally unreliable. Brian, over at Drake's, is not that brewer, he's the opposite. That guy is on top of things, and he was so much help to me to get that episode up and running, and flexible with our schedule and so i just really wanted to thank him and the drake staff john martin of course the owner uh who's been real nice to us and just let us do whatever we wanted with his brewery which is kind of cool you know we kind of come up with these ideas to go shoot episodes these places and think well you know they'll just be grateful to have us because we're shooting a tv show there but like they're not busy that day or anything and that's the thing that you don't think about until you get there and you realize how in the way you are of day-to-day activities oh, yeah they make these, a ton of beer there too though. yeah and it's a small place and and that's when you go oh i'm just a douche with a camera these guys are trying to run a business here and we're really in their way so i i did want to say thanks a lot to those guys for having us and it was i think kind of cool to do our first episode with a um a team of brewers that we know and is cool to us so anyway i hope week two is better i think i'm just i think we're just gonna have the premiere party at my house for week two. That's so much of a party, though. I think like eight people showed up last night for our premiere there party. There were a lot, man. Oh, oh, there more were than that. More than that. Oh. This was full. Eight and Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it's fun, though. No, they're doing uh, episode two next Saturday. I That's guess they're going to do every episode now at Supposedly. Pete's in Danville. They're going to put it on the big screen. So, I'll be back there next so Saturday. Go there and hang out. Same time every Saturday night is at the the plan right now for the show yeah so here's the deal if you're in the bay area it's at 10 30 every saturday night right after dave Chappelle and just before creepy coffee movie time which jp and i got to go do a cameo on yesterday yeah we'll we'll be on the uh 30th nice yeah so next saturday you can watch episode two at 10 30 and then you can watch me and jp on creepy coffee movie time yeah and there's a bunch of whores on creepy coffee movie time (laughs) which is awesome there really are like go-go dancers and you know how I, I talked about the Portland strippers all tattooed and stuff? They're, it's like full of Portland strippers, yeah, this show. Good. And there's a, there's a 
porn star on there every week. Annie Cruz. They have figured it out, wow. man. Like yeah. we kind of have a good gig with this whole beer TV thing, but they have beer and whores. Yeah, they got uh, one up on you. We're getting there. We're getting yeah, yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> Are we? Yeah. yeah. See the under last week's beer show. thing for the last, last six show, years. Right? Yeah. I don't know about that whore deal. Though. No, we're moving into the other. Oh, area. by the way, yeah. Nicole's running the chat room tonight. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, Bevo's out uh, celebrating Zombie Jesus Day, and um, Nicole, being the pagan that she is, is in here uh, running the chat room for us. I celebrate so. the sun and the moon <laughs> and the moon. So creepy coffee movie time. <laughs> so we're on every Saturday at ten thirty, and then I guess they're rerunning the crap out of us. I think we're on again at one thirty one one a.m., which is great. Like yeah. ten thirty and one a.m. on Saturday uh-huh. nights. So so ten thirty is like when you smoke your first joint and watch us. <laughs> one a.m. is like when you do your going to bed joint. We really it's really our our demographic. I, I watched oh, yeah. it at one a.m. again. Yeah, I got <laughs> to watch did. and I got to hear it really well too. Oh, so, good. Yeah, it's got to. And, and then, I, well, how long is creepy coffee movie time? It's a couple hours, I guess. Oh, oh so it must 11. be right after. It starts at eleven. Eleven to one, yeah, two hours. Okay, so yeah, then we're on right. Yeah. So we sat, we basically Eiffel Tower creepy coffee movie time. Yeah, we yes. Do. And then it airs again. You can see it tonight at nine thirty on Coffee, all on channel twenty. If you if you still use rabbit ears, it's on channel twenty. If you use cable, it's on button thirteen. And if you have HD, you can watch us in HD on channel seven thirteen. And if you're out of market, you're fucked. I thought no one has rabbit ears anymore. Didn't they switch to all digital like a year ago? Well, they're now what? like digital rabbit ears. Yeah. I see. Yeah. What does that mean? They're virtual ears. They're virtual ears. No, can't them. you still get an antenna, a digital antenna? Yeah. yeah. So they're yeah. not really rabbit ears, but you can still get a digital antenna. Oh. Yeah. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you're out of market, I know every time we post about the show, the same question. I'm real happy you guys are excited yeah. about watching it. But it's Adam. Believe it or not, this is one thing that I don't get to fuck up this time. The TV station is entirely in control of putting those shows online. So I am bugging them just as much as you you are bugging us. And I will let you know as soon as they're online, and you can go crash yeah. their website watching it. I think we're going to have more out of market viewers than we have in market viewers. Quite likely. I'm pretty sure yeah. everybody who saw the show last night was at Pete's. <laughs> was at Pete's oh, Press I had to watch Rail. it again tonight. I had to watch it again today. And I went to. Uh, why? To, well, I went to my girlfriend's house, and everyone wanted to watch it again. And I was like, I'm over. I sat in the other room. It's like, I don't need to see this again. I've seen it. Seen it. Don't want to see it again. So you went and... You're such a douche. Yeah. You went and sat in the other room well, by yourself while everybody I was, watched I was the eating, show. and then they're like, oh, we're going to go watch it. I'm like, all right, great. I'll be right there. I, I sat with a couple other people. I wasn't, like, by myself alone. Don't worry about me, guys. I'm just going to go sit over here by myself. I have corner. seen it before, and I don't need to see it again. I'm Pretty so much. over it. I am. Bro, pass the ham. <laughs> you just watched my show, bro. I gave everyone a high five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So when it's online, we'll let you know. Tasty, you're a good critic. What did you think of the first episode? <laughs> Why do I have to go first? Yeah, come on. Give it to me. Give it to me well, straight. When I, when I uh, watched it in the privacy of my own home at 1 a.m. in a high definition, yeah, uh, the, point, the points that weren't clear what was going on became clear, and then it all sort of made a lot more sense. Uh, right. The, the part where the um, the teams were competing to do the, uh, the clover clamp hookup uh, in the brewery, uh, I could see why they had to do it like the basically simulcast the. Well, it was like a pseudo simulcast. It was like you is were showing all eight teams at one time. Yeah, 
That's the only way you could have done that. If you'd have shown them serially, people would have been bored to death. Yeah, so so here's what happened. You know, we had 24 people to shoot in our first episode. We had eight teams of three people. And JP and I were trying to think, okay, we can't really brew the first episode because it's going to be really hard to follow 24 people brewing and then having a two-week lag and then shoot the end of the episode after they've gone home and fermented. So we went, okay, let's try to get some beer knowledge out of them. So we did like a beer trivia thing to start, which is a hard thing to think about watching on television. Believe you me, JP and I, you know, going through this list of ideas, we're falling asleep at some of them ourselves. <laughs> so we're, we're working hard to make it, okay, how do we geek out about beer and not bore people to death at the same time? So we pulled off the trivia thing a little bit. And then our second challenge for the teams was we thought, well, let's make them do some work in a brewery. Well, there's not a, there's not too many things in a brewery that um, that you could do eight times. That you could do eight times. We thought about we thought. Well, what if they had to empty the mash tun? That was our first choice. Yeah. Well, we couldn't find a. What happened to manual labor? We couldn't find a good local brewery that still um, mashes <laughs> out by hand that we wouldn't get in the way of entirely. Plus, how do you do that eight times? Yeah. Yep. You refill it, and Bring so back in. so we thought. Okay, here's what we'll do. We're going to make them transfer beer from one vessel to another. It's pretty difficult to do because the hoses are a pain in the ass. And using the triclover clamp, while it's a simple uh, mechanism, it's actually kind of difficult to do if you've never done it before. So we thought, this will be great. Fucking disaster. The first team does it on set that day. And I look at the producer, and I was about to quit right then. I was like, this is retarded. For one, it just took them a hundred minutes to to connect one, and we have to show eight teams doing this. I'm bored to death. I'm falling asleep over here. Thank God our producers are pretty good at what they do, so they cut it in the way that Tasty yeah, just described, really where at work. least it was viewable. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, anyhow, the last challenge I thought was fun and exciting and was visually, uh, you know, you could follow. That was a we a, a, new, a twist we took on how to empty the mash tun kind of a messier beer filled right. action packed twist so i was happy with the ending <clears throat> which i hope you'll get to watch that's the fun part the first two segments i don't know they're all right i thought the first segment was good actually it was, that was a nice introduction where they had to identify stuff and yeah. see if they're right or wrong but that was handled well from a editing and visual perspective i think too that was a nice, that was a way to drag people in i think it was pretty cool okay well it was it, it was what it was yeah i mean we <laughs> Yeah. The way we put it around the uh, the, uh, the production team was like, uh, hey, here, here's this turd. Can you guys go ahead and polish it for us and give us episode one? That was pretty much the what we were all talking about. But I think that it was good enough. And I encourage you to hang out for episode two because they, they, they do really get better. In fact, we just shot episode five and six, and they were great. Well, I, I, I will go so far as to say they were great. I think it was fine. I mean, the show was good, but not in 22 minutes. Right. It would have been better in 40 minutes. Yeah. Like a one-hour show, right? That's uh, maybe Because then true. we got to, you know, see the contestants, whatever. So maybe thinking about it again, if we remembered that it was 22 <clears throat> minutes, should have just had two competitions. Right. You know, the, the, the first question, the first one, and then the third one how we did normally so if you fucked up on the first you can get into the third and go through but you know eliminate the I don't even understand challenge. what you're talking about here I don't well, think I, I don't know work. I'm striking out all over the place <laughs> I'm gonna go back to sleep 
Well, so, they, they added a lot of production quality. I mean, the, all the graphics they put up on the oh yeah the stuff was nice. They did a lot of work on it. They did do a lot of work. They had to. I mean, yeah. like I said, we gave them a piece <laughs> of shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Brew Widgets uh, from the chat wants to know how we can support the sponsors. Oh. Buy a Ford. Uh, write your own deal, bro. Go write yeah. your own deal. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> Uh, I don't or know. You need, if you need a 420 evaluation, uh, you could. Uh, <laughs> How rad was that tasting? Oh, we, awesome. uh, we had a we um, had uh, a a pot store yeah. advertise on our show. Yeah, oh, it was real awesome. <laughs> Moscow, get on that, will you? We need a we get need on what? We need our own <laughs> samples. You guys need to do. A, we need a, our own pot advertiser spot. over here. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. I was real happy about that, and I didn't know about who our sponsors were. I did know that JP had gotten asked, hey, will you guys do a, a, a pot commercial? And now I know why. And uh, I don't know what Jay. I didn't get asked. Did you say, yes, you'll do a pot commercial? Yeah. You did? For sure. I don't give a fuck. Pay me. What's, what is, I don't care. I hear that what the bud here is really good. Is that your, is that your line? Oh, 420, it's, bro. It's very uh, stinky. Yeah. Thanks for warning me this is going to happen. Or else I you just got prepared. stoned, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already going to give my mom a heart attack. I, I like mentioned uh, in passing a couple months ago, like, oh, yeah, we, uh, you know, we have this non-beer sponsors. You know, for example, Adam and Eve. And she went... What's that? <laughs> and I was like, well... What's that, Moscow? Uh-huh. And so, you now have to break the she news story that Moscow. we have a pot sponsor now. I don't know if that's going to go over so well. well uh, so, dildos and pot, huh, Scotty? <laughs> right. Is that how we raised you, Scotty? Mm, Unfortunately, the proof's in the pudding. Do you have to tell your mom everything? Does she, don't she, tell her. It's, 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 they're Jewish, know, yes. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Oh. She's a Jewish mother. It's part mm. of the contract. Does she call you Scotty? No. No. She calls you Scott? Scott, yeah. Or, what kind of mom names her kid Scott and doesn't call him Scotty? Mine. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, the only one. My, my siblings, they were the only ones that called me Scotty. You're not buying from that Adam and Eve, are you, Scott? Well, am I, I'm not, no. <laughs> my girlfriend is, but, you know. <laughs> that little hussy you bring home? What's her oh, name? Hussy. Hussy? <laughs> I would love to hear your mom bitching about our sponsors. A beer show, Scott? Really? The second I is it kosher? The, the second I said something, I wished I had a tape recorder there because her her response was great. It was like, actually, it actually wouldn't have translated very well to radio because she just buried her face in her hands, you know. <laughs> right, face palm. I'm. I don't have a son anymore. I'm right. so disappointed. You're dead to me. You're dead, Scotty. Go go in the other room with your de- with your father. She's not from New York, you know. Father. <laughs> All Jewish mothers are from New York, in my eyes. I'm from Connecticut. There's not a Jewish mother on earth that didn't at, at one time live in New York, as far as I'm concerned. And even if they didn't live there, they still have the Brooklyn accent. Yeah, they go, they go there on vacation, they come away with that. Don't hang out with your father. Oh, I'm not bet. talking to him either. He ate pork today. <laughs> All right. So speaking of eating pork, or not <clears throat> eating pork. Oh, I got to do that segment, don't I? Mm-hmm. Who are we talking to? Jay Wilson. You see him on your Skype there? Yeah. What's it? What does it, it start with? Uh, it's Bruvana. Jay is uh, a uh, beer blogger, and he's been drinking only craft beer for Lent. And I mean in lieu of food, like not craft beer instead of water. Only craft beer for uh, over a month. Wow. Really? Hopefully he's still alive on the other end of that Skype. Is that like monk, monk style? See, I was going to do that, um, you know, that all... Juice diet or whatever that cleanse, I was Ma- that master cleanse? cleanse. Yeah, where you just drink like maple syrup and like cayenne pepper and lemon and juice lemons and that stuff. One. Yeah, but I like the craft. I could I I could never get myself to do it because 
I'm a pussy. But the craft beer diet. I want to talk to this guy. I don't. He's not on my Skype, man. Can you call him? Yeah. Give him a phone call. He's not on here. Probably forgot. He's probably doing some more important media. Isn't today the last day of Lent? It is. He's breaking the fast. Uh, with oh, us. he gets to eat today. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? Who's Catholic in here? Shitty, what's the deal with Lent? It's like 40 days and 40 nights. Is it because Jesus went into the desert for 40 days, so we're supposed to give up something? You know, you're a terrible Catholic. No, no, yeah, he like wandered in the desert. He dies on Friday and he's up on Sunday. Yeah. But that's he wanted yeah, but, without food and water for like forty days. He fasted for forty days, and so isn't Lent that we're supposed to give up something because because the big JC did it? Is that what it is? A bunch of terrible Catholics. Let's in call Bevo. Yeah. We have no idea what it's we're talking about, about. Raising money or something, Gordon. You're not a Catholic. For the no. bingo. What are you? Episcopal. Same difference. You should know a little bit about Jesus. They're like gay Catholics. <laughs> yeah, they're like. <laughs> Throw the gay Catholics go. <laughs> they go to the Episcopalian church. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so did anybody else give up in something for Lent in here? Anybody do this whole Lent thing? No. No. I want to do it next year. It sounds fun. Why? It's, like it's a challenge. Well, you have to give up something that you enjoy. Right. Like masturbating? <laughs> I don't know if you enjoy it. I, I couldn't do it. 40 days? Uh, <laughs> Fuck that. I had a friend to give you up. You guys wouldn't want to be around me anyway. <laughs> I had a friend who gave up beer and he just instead drank wine coolers. Oh, I think he's, <laughs> I think oh, he's calling man. me. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's listening to us. Yeah, good show. Don't uh, turn his radio up. Let's listen. Mr. Wilson. Hey, hey. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. How are you? We're doing all right. Sorry we're a little late there. That's okay. I've been trying to figure out if you were calling me or if I was calling you. Yeah, we never know around here either. So, Can you see? I can't see you. I just got you on Skype here, and okay. uh, we're we're live on the air with the whole world. And uh, so I know you've been doing a bunch of media for this thing. Tell us what is the deal? You you gave up essentially food for Lent. Yeah, basically. Um, this kind of goes back to that the origins of the Doppelbach story, uh, the you know the Polliner monks uh, outside of Munich, and uh, I, I thought that was pretty intriguing, a little bit of an it, history interest, and uh, and certainly the beer angle, and I thought well that'd be an interesting book to research and write about, so I decided I would just go ahead and emulate that, see if it was actually possible, and so uh, so that's what I decided to do this year. So okay, so you decided, and and you're a writer uh, by by trade, right? Okay. So you decide, all right, so for Lent, I'm going to do nothing but drink craft beer for 40 days. Right. This is a great idea, I have to Specifically say. Doppelbach. Specifically Doppelbach. Oh, I'm a home wow. brewer, so it's my recipe. I went to Rock Bottom, uh, Des Moines. I went to Eric Sorensen, the brewmaster there, and I said, hey, what do you what do you think about scaling up my homebrew recipe, brewing it on your system, and uh, this is the beer I'll drink for that for that 46-day stretch. And so he said, yeah, sure, let's do that. That sounds like a great idea. And so that the Doppelbach part—that's the you just thought you'd stick. You you'd try to be historically accurate, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's the see. Well, first of all, this had to be difficult. I want to ask you about how difficult this was. But I would think if you're only going to have beer, you'd want a little variety. You know that you would have wanted to cheat a little bit and mix it up. That was one. That was one of the hardest parts. It was this monogamous relationship with one beer. <laughs> right. You're like I so, never a drink a Doppelbach again. Like beer world you know but uh but so yeah had the monogamous relationship with one beer was was really one of the difficult parts 
Okay. See, it'd be harder to give up masturbation than it would be to uh, masturbate to the same chick for 40 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might be yeah, right. You, hey, you might as well just give up exactly masturbation. Right, at that Isn't point. that called marriage? <laughs> that is called marriage, yeah. Sorry, Jay, a side conversation. Uh, so, how difficult was it to not eat anything for 40 days, man? You know, it really it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I did a lot of research before I did. I didn't go into a sort of a cavalier effort. Um, I'd done a lot of research on extended fasting and that kind of thing. Everything I heard was the first three days are the most difficult. And uh, I guess I would say that that, w- that would have been true. For me, day one and day two, I was pretty hungry. But, you know, on, on day three, when I woke up in the morning, I, I did not feel hungry at all. And uh, from there on out, it really wasn't a problem. For the first week, the smell of food was really you know piercing and bothersome but after i got past a week i could you know i could take a big whiff of something and it didn't bother me at all i could just enjoy the aroma of it and feel you know you know mildly satisfied with that and not feel like i needed to eat it to actually be satisfied so it wasn't until the last week where i started to feel a slight little bit of hunger but even that was manageable so it it for the for the long and, and really the the difficult part once I got past that first week was really just the discipline to stick with it. Right. Because uh, that's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. It's It's got to be like living like an alcoholic, like just one day at a time. All right, I'm just not going to eat today. Like you can't think of all 40 days in front of you, you know? Or you just, yeah. it's too tough. Well, yeah. uh, Jay, how much uh, beer did it take a day to, to satisfy right. your uh, calorie requirements? Well, basically what I did was I have a job. I can't just take off for 46 because <laughs> I needed to be able to maintain my job. And, right. and, so uh, I, I just needed to figure out something where I was getting nearly enough calories and, and still able to function function and that kind of thing. So um, the beer that we brewed uh, was about 288 calories per 12-ounce serving. And so what I decided to do was to drink four beers a day during the work week and five beers a day on the weekends when my schedule was a little lighter. The last week or week and a half, I because the four days four beers a day was not really a problem i went ahead and bumped it up to five seven days a week in the last week just for extra calories as i came in the home stretch and it worked out fine i i spread the beers out you know i had breakfast at eight o'clock i had you know another beer at noon i had another beer at three and then one at seven o'clock in the evening or whatever and so you know i was totally able to function even on a completely empty stomach you know for two weeks three weeks four weeks i was still able to function and, and and not be a mess so did you bring a bottle of beer to work as as your lunch in a brown paper bag? Oh no, I had a keg on tap at work. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so nice. Are you an air traffic well controller done. or something? <laughs> right. Yeah. right. So I'm, a, I'm a newspaper editor, a, a small weekly newspaper in rural Iowa, and uh, so good relationship with my bosses there. One of my pr- publishers is a home brewer himself. He'll he'll interrupt my work day with emails asking me, "Well, Jay, if you're going to brew a chocolate, you know, stout, what would you do?" Blah blah blah, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we got a staff morale officer here at our at our uh, at our office and so we'll crack open staff morale beers in the afternoon and that kind of thing so it's it's a good environment to to have the opportunity to do it i couldn't have done this project without their blessing of course so uh, right. it, you know it worked, well. it worked well i had beer on tap at home i had beer on tap at work and you know the did, only you, did you ever go over your limit like you know was there a friday night that you just thought well fuck it i'm gonna have a few more beers 
Not really, because I really didn't want to feel like crap on Saturday. You know, just completely having an empty stomach. I, I wasn't going to mess myself up. I just stuck with the plan. Yeah, see, that's what I was getting at. I was feeling like a hangover and not being able to have a big greasy cheeseburger had, has to be the worst. So it's probably a smart move on your part. No, it was a marathon, not a 100-yard dash. I just had to treat it that way. So let me ask you this, and I don't mind... Uh, you know the question being a little gross too. What about like digestion and stuff? And I have two two questions. For one, you've given up food and you've just gone to beer, so it's got to mess with your digestive tract. But also, right. was there ever any stomach pain too? Because I, I know it's like when I'm when I'm hungry and if I just drink something, it's it's not a really pleasant feeling. Uh when you just drink something like water to fill your gut to make you pretend like you're full? <laughs> right. Well, you, well anything. Fun, I mean, fun no fun matter fun. what you do, you're on an empty stomach and you're filling it with an alcoholic beverage, which your body is not used to, I guess is what I'm getting at. So did you have any difficulty getting used to this? Uh, I, I guess I'd say no. I mean, my, my body's used to drinking beer fairly frequently. <laughs> yeah, um, so. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, no, that, that worked out fine. I didn't have any pain or anything like that at all. It was, uh, you know, the first, like I said, the first couple of days, you know, honestly, the my fourth beer of the day on, on day two, you know, I could have taken or left that, that fourth beer, but I knew I needed the calories. Okay. So, um, you know, as far as that goes, that, that was fine. Did you lose weight during this whole process? Yeah, I lost about 25 pounds. Really? Wow. 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 That's a lot. So, and <laughs> That's I a lot. That, I mean, anybody would have guessed that that would have occurred. I'm, I'm a fairly slender guy to begin with. I normally weigh 140 pounds, give or take. So knowing I had nothing to lose at Thanksgiving, uh, this, this past Thanksgiving, I started beefing up. And so I put 20 extra pounds on between Thanksgiving and, and Ash Wednesday so that I could lose all that and have it to spare. So, that's the fun part. Well, wow. oh, you were talking about Steven Seagal earlier, right? That, that's his plan. <laughs> yeah. Is add up before Lent? Uh, not yeah. bad. All right. Now you too can lose weight <laughs> drinking delicious homemade beer. Yeah. Yes, it's the beer diet. <laughs> it's a good diet. That's a lot of poundage, man. It's pretty serious. If you work at home, I guess it's you know it's the kind of thing you could do. Now, did it's you just... did you check with a with a doctor and and ask if this is going to be okay for your body? Yeah, I spoke with a nutritionist. I'd done some research. I spoke with somebody who did a 92-day juice fast, um, had a nice long conversation with her. I spoke with a doctor. I've, I've met with a doctor all along. I went in for a, a, an initial physical, did blood work, got all the baseline numbers and that kind of thing, and uh, you know, met again two weeks later, three weeks later. I, I go back uh, on Wednesday of this week just to kind of do a final blood test and get the final results to see you know where all the numbers went. Um, but it went well. Were there any, did they bring up any concerns to begin with, things you should be looking out for? Oh, yeah. The nutritionist thought it was a horrible idea. She <laughs> freaked out immediately. Um, I knew that she would, and so she was not disappointing. Um, <laughs> you know, she's, how tall are you? I told her, and how much do you weigh? And I told her, she said, you're, 100, you're, you're 20 pounds underweight to begin with. And I said, well, <laughs> I bulk up. I'm not, it's not Ash Wednesday yet. Settle down. And, right. and so, you know, she wasn't really encouraging um, she needed to cover her butt in case I wilted away and died. She did her job by saying, I do not recommend this. But 
you know, by the time I got to the doctor, you know, I had I had gained that extra 20 pounds. He wasn't worried about weight loss as much as, as sort of acid production from the grain. So he thought, you know, maybe ulcers or something like that were sort of his initial thought of, a, of an area of concern. But I didn't have any problems with that either. Well, that's good. See, that's what I meant about the, the stomach liver numbers went up. Um, you, there was a time when my, my kidneys were kind of stressed when I didn't eat, drink or, you know, drink quite enough water. Um on you know a couple of days in a row or something it just so happens that that occurred right before i went to to do one of my uh, appointments with the doctor and so my liver numbers were a little bit or, or uh, my kidney numbers were a little bit alarming and that would have been about the point where my body had already gotten through all the extra cheeseburgers and undigested donuts <laughs> and, and stuff in my stomach and bowel it had gotten its way through my fat and then it was turning on to you know consuming my own protein and uh, so what was happening was was the enzymes that it was producing or kicking off was kind of clogging up and not really flushing out my kidney properly. So over the next, he wanted me to come back the very next day for uh, a urine test to check those numbers again. And he's like, your first choice for you know dealing with this problem is to drink a whole lot more water. Mm. So I drank a lot of water in that 24-hour period, went into the urine analysis, and it was flushed out and totally fine. So my back had hurt actually a couple of days before that. And so it occurred to me that, oh, you know, my kidneys are right back there. If my, if my back's hurting, my kidneys are hurting. Mm. And if my kidneys are hurting, I need to drink more water. So that's uh, – I mean, I could, it got to the point where I could listen to my body, and I knew if I wasn't drinking quite enough water um, to, to make sure that the kidneys were being flushed properly. So right. uh, that, that, that worked out pretty well. So, so JP, what do you think? I'm thinking that you are are our prime candidate to to go on this. Not me, man. Diet. Not me. I think you you could benefit from it, and I think you'd be more likable having nothing but beer in your system. I don't think I would be. <laughs> you don't think so? I don't think so. Is it that you just you you can't see yourself not eating food? Well, it's that. I just I don't I don't see the point. <clears throat> yeah, I don't see the point. I'm not going to write a book about it. I'm not going to write a story about it. Right, I don't see the need to ever do that to myself. What if you, so? But if you were a writer, right. like like Jay, um, no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I just can't. I can't do it. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Uh, no, I, I I couldn't do it. Jay, was your whole purpose to be able to write about it, or did was is this some like a personal challenge as well? Uh, no, it was more so f- f- because I wanted to write that book. I thought that, that I thought it was a really interesting story, and uh, so you know, there's all these 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 uh, you know neo prohibitionists. There's a lot of people in the Christian segment, of, especially the United States, that completely uh, you know just make me sick um, with their attitude towards alcohol, and they don't really realize the rich. Uh, christian uh history involved and we can talk about belgian mm-hmm. beers and we can talk about some of these german beers and so yeah uh, in part i just kind of wanted to uh you know angle at those people a little bit as well and I, I just thought it would be an interesting story for for more than just a beer audience i think that's a great reason to do it no it's a good story yeah you're wrong i just wouldn't do it <laughs> just jb just can't do it no what if it wasn't doppelbach what if it was uh you know uh all great sour beer jp something that you'd really enjoy no, I couldn't do it either 40 days. <laughs> I, I don't want this i don't want the same thing every day yeah ever yeah you got to be sure is yeah. there anyone in this room that could see themselves doing 40 days of just beer? Well, I'm not going to make you do it. Up. I'm just curious if anyone thinks of that it might be something you could handle. I don't think I could do that. Mm-mm. I, I, I think I, I could do Doc it. I bet Doc could do it. I think I could do it, but I think I would die. 
think you know. I don't think my insides are as healthy as Jay's here, and I would probably die. Well, not to mention I don't have health insurance, so right, I can't go consult a doctor. Right, it would it would cost me money. To you do could this. go consult a dentist. We know one. True. <laughs> <laughs> He'll tell right. you if it's fine. Well, I got plenty of stirred up cheeseburgers, so I know that got that covered really well. You could well. do cheeseburgers for forty days. Oh, easy. And uh, but I don't know if I can get past those first three days. I think I have, my willpower is just too weak. Right. You'd have to have something there, some incentive to uh, get past that point. So now that begs the question, Jay. This is the last day, right? Uh, yesterday was the last day. I broke ah. the fast today. Oh, you did. Yeah. What? Yes. What did you break it with? I had a bacon smoothie. I was going to say, bacon had to be involved in <laughs> this one. you got to go bacon, right? Is that yeah, you without craving? question. <laughs> what, now, what else was in your bacon smoothie? Um, it was delicious. I used, uh, I used some non-fat yogurt, uh, some soy milk, cocoa powder, uh, a couple of strips of bacon, uh, some raspberries, some blueberries, and uh, some honey. Wow. Was it so, organic I, I bacon throw. smoothie? Because Justin really <laughs> no, wants to know. It wasn't organic, no. Oh, um, damn it. Justin can't drink that. It, was it free range? <laughs> Is it a free range smoothie? It was probably not free range either. Oh, did you wash all that down so with a Doppelbach? <laughs> yeah, did you have a Doppelbach today? You know, believe it or not, I actually did have some Doppelbach today. I knew that. <laughs> Wow. Make that 41 days. He's stuck on it now. There's no way to change. My wife bought a ham. I had no idea. I was planning on really going really easy. I knew that it takes some time to ease back into your normal diet. I knew that I would be really pretty imperative for me to have smoothies for you know, two or three days, and maybe I could have some chips and guacamole tonight and maybe some, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm looking forward to some Mexican food as well, so maybe some refried beans or a, or a bean burrow or something tomorrow was going to be as I slowly work into it. Um, but but my wife bought a, a, a really nice uh, spiral-cut ham for my two boys, and uh, I didn't even realize this until today. And so we put that in the oven and... Uh, pulled it out and i said boy would you look at that those beautiful drippings i'm gonna make some gravy out of that and uh, they were making uh uh mashed potatoes and by you know by the time all this crap was ready i'm like geez i'm gonna eat this stuff i feel okay i had another i had another smoothie first thing this morning and then i was trying gonna try to target a few foods that uh, i know that are good for your liver and i know that are good for uh your kidneys so i had a few um with my bacon smoothie last night i had some uh little bit of fresh broccoli and then this morning i had another uh like a a, a, a chocolate banana peanut uh peanut butter smoothie which i had some uh some cabbage with that i had seared with an olive oil um, which was really really nice and that was good and so i handled that stuff just fine and i thought well heck i'm gonna go ahead and i'll have a couple of little pieces of bacon and, and a little helping of mashed potatoes and i i wound up having two big helpings of mashed potatoes and uh, extra ba- or ham and wow. um, the great absolutely incredible and and remarkably my my stomach didn't completely reject it i couldn't believe it so uh you know i just got done having leftovers and um so i've eaten quite a lot today Um, man back on top yeah everything's fine i brewed 10 gallons of beer today i've got work chilling right now um so yeah everything's everything's back at it wow how many gallons of beer how many gallons of doppelbach do you think you consumed during this whole time how many kegs or it sounds like it was kegged beer because it was from a brew pub or a brewery, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I got into my fifth six barrel. I had I, I killed four six barrel kegs. I probably had you know twenty one or maybe twenty two gallons of beer. Nice. Right. Uh, speaking of the beer, Jay, uh, describe the beer. What, what's the ABV on this Doppelbach? 
Um, it was a six point six seven. All right, it's almost six point six six. And uh, how did it go at uh, at the brewery? How did that rock, at, we say Rock Bottoms where you brewed it? Rock Bottoms. What did they yeah. think of it there? What did the customers think of that beer? It went really well. It Good. went really well. Uh, Eric found himself, you know, he he really wanted it to last through Easter, just to kind of last through the entire season. So he wound up having to to uh, uh, tap a couple of beers that he had planned on waiting later, just to kind of take some of the pressure off of it. And I, I don't think that it made it to to this past week to this weekend. Right. So yeah, it, it sold really well. We threw some of it into a bourbon barrel, uh, Heaven Hill bourbon barrel. And uh, so that's still kind of coming down the pipe for, uh, you know, maybe the fall. That's for next well, year. Well, yeah, you can see that for next year when you do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> what did you call the beer? Uh, it was called Illuminator. All right. So maybe you could clear up a, a, a mystery for us. You know, we all go to a lot of beer festivals, the Great American Beer Festival, the National Homebrewers Conference. And when you go to a lot of beer festivals, there's a trick you learned, uh, you, you have to learn in order to survive, and that is to, to uh, be able to put your nose inside your glass to breathe at times because beer festivals get very gassy and smelly right so is that the food that people are eating at beer festivals or is it the beer were were you gassy for 40 days um i would say that uh my gas developed a very uh you know uh, distinct and uh, you know one-sided. I mean, it didn't. Uh, the, the aromas didn't change. It was a, a similar situation for forty-six days. All right. And but what, did you find yourself to be more gassy than normal? No, no. See, this is my theory, and I'm glad you're answering this because I think it's the shit food that people eat at the beer festivals <laughs> that, that they then. Yeah. Of course, they then drown the food in a lot of beer. But right. uh, I don't think it's the beer. And, I don't think it's the beer. Well, yeah. No. The beer just makes you more willing to fart in public. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. It just lighten up your inhibitions. You're on it. <laughs> right. There's a question here from the chat room from Elliot K. He wants to know how you dealt with your, your intoxication, driving, stuff like that. You know, is driving a problem at the end of a day? Good question. Yeah, um, no, I, I tried to deal with it by not becoming intoxicated. Like I said before, is I, I spread the beers out throughout the course of the day. The only time where I caught like the mildest buzz, and this was only maybe three times in the in the whole stretch, was because I have you know maybe an appointment at two o'clock in the afternoon or one o'clock in the afternoon uh, when I'd like to be drinking my lunch beer or something. You know, if I had my breakfast beer, then maybe I would follow that up with beer number two, sort of right away, just so I could get it out of the way, metabolize that beer, and be able to get to my next appointment. So I might be a little bit, you know. Uh, a little bit blurry, but but nothing like nothing that I couldn't function at my desk and, and do my work. And uh, I mean, was, that was my effort was to make sure that if I needed to drive to an appointment or to drive home at the end of the day, that I was able to do that. So the beers were just stretched out, and it, it worked okay. Sounds like an alcoholic talking to himself down. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's how I did it. I mean, I understand that argument, but <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, really, you're doing the same. Those little blow things that you can blow in and, and test it, right? Um, and it broke inside a week. They're really cheap and they don't work very well. But it seemed, I mean, um, the first couple of days, I was I was blown into that pretty frequently just to kind of get an idea to see, okay, what does this feel like? What does this feel like? What does this feel like? Right. And and um, you know, it it really it turned out to be pretty much fine. You know, so at the point when it when it broke, I, I didn't bother replacing it. Right. I think really you're doing the same thing that we do, just just minus food. We all have four or five beers a day, right? <laughs> right yeah. So I don't, I mean, you know, a couple times a day. Yeah, it's not that big deal. 
Well, the minus food part is sort of a key. <laughs> I know it's a key element. I, I actually, as much as I'm telling myself that I could do it, I, do, I really don't know that I can. It sounds really difficult. Actually, I heard about uh, Jay's story on. Uh, he just he made the wire. It was like a national news story. Oh right. So, AJ, hey, were you surprised how much attention this got you? And like, what was the biggest you know other than us, of course, uh, right. the thing that you've done? Uh. I'm not surprised that people are as interested. To me, it's a really, really interesting story. I mean, that's why I decided to take on the project, because I thought that this was a book that has some value that, that people would seriously be interested in reading about. Um, so so that people were interested, that was not surprising at all. But, um, you know, that it got spread so far and wide as it did, you know, to, to actually live through that, that was that was pretty crazy. Um, I, I, I knew that I could drink three beers at work and still function and get my job done. I really didn't take into account, you know, drinking th- three beers at work and doing four or five radio interviews, you know, 8 o'clock, 8.30, 10 o'clock. Right. Um, so that was, you know, that was a real burden. And after about a week of that, and I tried to entertain it because I knew that getting that story out there was, was, was a helpful and good thing. Yeah. Uh, but but I had to really kind of push away sort of the, the you know, the two morning uh commute you know funny talk show guys um you know i had to kind of you know retire from from those because they were really just a waste of my time uh some of them took it a little bit more serious than others but um you know that was that was a big uh, burden on my time so um but you know um chicago tribune uh the the local uh, des moines affiliate did a couple of stories one at the beginning one at the end and and that that that's been picked up by a lot of different uh other uh media outlets um Let's see. I guess I did a Skype interview with Gail King in New York. Um, I did BBC last night at midnight. Their sort of Easter morning talk show or something like that. So that's why I was up at midnight last night and frying bacon. All right. So you broke your fast on BBC? Uh, yeah, actually I did. Yeah. Nice work. Classy. So They won, a, they won up us every time. Well, there's good reason they won up you. <laughs> yeah. All right, so where can people find the book? Uh, I, I know you, you must be writing it now. Is there a place that uh, we can send our listeners for when it's done? Um, no, I don't know about that yet. Don't know yet, okay. Um, I've got some you know, publisher interest, um, but I haven't signed anything. You know, I don't, haven't, haven't got a contract solidified 100%. So um, you know, I'm just working on the book at this point, and uh, we'll, we'll see you know, what the time period looks like. I'd like to have the book done by the end of the summer. Yeah. That's the goal. So you know, that, that'll come later, I guess. We'll, we'll find out. Okay. All right, Jay. Well, thanks very much for spending time with us. Congratulations on your success. It sounds like you made it through all 40 days. Are you sure you didn't, like, sneak in a grape or a candy bar <laughs> around day 20? Nope. Nothing? Nope, nope. Nope, it went well. Not a problem. I lost 25 pounds. I couldn't have snuck much, but no. I, <laughs> right. You know, what, would it be, what would be the point of, uh, you know, saying I did it having not done it? Yeah. I would have known I you know, so, uh, nope, I did it. Are you going to put the weight back on now? Are you at an unhealthy weight, or are you feeling good? Um, I'm going to put on, a, I'm, I, I'm, like I said before, I was normally about 140, and, and uh, I didn't like the weight gain. Actually, the weight gain part preceding the fast, I liked a whole lot less than the fast itself. Okay. Um, once I, you know, kind of got to that extra 20-pound mark, you know, I could feel indigestion. I didn't really like that, you know, bulky feeling. 
Um, I'm going to put a little bit more. I think I'll probably just shoot to, to put on, you know, up to about 150 and kind of leave it at that. Try to make sure that, that what I get put back on is muscle and not straight fat. Right. So uh, I'll be real active here in the next few weeks as I bulk up my diet and, and uh, come back up to 150 or so is my plan. There you go. From the chat, Elliot K wants to know how your flavor perceptions changed uh, after you came back to eating. Or you know, have you noticed that you have a heightened or, or worsened sense of flavor perception? Uh, I would say that uh, all along, my uh, the sense of aroma was you know really heightened, and I've heard a lot of other extended fasters say that, and I certainly found that to be the case. Uh, my my tongue kind of burn out about I don't know a, a week or. 10 days or something like that into it and just flat out, you know, hurt, you know, um, and your, your, your taste buds kind of regenerate every 10 days or so, I guess, fairly normally, but this was a little bit more shock to the system. It just felt like the alcohol was burning it off and that one same damn flavor. It's a delicious beer. I really, it was a great beer. I was really happy with how it turned out, but drinking that same thing over and over and over again, yeah. uh, you know, that, that got kind of boring. And, uh, you know, so my, I mean, it just felt like a rattlesnake crapped a cotton ball in my mouth, you know, and, and, uh, and I just almost burnt a little bit, but everything kind of regenerated that the, the dead stuff flaked off and, and renewed. And, uh, you know, I got to this point, you know, maybe a day 30 or something where I was really back to completely appreciating the beer again and, and enjoying every single pint of it. Um, not necessarily feeling like it was work at all right. and being happy. But I was happy with how the beer came out when we brewed it. So um, I tell you, I had a glass of orange juice this morning, and uh, I've never had a tastier glass of orange juice in my life. Everything I ate today um, tasted amazing. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say it probably was heightened. Nice. That's a good reason. Fact. Which is good because, you know, I'm a beer judge. I go to competitions, and, and uh, I mean, this if, if that makes it better, then, then great, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, Jay. Well, thanks very much for your time. Good luck with the book, and I uh, really appreciate you hanging out with us a little bit. You bet. It's been my pleasure. All right, brother. Cheers, man. Cheers. There you go. Jay Wilson, everybody, and uh, look for his book, I guess, coming out. You can uh, check out his beer blog, too. It's called Brewvana. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I've seen that blog before, actually. All right. Uh, 40 days, no food. Uh, 40 days. Way too long. 6.66% satanic doppelbock for 40 days yeah. only for Easter. It sounds great. I don't know. I'm looking around this room. I think you all could use it. I think we're all too oh, fat. Well, 40, 40 days of no food. No beer either, then. Hey, hey, uh, it can't hey, be Jay. too hard for Nate and Nicole. They don't even eat meat. They, they could give up eating for 40 days. They just eat lettuce and shit. <laughs> yes, they're they're I practically survive on beer already. I, just, yeah. I do this all the time. Yeah, part of my normal life. Since we're talking about things that we gave up for Lent, uh, yeah. Brewfly wants to know uh, what you did with all the money you saved on... Uh, TP and dental floss for the past 46 days. I just thought of that at the end of the interview, too. I was like, I hope yeah. he's still brushing regularly. When really, you don't have to. I guess you don't have to floss. There's no food going in there. Hmm. But that's what I was kind of getting at. He didn't really seem to want to answer the shitting question. He didn't want to answer the TP one, really. He well, didn't go into detail. Because I, cause I think that if I just went to beer, I'd be just shitting all day. That's <laughs> what would happen. It'd go right through me. A little water bock on the other end next yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd be saving any TP at all. 
<laughs> so to, to to Jay's credit, uh, yeah. he you didn't ask him directly. Like you didn't right. go. So how was the shit? He opened right. the door, but he didn't. Jay didn't want to walk through that he, one. I, but he I, seemed I real. He seemed real serious the, about the whole thing. I didn't know if he'd want to answer the shit question. <laughs> big so. brown door. He doesn't want to walk through. <laughs> no. Right. I figure you know lay it out there for him if he wants to answer it. He'll. Well, oh, that's probably a more topic for the drive time interviews. He was that's probably why he about, had to yeah. avoid the drive time. Frank. Yeah. We were above that, of course. So, how's your shit, Jay? Yeah. But uh, he did answer the gas question, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> good information. I don't know. I wonder if I could. I wonder if it's a better cleanse than the cleanse I was going to do. You know, I'd re- it sounds like a more fun cleanse than what I was going to do. Yeah, but my cleanse is only cleanses. two weeks. If you could pick only one beer, though, what would it be, Jay? If you had to well, do this you, one, you know, mine would be ex- I'd buy, mine would be an expensive fast because I think it would all be <laughs> Rose de Gambrinas. But then, could your empty <laughs> stomach handle the at no, the acidic? I knew you'd pick a beer kind of like that, so I kind of figured it would lead huh. to this question. So I wonder if you could do it. I would, you know you what? Acid stomach. For I would want it to be a pale ale. I would want to go find a great, great, great pale ale. I would want it to be Firestone Pale Thirty One. There you go. I think I could do. I don't think it has enough. Drake's fifteen hundred or Firestone Pale. That's even better because well, that means I could drink a six pack at a time. Yeah, yeah. I think it would affect yeah, your body be. more. Right. Yeah. Lower ABV though than this Doppelbox, so you could in theory drink more than Jay did, right? See? And get that water so your kidneys wouldn't hurt like his were hurting. Yeah, He'd I forgot about the water beer. part. I guess he's allowed to drink as much water as yeah. he wants. Yeah. You don't want to die for a book, <laughs> although it would make for a better book. It would, but a much better. <laughs> well, who would ending. write it? That's, right. That's just my opinion. Snuff book. <laughs> The last yeah. eight pages. It's are an all new genre that uh, Gordon Strong's working on. So he's for a BJCP judge. I wonder if Gordon has met Jay before. Do you know Jay? Wilson? You could give him um, a couple pointers on this book. No, I don't. Yeah. But uh, at least he didn't ask for points. Everybody I meet asked for. Uh, <laughs> can you give me judging points for doing all this random stuff? So. Right. He wanted like forty points for going on a forty day fast or right, something. Right. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We've got Gordon Strong in the studio with us. He's going to be hanging out with us all night. And Gordon hasn't been in the studio since Studio A. That's right. It was right before uh, Oakland. It was the uh, famous uh, Jameel Meltdown episode. Peanut throwing episode. Where he threw down the uh, headphones and and went off to the couch. That's right. (laughs) What happened? Why was he so done? I don't remember why, but it was it was because we were making fun of him. We were talking about competition brewing and peanuts at him. Oh, right. Right. (laughs) So he got mad at us for saying how that was funny. (laughs) Did he ever come back? No. He didn't. No, he just went, he just went to a different show. He announced his retirement <laughs> from home brewing. He stood off in the periphery, but he never came back. Right. So I think he, the last time you were on Gordon was uh, June of uh, 2010 last year with uh, Drew Beecham talking about homebrew clubs. Oh, but that oh, was yeah, on that, the, that, that was, was on the, the phone. Oh. But last time Gordon was in studio was a while. All right. Well, we got Gordon here and his new book, Brewing Better Beer. We're going to be talking about that when we come back. Plus, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Gordon writes the BJCP guidelines and is the highest ranking. BJCP judge in the country. So if you've got beer judge questions, get them in. Nicole's hanging out in the chat room. Hit the chat now button. She'll get your questions over to me. Go to justin.tv slash brewing network. You can watch all the action. And uh, I'm going to go have a beer for Easter. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back.
You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. In April, more beer keeps slashing prices. In February, they lowered the price on ingredients. In March, they dropped their equipment prices. And now for April, they're cutting prices on their awesome beer ingredient kits. Lower prices on the award-winning kits you've come to love, like Pliny the Elder. Stock up for summer. More than 20 kits are on sale now. All is part of their commitment to bringing you the best value in home brewing with low prices and free shipping over 59 bucks. And on April 15th, stay tuned for the release of a new More Beer Signature Series kit. Yep, 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 yep. Tasty McDole's famous Janet's Brown Ale. They're proud to donate $1 from each kit sold to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Cancer Foundation. Get more than ever this month from your brewing budget at morebeer.com. Hey, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska, in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. I love beer. I'm a brewer. I brew it. I drink it. It's in my blood, really. I'm that guy that pours malt extract on his pancakes. I wish I could just put a good brew in my pocket and take it with me. Now you can. Hey, brewers and beer lovers. Why not eat the energy bar invented by a home brewer using the same ingredients in your brew? Introducing Brew Bar Energy Bars, spelled B-R-U-B-A-R. Malt, oats, vanilla, nuts, cinnamon, coconut. You've put them in your beer, and you'll find them in your Brew Bar Energy Bar. All natural, made with simple ingredients. 
ingredients chosen for the highest quality. They're new, different, and have a rich malty flavor and smooth, moist texture, just like a fine craft brew. You can find Brew Bar Energy Bars at BrewBar.com or find a retailer near you. And if you are a retailer, you should contact them and find out how you can sell Brew Bar Energy Bars. Check them out at BrewBar.com. That's B-R-U-B-A-R.com. And follow them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BrewBar. Remember, it's in your Brew Bar Energy Bar because it's in your brew. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network, saving your life one beer at a time. Welcome back to the show. A lot to do today. Uh, 888-401-BEER is our phone number. And uh, Nicole is in the chat room also. And uh, if you didn't hear this piece of Oscar-worthy material, here you go again. You know, I've heard that all the great deals are made here. You know. I think it's fine. I've heard. You know, the more I hear it, the more fine I think it is, too. See? Actually. You're just jealous because you didn't get uh, I mean, good I lines. Think, you know, get more lines. Than I that. heard. Yeah. You know, I've heard that all the great deals are made here. Let's go find out. Hey, I'll get my SAG card. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what the hell does that mean to anybody? Let's go find out. In this out. room. <laughs> uh, actually, you get in for movies for free if you're a SAG member. Oh. So. Yeah. I just like that that was your defense. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? Well, I'll get my SAG card. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting something out of it. I don't care. Peep shows count. <laughs> I, I forget what our lines are in the in the Mr. Right commercial. Oh, I'm sure you'll remind me. Don't worry. <laughs> did did everyone uh, clap for you at the party you were at today for the commercial when you were sitting in the other room pouting? Yes, I wasn't. Pa- <laughs> this is an awesome show. <laughs> I'm really having fun. Thrilled to be here. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I came. You just wrote your own deal, bro. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you want to change it? Oh man! I would love to change. If I can go back in time machine, Tasty, six years ago, <laughs> change it bigger. I would fucking walk the fuck out. <laughs> okay, Gordon Strong is in the studio with us today. Happy to have you, Gordon. Hey, and uh, you've got a new book out. I do, which is called "Brewing Better Beer." It's finally released. Yeah, how long has this book been in the works? Oh, I started uh, the project right after the Oakland NHC. Okay. And how did it come about, um, you know, the, the whole idea? Well, um, it was at uh, Pro Brewer Night, I think. I was talking to um, uh, Christy Switzer, the publisher. Um, had you been Brewer's drinking? Public- I was at the NHC. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> okay, carry on. And, uh, you know, she just said, are you interested in uh, working on a book? And I said, sure. Um, uh, I asked if they had any concepts, and they said, no, uh, whatever whatever you're interested in writing about, we'd like to, you know, make us a pitch. Right. So I said, uh, sure, I, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to do a book that... Um, really hasn't been done before looking for looking for an advanced brewing book that isn't really a textbook so once you once you actually know how to brew and know how to brew well is there anything else you can learn is there anything else that can help you uh, advance so uh 
um, that's what I pitched, and uh, that's what I wound up writing. Did you ask if you could write your own deal? <laughs> yeah, no. I'm I'd like to write my own deal. They go like that. <laughs> and then a gong sounded, yeah, and he's yeah. like, what just yeah, happened? The, the, the gong. And Christy was like, uh, yeah, you're gone. yeah. What just happened? You just wrote your own deal, bro. That was easy. <laughs> Buying a car at Sunnyvale Ford is as easy as writing your own deal. <laughs> I think that's exactly how it went down. That's how Gordon got his book deal. What just happened, Christy? You just wrote your own book deal, bro. <laughs> Come on, that's good stuff, JP. Uh, I guess. <laughs> oh man, I love radio. TV sucks. Radio is much more fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to admit, yeah. right now, you don't have to shower. That right yeah, there, I don't have that. to shower. Say, that's worth a ton of points, right there. Just the no shower part. You can say fuck all night. It's great. JP's not in, in as good a mood as he is on TV, though. I'm not. Something about the camera puts JP in a good mood, but the <laughs> microphone doesn't put JP in a good mood. That's right. <laughs> the people in the chat room were telling me to punch you. Me or JP? JP. What did I do? I'd like to write my own deal. <laughs> they... <laughs> what just happened? I just punched you, bro. <laughs> I don't get it. Go right ahead. What just happened? I just punch you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I wonder what our next commercial is going to be because we I'll could be just sure do... not to fucking come in when it airs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got we got ten episodes of fun in us, JP. Oh, yeah. have a lot of bros. It'd be JP on the stoner commercial? Actually, I think it might uh, be the next one. Yeah. I can't wait for the stoner after commercial. the pen one. It'll be the four twenty prescriptions one. Yeah. I just rolled my own joint, bro. <laughs> you guys make me want to do another one. That was good. This is good. Time. Yeah, the pot commercial could be like, uh, what just happened? Fun. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask Where you. are we? <laughs> Actually, the gong does fit a lot more, out of, for some reason, the pot commercial than it does at a dealership. Uh, the stoners in the room are not laughing. You're, you're giving, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're giving Push a lot of material. I, I sense a lot of commercials from this. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, JP is actually now going to record all of our Brewing Network commercials. Nope. <laughs> Ice Climber says uh, at least it wasn't an STD commercial, JP. That's true. <laughs> Although, what what would be our what is our boundary, JP? Where do we say no? Is it at a STD, STD commercial? I don't know. I'm saying no to everything now. <laughs> now you want to do another one? I'm not doing your shit. I think you guys are the most supportive people I've ever known. <laughs> it's awesome. I think my only no is McDonald's. I think that's my only limit. I won't do fast food. I feel like you'd be living the lie trying to. But I will do that one. Yeah, I would be living a lot. But I would do Vagisil. I would do STDs. <laughs> I would do. I don't even care. I don't is even it, give a care. Is it just McDonald's? I mean, would you do In and Out? Oh, or? I would do In and Out. Yeah, I, actually, In and Out's the only exception. It, well, All other fast food, I wouldn't do. In and Out is even fast food. It's in a category of its own. Right. It's fresh. It's fresh fast food. But I would not do. I think McDonald's was on the table, like a local McDonald's. I wonder if I'd do a national McDonald's. It does pay a lot of fucking money. <laughs> Justin, you would do a national McDonald's. You'd get like 250 grand for a couple hours work. I wouldn't do oh, it. Oh, you're out of your... Yeah. Dude, you just sold out. You would do it out. so quickly. Oh, I wouldn't do man. it. I wouldn't do it. Rylock. I'm telling you. There's no, they couldn't pay me enough. Oh, you're so Rylock says, I just supersized my own meal, bro. <laughs> 
Uh, wait. Hey, let's go over uh, Gordon's book signing again. Hi, I'd like to write my own deal. <laughs> it's called Brewing Better Beer. All right. So the book, let me start with this. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the book tonight, and we're going to be talking about All Grain Brewing uh, with Gordon and the crew here. Uh, you can get the signed copy of the book, the only place you can get a signed copy, uh, as always, right now in the Brewing Network store. You don't even have to wait till tomorrow, which usually means wait a month when I say that. It's in there right now. Gordon, Gordon put a gun to my head when he got here and said, please put the book in the store right now. Personally signed by Gordon today, right here at the That's Brewing right. Network. Right here at the Rat Pad. So, uh, signed copies of Brewing Better Beer are available in the store right now for the same price as normal copies, nineteen ninety five. Uh, but you get Gordon's signature on there, and uh, I watched him sign most of them. Chad, Chad signed the other ones. Gordon got tired, and it was in his writer that if he gets yeah. that if he gets tired, Chad would do the other signings. Uh, but you can hardly tell the difference. Chad writes in crayon, but you can hardly tell the difference. It's yeah, it's pink, a big crayon. He's yeah, you know, big yeah, one of those Disneyland crayons. Uh, all right, so go get the book now. Uh, so, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Gordon. You know, as you just kind of described the, the book too, it, it, it's not so much one of these. How do I go to all grain books, which you can find? Obviously, how to brew, which we also sell in the store. A great step by step guide of everything brewing. Absolutely, right? and that that was part of the writing of my own deal was that I said I'm not going to do something that's been done. You right. know, if it's out there and it's it's solid information, I don't want to do that. I want to I want to I want to fill a niche that's uh, uh, you know that hasn't been addressed. Okay. Yeah, enough beginning brewer books out there. You want to give a book that would address a brewer who has been probably oh. brewing for a while and has you know wants a more looks at an intuitive I wanted a book way that brewing. I would go out and buy if exactly. I hadn't written it. <laughs> so it, the book kind of assumes that you're an all grain brewer. Then uh, it does as it, a reader. It does. It doesn't say anything about extract at all, except you ought to be brewing all grain. Okay. Um, but you know some people have said look if if people are advanced all gra- advanced extract brewers and they're looking to get into all grain it's it's not a bad place to jump up because it does it does cover what you need to know right but i i do it in a very summary manner i'm not i'm not it's not going to be as step by step okay now I'm going to play a clip for you, and, and mostly I'm going to play it because, as, as always, I'm convinced that the, that the Brewing Network is responsible for everything good in the in the world <laughs> uh, that we have invented at all, and y- you know you know how it goes. Am I getting punked? <laughs> so, uh, I, you, on your last appearance, uh, we we talked about this book, and I believe that that we came up with one of the the better ideas for the book. Let's let's listen to your last appearance, Gordon. When are you going to have a book anyway? You need a book about some uh, next next spring. Oh yeah, what's that going to be about? Um, it's going to be an all grain only book. Oh, see, uh, ten- tentatively called Brew Better Beer. I knew it. Gordon's such an elitist. Forward by Mufasa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you should have Mufasa that, that write was, the forward, Gordon. I, I, you know. I thought- so, who wrote the forward of the book, Gordon Strong? Uh, Michael Ferguson. Yeah, nice, nice work, tasty. Getting the getting the forward all written. Yeah, it was just too obvious yeah. for for Gordon's book. Well, I, I, now it really it was kind of a no brainer, wasn't it? Mufasa has come on the program before and said, "If you're brewing extract, you're not a real brewer." Yep. Like he was real blunt about it. I think that was probably fresh on our minds when we talked to Gordon, right? Yeah. And. Uh, 
so he did write the forward, and I he read did. the forward. Uh, it's the only thing I read. Let's face it. Uh, but he does a. You read uh, your quote. <laughs> I did. Re- that's true. I'm quoted in this book. It's also one of my favorite parts of the book. Um, and once again, and I believe for the first time, uh, I'm in the acknowledgments, and so is Chad. Chad is in the acknowledgments. Did there. you notice this, Chad? Whoa. I didn't see that. Yeah, go to the acknowledge. See, Chad, you got to learn. I- to check all the... I don't carry anything in the store that doesn't mention me by name. <laughs> so you always have to check the acknowledgments. Uh, but anyhow, uh, uh, joking, of course, that Mufasa was a perfect uh, idea to write this. Right. And it wasn't It wasn't because he had that attitude about all grain. I mean, it, it fit. I mean, he's just, you know, if you've heard him talk at the NHC, he's like really popular, um, you know, knows this stuff cold, a uh, funny guy, you know, just a huge personality um you know exactly the kind of person i wanted to have uh, involved in the project right so and and when i read what he wrote i mean it was just amazingly humbled it was uh uh you know he totally got what the book was all about but he had such nice things to say so uh i was really really thankful for that okay so let's talk a little bit about your background again. I know we've covered it in, in, in brief before, but just to make sure people know where you're coming from. I've already mentioned on today's show that uh, – so you're the the president of the BJCP. Is that the right uh, title? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, in fact, you know, do the writing of the BJCP guidelines. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not something the president necessarily does, but I was involved in – that was a separate project we did. So it's just something that I had worked on. Okay. Yeah. And you are the, the highest-ranking um, BJCP judge, which means – now, yeah. to do that, you have to earn points as you go, right? How, yeah. do, how does it work? Uh, you go and judge in a lot of competitions. Okay. And you get points every time you do. Absolutely. I see. So you've done – of course, you have to take the test to become – so JP, for example, is – what are you, uh, recognized? And once you become recognized um, – you then can acquire points to move up to the next level. Sure, yeah. If your if your test score supports moving up, okay, it's a combination of points and test score. Okay, so you're the you're the highest ranking in in, in the country. So you've done a, a hell of a lot of judging. Yeah, you've, you're also the only person to ever win the Ninkasi Award three times. Yeah, I'm a lot more proud of that one. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I mean that's pretty impressive. So the Ninkasi, of course, is um, at, at the National Homebrewers Conference. It's for the most points in the finals. In the yeah, finals, the second round medals only. Okay, so essentially, it's the most medals too. Then, isn't it? Well, they're weighted. Okay, <clears throat> so the 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 higher ranked medals are worth more. Okay, so. Jamil has two, just by comparison. Yep. Who else has two? Somebody else has two. Uh, Joe Formanek. Joe Formanek. That's Joe right. Joe Formanek was actually the technical editor on the on the book. All right. So yeah. okay. Um, and so you're 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 the only person to to, to win it three times. Yep. And so you, in you, a row, by the way, in a row. Oh, it was all in a, in a row. row. Back, oh, I forgot. Back, I always forget back. that part. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Somebody's got to go four back, yeah. to back, back to back. Let's take back pause back. on that. Right. Do you have a job, Gordon? I always forget. Well, in the middle of it, I I, I sort of didn't because I paid for the uh, entry fees one year with a you know one week's worth of unemployment job. Oh, that's so <laughs> and, awesome! And, you right. know, I, and I thought that really fit in here because oh, you, you know, fit say, right in yeah, here. Yeah, no job. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. questionable use of his the money he does have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you fit in. Yeah, you're hired. <laughs> but now you have a job. I do. What do you do? I'm a IT consultant guy. Okay. So okay, it's pretty boring. Do you like your job? Tell me about. It. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, tasty too. <laughs> it's a <laughs> job. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they like that I make beer. Right. Okay. All right. So, 
how long have you been homebrewing? Uh, since the mid-90s. And what got you into it? Um, well, friends of mine from college who had um, um, gotten into craft beer started making beer, and uh, I liked what they were doing, and uh, I thought if they could do it, you know, I should be able to give it a shot. Okay. And just had some early successes that uh, really sort of reinforced it. And it. You know, it's. I'm sure a lot of people out there get bitten by the bug and just sort of go crazy. Right. You know, it's pretty much how it went. You seem like one of these guys that homebrewing kind of changed your life. Like it did some something clicked in you that they yeah. gave you. Yeah. yeah, just a just a really strong fit. It's a, a lot of interest. And then once you start doing things um, on a national level, you start going to. The first, I guess the first NHC I went to was in 1997, um, and you just start meeting other people and find out, you know, it's not you just sitting around, you know, there's a lot of other people here. And, and today, you know, with the BN, um, everybody that doesn't have a local club, you know, has a club. Um, I, you know, I saw this, I was out in, um, I'll give a shout out here, uh, Frankenmuth, Michigan, you know, it's, it's, it's really out in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, if you're a Michigan person, you know, here you go. Right. You do the hand thing. So it's like Frankenmuth is sort of like up here. <laughs> it's, it's out in the middle of nowhere and they had like a 900, uh, beer competition, you know, and a lot of BN people wow. there. And I met a lot of B- BN people there and they were bringing their beers. You know, it's like, it's like, just like being at the NHC, you go drink in somebody's hotel room after the, the conference. And these guys were like whipping out these beers that were just amazing. I mean, they were, they were like really, really good. And they're around a place that didn't have any other support structure but the BN. So, um, you know, if you just think about the people you see at the NHC, you have to know that, uh, you know, your audience, uh, they're out there doing amazing beers. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I just love that. Because that those resources didn't exist when I started, right? Well, and that's the most fun part for me about about the BN too, and 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 really was the point when I when I when I started homebrewing, uh, I realized I was five minutes away from an awesome homebrew shop and a phone call away from ten brewers who could show up and and guide me through it, right? right. But I thought about not specifically, but. Frank, what'd you say, Franken? Frankenmuth. Frankenmuth, Michigan, <laughs> was was really the the idea, the impetus of the Brewing Network, where I thought, well, there's guys who just really aren't so lucky, so what if we talked about it and give them access? Um, so uh, so when you started, though, you there were what, just, you know, some books, obviously. Charlie's book was out. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really read that one, but uh, Dave Miller's books are the, the ones that I started off on. Okay. Um, you know, he was all about sanitation and... You know, he got like you know ninety five percent efficiency in everything he did. It, you know, just. <laughs> uh, but Greg Noonan had books as well. Oh yeah. So I, I I looked at some of those early on. There were good references. And now that I mean, of course, being a judge and and having done this for so long, I'm certain that you have the ability to be self critical about your beer. <laughs> and now that you are self critical about your beer, how long do you feel it? It took you in your brewing career before you were making, um, you know, really good beer, beer that, that that you now would call good beer. Did did, did, you, did you brew for a while before that happened? Um, <clears throat> I won my first best of show with my fifth beer. Oh, is that right? <laughs> no kidding. It's pretty easy. But <laughs> now, when you say that to me, uh, part of me is surprised, to be honest. But the other part of me thinks, I think that one of the best beers I ever brewed was my second beer. And it, but it was because it was by accident. It was mm-hmm. accidental. So, so does that mean that you got so into it so quickly that you were able to refine your process, or was that a fluke? 
Uh, no, I don't think it was a fluke. I mean, I was learning. I mean, I, d- I did have some duds along the way, but, um, you know, if you read the materials, being sort of a technical person at heart, yeah. you know, you read instructions and then you, you follow them. Right. So, um, you know, I guess I read some good instructions early on and learned how to how to brew properly. Okay. And, and these were extract beers then. They were. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Best to show with an extract beer. Yeah, in ni- 1997. Yeah. You didn't tell Mufasa that before you invited him to do your forward. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what were you doing for yeast then? Um, do you remember? No, I don't. Uh, I, I, I think I went to liquid yeast early on. Okay. Um, I think maybe only the very first batch I made was with the the dry yeast okay and were you doing yeast starters was that something back then that everyone was talking about and doing um i don't think so um yeah i, I honestly don't remember i think i think the the instruction on starters were on the package okay. so it's um you know in the back of a, a why you smack pack the smaller why you smack packs that right, used to be right. available everywhere yeah. oh okay right so um, I probably did because the package said to do so. Right. But what about you, Tasty? How long were you brewing before you started like getting into the yeast starter thing? Um. Well, probably a couple of years. I was still ex. I was off extract, and uh, had just gone to all grain. I think, and I started because I was making bigger batches. Okay. The smack pack, which is what I was using as the basis, uh, just didn't, didn't give me enough yeast cells. I, I knew that from just basic knowledge, I guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. I remember being in a homebrew shop in about about six months after I had started brewing in about mid-1998, and the proprietor of the shop was giving me this idea about a starter sort of as if it was a new and, and innovative technique. I'm sure it had been around a couple of years before that, but at, at that point it was sort of pitched to me as... You know, some semi-experimental, but people kind of knew it had had good, reliable results. So, you know, that was about the time I think it was gaining a lot of a lot of speed. You know, okay, definitely by late '90s, it was pretty common. Okay, you know? so I just I, I ask about starters and things like that, kind of as as an example, because the the book I think it it, it seems to be about ad, advanced all grain brewing techniques, but also about. Um, about finding your own way as as a brewer. True, true. Um, there, I mean, one of the basic premises of the book is there is no one true way to brew. I mean, I know I know a lot of great brewers, um, you know, plenty of them in this room that um, nobody brews the same way. So to sort of represent that you have to brew exactly the same way, or you know, you're going to have inferior results. You know, it's just demonstrably false. So I tried to figure out um, from the the good brewers I know and, and the way that I see them brew differently. It's like, well, what decisions did they make to lead them to brew differently? What's what's about the journey that they went through to pick up their own personal style? So I tried to I tried to address that in the book with the idea that you know if you're an inter- intermediate brewer looking to become like a really good brewer, you are going to have to go through that journey so maybe i can i maybe i can sort of guide you through some of the decisions but you shouldn't be making the same decisions i made because you're not going to have the same background as me so you make your own decisions based on your own situation and where you want to go and i'll sort of help you identify what some of those important choices are so so help me out with this then 
what are some of these decisions? One, I'm an, I am a lower intermediate uh, all grain brewer, right? I know how to do it. Um, you're, being, you're being too kind to yourself. I do, yeah. <laughs> right. I know how lower. to do it. Uh, I don't practice it very often, but I could tell somebody how to all grain brew, yeah. right? So. If I'm looking to refine my all-grain brewing pro- – by the way, let me preface this by saying I like the idea already that I don't have to follow uh, – uh, that this is the right way and that's the wrong way. As soon as I have to be very sterile and, and calculated about brewing, I'm bored to death. I, that's when I don't enjoy the brewing process. So yeah. so what are some of the things that I need to figure – you're talking about this journey, this process, some things I need to figure out. Give me an example. What is something I need to figure out to take the next step as an all-grain brewer? Well, there's this uh, section in the book where I'm, I'm talking about um, um, equipment and ingredients and techniques. So it's selecting selecting the, those pieces to do the styles of beers that you want to make with the ingredients <coughs> that are available on the on the system that you have. Um, you know, to hit what you want to do. Um, not everybody not everybody has the same goals so everybody's decisions are going to be very uh, very personal but uh, you know based on the kind of system you have that might limit the types of mash techniques that you can do mm-hmm. so you shouldn't try these advanced techniques if your equipment doesn't really support it and if the type of ingredients you get don't support them i mean you shouldn't be doing these decoction mashes on this like super well modified malt um you know, it, okay. it just won't give you the right results. So you, you can't just sort of take these bits and pieces. So learning learning which chunks of all these different all these different techniques and all these different uh, aspects of brewing that are out there, it's picking the ones that are going to be in your own your own personal toolbox, as, as you will. I think that's one of my favorite aspects of the book. Just having looked through it the last four or five days since I since I received it, is that the book is like hanging out with Gordon. Like, you can pick a different section that you want to learn about and kind of page through it and jump around a little bit. You don't feel like you're off topic or you don't feel like you had to have read the necessarily the page right before. Like you can jump into a section that you're specifically interested in. And it's if you're an intermediate brewer, uh, for sure, it's going to address probably a question or a thought or an idea that you had. And then Gordon goes into a section in the beginning of the book. At the end of every section, he says, well, what do I do? What would I do? It's not like he's holding something back from you. It's not like he's proposing some technique that has worked on paper, but he doesn't do it himself. Right? You can take, you know, from his personal experience, he'll tell you why he did something. Okay. Right? So you can translate that to your own system, your own ingredient choices, your own yeast selection, that kind of thing. I think that's really cool. He speaks, you know, directly to you. It's very conversational in that way. I think that... That's, yeah, that that was a very conscious choice. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be writing in the traditional sort of textbook, you know, third person. It, it was when I was writing it. I mean, I really was picturing you're there brewing with me, and we're having a conversation. And I actually used a lot of the a lot of the material that came from that. When right. people would come and hang out with me and brew, they'd ask me a bunch of questions. So I, I just tried to think about what are all the things that people always seem to want to know. Yeah, and you know, and can I capture that? Did you have to smoke a lot of weed to picture us all in the room with you as you were writing? No, I was able to. Uh, I was able to channel some misspent youth for that. <laughs> right, just just remember the old days. Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the best in brewing information is exchanged on a real casual basis like that in a brew right. pub over a couple of beers. And that's that's the essence of what Gordon is capturing in the book. It makes it really approachable. and just start, You can crack open a beer, read a section of the book that you think is interesting, and, and right. come away from it with a real casual but super useful take on what you're interested in, in, in learning about. See, I it's think that's cool. part of the reason that our three-hour-plus show works. You know, obviously a lot of people complain about it, and they go, how the hell do you do a three-hour show and there's no information? And I'll go ahead and just entertain the joke, and, and that's fine. But if you think about it, a lot of just getting comfortable in here and making some jokes and, and right. relaxing, yes, the information is spread out, and you might have to kind of listen to some some shit to get to it, but getting people relaxed and comfortable is is often when, like you're, like you're saying, some of the best brewing tips oh, come out. Because you don't think... Think of things in such a technical environment when you're homebrewing all the time. Some of us do. Right. By us, I mean not me. But, I mean, learning isn't necessarily a linear pattern, so sometimes you have to repeat things. You have to come in at it from odd angles, and everybody's minds work in different ways. So, you know, you just sort of present it and, you know, see what what people think. So one thing I really like about what you've said so far is, is... Kind of taking these chunks of information and piecing them all together at uh, ad hoc doesn't really work. I think the internet is and and bre- uh, homebrewing forums are a perfect example. Okay, you got a little time on your hands, you go start just browsing through homebrew forums, right? And you and you pick up a thread about decoction mash, and then you pick up a thread about a yeast starter, and then you pick up a thread about this, and you pick up a thread about that. And in the thread, everyone says, "Oh yeah, this is the this is the the best way to do this and the best way to do that." So you get in your mind, okay, well, I I probably should do a decoction mash. I probably should do a yeast starter, and you start piecing together these chunks of information that they're not inaccurate. But there's, no, there's no context, but, right? And you maybe don't even have because you don't have the context. You don't have the right materials to do it. I love your example that okay, you found this wonderful thread about decoction mashing, and and Dan Gordon comes on the Brewing Network and says, "Well, this is really the way that you should be doing your mash." But then you use nothing but super highly modified malts yeah, turbo in, pills. in your mash. And and so you get all this information about the decoction mashing, but you left out the context of why someone would, would decoction mash. Right. Which is uh, because the malts were not modified the way they are now, right? Right. So I love this idea that you're and, – and this is what I really wanted to talk to you about is picking apart the why mm-hmm. of all-grain brewing. Everyone goes, well, why should I all-grain brew? Oh, well, because you have control over everything. What is that? What the hell does that mean? Control over what? You can brew any style you want. Um, when I was when I was extract brewing, there were certain things I just couldn't do. I mean, I could make a porter. And, you know, I could make a pale ale, but I mean, the the, the first all grain um, batch I made, I think, was a Belgian double because I wanted to include Munich malts. And back then, you couldn't get Munich malt as an extract. So, you know, if I wanted to have um, the the flavors of those other malts in the beer, there was no other way. If I wanted to do, um, I had some, I had some good uh, Hefeweizens early on that I that I made, but you know the judges' comments were, you know, Hefeweizen really shouldn't be amber. I'm like, well, I used the palest extract I could find. You know, you couldn't. I don't know how you make a Kolsch, um, you know, or, with extract. or you know, yeah, with a light lager or so, something like that. It's like, how do you get the color right? I mean, maybe maybe extracts have changed today that you know they're a little less processed. But there were just so many things that I wanted to do. I felt like I was making these huge compromises um, when I wanted to when I wanted to do it right. Okay, 
All right, so part of it is just being able to brew the beer that that you want to brew. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't if you if you buy extract, what what malt did they start with? How did they mash it? What did they do? I mean, it it's just presented to you in terms of color. Right. But what flavor profile is it? I mean, if you want something to taste like pills malt and you buy um, pale extract. I mean, did they use pale malt? Did they use pills malt? Did they use something else? Did they use six row? You know, right. Who knows? Is there, it, JP, is there Pilsner extract now? Yeah. There's liquid Pilsner extract. There's a yeah. there's a lot more products available right. that 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 can help people do this, but you know they're they're also sort of spendy. So um, right now, there's a school of thought, of course, that says, okay, I don't know, I I, I may not perform my mash all that well. Because I don't do it very, whatever the reasons are. Uh, and that the people making this extract do it day in and day out, all day. They're going to perform their mash better than I am. Their extract is going to be better than my beginning all-grain brewing. They may not necessarily be paying attention to mash temperature every time. though. So you might buy extract one week that was mashed at 152, and then extract the next week that was mashed at 148. You don't. You don't know. You don't really right. know. Right. And they're trying providing, to get a specific attenuation. And they're providing their water chemistry, not the one that you would want. Right. And you don't know where that starting point is right. as okay. well. Okay. So those are all important data points for the brewer to have. Right. right. You know, in my beer world is what, what beer tastes like. And the beers I love, I want to make, right, are beers of a similar caliber. Well, I can't do that with extract. I know that from the, the get-go. I'm, I got one arm tied behind my back. I can't make that full-bodied uh, pale ale. Even though I can certainly hit those gravities with with extract, right. I just can't make that beer. For example, Tasty, you want to make Tasty APA? There's, <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, I couldn't make it with with extract. 154 degree <laughs> mash temperature, for example, or something yeah. in that range. Yeah, you, you yeah, have I, no idea. You need with to have extract. the Tasty brand extract. <laughs> oh, now we're talking. Now we're looking. Oh, uh, speaking of Tasty brand, there's a recipe in Gordon's uh, book where he's using. Uh, Crystal 12 malt. I've never 12. seen Crystal 12 malt on the shelf anywhere. I think he has a secret ingredient source that none of, none of us have, and that is the reason why he's won so many Ninkasi Awards back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. What do you think about that one? He's blending uh, 10 and 15 or something <laughs> to 12. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the zero on that. but <laughs> No, I think it's a secret, actually. I don't know. Okay, yes. The, so, fir- the first item in the errata. <laughs> Sorry. He's really holding back. So, Gordon, uh, Tasty you kind of talked about brewing the kind of beers that he loves to brew. Mm-hmm. How do you approach beers? Do you kind of you're writing the style guidelines? Do you brew to those guidelines sometimes? Do you brew your favorite beers? What, what do you kind of experiment with before you actually do brew a beer? How do you come about with a recipe? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you start with a goal. Um, you know, if I'm brewing for competition, then uh, I'm going to brew something that I think is going to win, and uh, you know, I'm brewing it for the ultimate consumer. So you, you sort of put yourself in the, the, the judge's chair and say, what are they going to do with this when you, when you park it in front of them? And if the answer's not, they're going to give it a gold medal, then you go back and you think about it some more. Hmm. But, I mean, if you're making something for, you know, a wedding reception or you're making something just to go take over to somebody's house, like, to watch the game, you, you might be shooting for a different target. So, um, you know, would you make... Uh, you know, the super aggressive uh, style of beer, if you know you're going to give it to, you know, just sort of a, a less craft beer oriented crowd, hmm. or are you going to, you know, shoot for something a little lighter? And, you know, there are other times when you just want to just be creative. You just feel like, you just feel like making something and you want to know what it's going to taste like. And maybe some of the, you know, guys that are just starting out in all grain, uh, what would your suggestion be? You know, maybe starting with a recipe, something they want to brew. How would you? Well, sure. I mean, um, 
you know, if you're at the point where you don't really have firm ground on um, all grain, I mean, you need to practice. I mean, you Get need to practice at anything first. you do. Oh, and, you know, <laughs> there are plenty of good uh, sources of recipes that you can get. Um, I yeah. guess that's what I'm getting at. You know, you hear go, a lot of go, people, go make yeah. somebody else's recipes yeah. until you're comfortable of your own. But yeah. once you figure out what ingredients taste like and you can start predicting what the beer that you make is going to taste like based on the grains you choose, the hops you choose, the yeast you choose, you know, your your ingredients, your process, your equipment, how you how you use all those things, you really yeah, you're making beer, but as you do that, you need to learn how that whole system responds so you can start predicting things. And that's when you start really feeling comfortable about making your own recipes. You start saying, well, if I added if I added some of this kind of malt, I'll get this kind of flavor, and I want that flavor. So you think about it that way. It's, it's, it's like painting. You, 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 know, you need some color in here. You need a highlight here. Um, it's pretty much how I think about it. It reminds me of the, the <coughs> portion, portions of the book where you talk about the artistic side versus the scientific side of the way the brewer approaches things and that right. i think it's easy for home brewers to get caught up in the scientific side without well, necessarily sure. backing that up I with mean, some you know good artistic vision i mean people yeah. were making beer for hundreds of years before the spreadsheet was invented so you know it is possible <laughs> <laughs> right not to be yeah. so technical yeah. one thing i recommend to brewers that are trying to master their craft is to is to uh, try to clone commercial beers that are uh, available locally and fresh that way they can you know they can <clears throat> validate the recipe that they're brewing, and then they always have something to compare it to. And then they can go back into, well, like, for instance, your chapter on evaluating. That's where they would, like, taste the beer side by side. Right. Then they would back up in your book and go into, back into mastering technique, equipment, and ingredients. I think the book is, is laid out really nicely. Yeah, you can you can bounce around. The, the book has, like, sort of three major sections. I mean, the, the, first, the first section I sort of talk about developing your own philosophy of brewing. It's mm-hmm. like, what do you want out of brewing? What kind of influences do you have in your life? that can help you, um, you know, develop your own style. The second section talks about, like I said, the, the equipment, the process, um, uh, you know, the techniques, the, the ingredients. ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go into all the sort of advanced topics, the things that you would like to talk about, about, you know, what do you think about your own beer? You know, how do you troubleshoot your own beer? Uh, how do you prepare for a competition? You know, all those kind of questions that I, I get all the time. Um, I just go go into, you know, what would you like to know? Yeah, like you know, you, you know, your competition uh, chapter is my favorite chapter. That's a, that's a really insightful chapter. Actually, well, I didn't read it, but my quote is is on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. yeah, I don't know what the hell it's about, but I'm sure it's. I good. tell you that 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 quote. I mean, when you know, we were earlier in the day when we were like uh, doing the, the the beer for Lent thing. Um, you got to think about like what drives somebody. What drives somebody to want to, you know, do that. Um, you know, put in that amount of effort. You know, the discipline, things like that. And it's really weird though. But, um, you know, preparing for an inkazi, you know, in in a way, it's it's different now than it used to be. I mean, once Jamil came around, I mean, you had to sort of like do the Jamil thing in order to beat Jamil. You know, you had to like brew every style really well if you wanted to have a chance. And, and you know that really raised my game, but you know I started start thinking about um, you know what were some of the things I was thinking about when I wanted to. Uh, and after I had, like met you guys, and uh, that quote in the competition chapter is always what drove me. Is like 
if you show up at a competition and you, and you made a really poor effort, you know, are, are you going to really feel good about yourself? So, right. And it just summed up, you know, thou shalt not bring it weak. Right. And, uh, you know, if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. And it's and I think the proof is in the pudding, Gordon. It, it, you, obviously, having won the Nikasi three times and in a row, you did follow the system. There's a system involved there, just like most things where there's that level of success, right? It's not a random act of brewing. There's a there's a bit like you said, you kind of had to do the Jamil thing, um, but th- so you had to brew every style well. Then you had to brew. Then you had to enter a shitload of beer. Right. Uh, you had to play the numbers game. Right. Just makes sense. Right. Mathematically. Because judging is uh, somewhat of a crapshoot. Right. Exactly. And you, I think, could could speak to that more than most, <laughs> that it's, it's somewhat of a crapshoot, right? Right. Um, and anyway, and then you succeeded by having a goal and, and really going for it, too. So I have some questions from the chat. One of them about that is, uh, is, is, is Gordon going to go for four in a row? No, last year I said uh, three. I'm out. So, uh, so you didn't enter this year? I did not enter at all. So, really, yes. it's laying in the street, as he put it to me. Yeah, yeah. Night. I told yeah. Nathan who was asking about that. I said, yeah, the Ninkazi Award's laying in the street. Who's going to go claim it now? So, let me ask you this, and I think I've maybe I think I've asked Jamil the same thing. If Nate comes along and wins Ninkasi when Gordon Strong and Jamil Zanishev aren't entering the competition. Has he really won the Ninkasi? (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that the Ninkasi is forever tainted. That's not what I mean. But what I do mean is that a couple of the best brewers in the world are not entering the competition. Don't you? Do you feel guilty about that? Like you're just like leaving it? You know? Yeah. that that sort of implies that you own it, and that's really pompous. Um, you know, every year that I went in, I said, you know, I've got good chances, and uh, but I didn't say, you know, this is mine. You know, I wasn't like calling the shot, right? So, you know, <laughs> I think the only thing to say, like, if uh, Nate's was uh, tainted, I'd just ask him, like, uh, did you blend anything? <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, that's actually a good point because I think that uh, Jamil and Gordon coming on to places like this show yeah. and writing the books that they have done have raised the game permanently right people have taken the techniques that these guys have, have done and they've been very public about what they've done and what works and if you want to follow in those footsteps and you think those techniques have been successful you can do it right here's how to here's how fermentation techniques have differed from homebrewers over the last 10 years here's how gordon introducing this idea of blending and being very detailed about how he does it and that sort of thing like on the for competition show that we had on the BN about a year ago. Yeah. Those kind of things gave people all kinds of ideas. I mean, it's no coincidence that we had all 10 regions of the first round of the Nationals fill up with 750 yeah. entries this year. I think yeah. people are definitely not bringing it weak. People are trying really hard to keep the game really high. And maybe it's because these guys have departed a bit that people are starting to come out of the woodwork and say, okay, here's our chance. Right. Here's our shot to try and claim this thing. So I think it may be tougher than ever because they're not here. Maybe it's sure. Maybe so. I just we'll don't see. want. I just don't want to go through another NHC where I'm just uh, you know on pins and needles the whole time wondering about the results of the competition. Mm-hmm. You want to enjoy I'm, yourself? Yeah, That's I mean, ridiculous. I'm going to go and I'm going to be able to judge. I'm going to judge the things I want to judge. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be able to hang out and I'm not going to be stressed about it. Right. So. Um, you know, when Nate wins this year, you know, I'm going to be the first one to jump up and uh, uh, congratulate now him. Now I'm jinxed forever. Yeah. No, yeah. I remember, I remember, jinx him. I, remember I remember sitting at the edge of the stage last year and Gordon came off after he'd won his final medal and he'd, I'm sure, been doing the math in his head already and he knew at that point he'd, that Ninkazi had basically been clenched and he said, first thing he said to me after I congratulated him, the first thing he said was, I'm done. 
I'm I'm so done. He was so thrilled to have gotten to that point and was, you know, looking forward to where he's going to be this year, which is, you know, kind of kicking back and relaxing and enjoying sort of the... All right, enough sandbagging. How many beers did you enter this year, Nate? I entered 34. 34 beers. Yeah. Wow. How many did you enter in the last few years when when you've won? It was right around beers. It was... In the thirties, in the thirties, but, but I had I had a bunch of meads and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. ciders, so um, you know that that certainly helped me um, this last year because three of my four medals were meads. Tasty, did you enter this year? Uh, no, I didn't. Jip, did you enter this year? That's Wait, a no. Got... That's a head shaking no. For the, I got for I the radio listeners, all the great brewers in the room didn't enter. So, Chad, did you enter this year? <laughs> no, no. What the Nothing. hell's wrong with you that you what didn't enter? You? What, the, what do you have going on? Where's the mirror pond Nothing. category? <laughs> yeah, where, yeah, did you enter, Justin? I didn't. I drank all... You guys know I drink all my beer. Hey, I want to know how many bribes did you turn down from fellow uh, homebrew club members to keep it going? Because I know you're... Oh. That's a big hit. Well, homebrew club. actually, yeah, but... Um, Good that, point, that was Chad. A, that was actually one of the uh, positive um, aspects of like losing the club of the year last year to... Uh, you know the uh, the local crew here is that uh, no need to defend. Pass the cool. torch. Cool. Yep. All right. Now now that's that's uh, your your monkey on your back. So you <laughs> know no, you, you, you carried him long wait, enough. Now wait a second, wait, Tasty. I'm sorry. What did you say? Did you say that you had carried them long enough? No, I, I no, did not. About entering, I, I forget your answer. Did you say you entered? Did no, you, I did not enter. What are you guys doing for those? Those is in good hands by themselves. They don't. There's need a us. lot of the same beers being brewed. They don't by, need us. Yeah. Okay, I'll be on their back to help bring beer for club night and. and you entered as Doze. Yeah, Nate. I did. I did. Yeah. So you have yeah. thirty beers. Thirty three. What do you say? Thirty three. Thirty four. Thirty four yeah. beers in as Doze. Correct. Okay. Yep. You know you work for the Brewing Network now, right? I do, yeah. I so guess I, that started after you entered. I think I better quickly retire now before, <laughs> before you ask me to continue this intensity. Right. Well, that's what he gets for writing his own deal. <laughs> that's right. Bro. I wrote my own deal, bro. bro? <laughs> that wasn't in my contract, bro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've been gonged. <laughs> Hang on, it's here somewhere. We've got to set it up. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. <laughs> Find out. Hello. I'd like to write my own deal. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I wish we could see some more of that broad Check around. Write it on my ass. They what just happened? They have it cropped out a little bit. We can't really see it. Right. Uh, okay, a couple more questions from the chat before we go to break here, Gordon. Uh, before we get too far away from it, although we've we've done that uh, pretty, we've done that pretty well. Um, we were talking about uh, modified and unmodified malts, right? Um, one of our chatters says, "Do the same arguments apply to both decoction and step mashing with regard to modified malt? Do we not need to step?" I guess is what he's asking. Uh, for most, you don't. I mean, my, my experience with uh, step mashing is there there are certain grains from certain maltsters that, um, you know, don't respond the way I want if I don't step mash them. Um, sometimes if I'm making a pale Belgian beer, um, I'll do like a like a 15-minute rest around 131, and I find that really improves my clarity. Um, so... Um, you you adjust your process based on the results you get. If you if you if you make a beer and you think it has some defect and, and as part of the troubleshooting, um, you say, well, where did that uh, you know where did that haze come from? You know, it's you know, can I clear it up by either changing a malt? But if you like the malt flavor, you know, you might try step mashing it. If you want to get um, you know uh, a more attenuated beer, 
So I mean, I'll always like step mash a, a Kolsch, for instance. Okay. Um, because I'm I'm looking for what that gives me. You know, mm. sometimes a single rest isn't going to be able to give you exactly what you want. So. Um, I'm taking certain process steps with the certain ingredients to get the results I'm looking for. Okay. There, there could be other ways to get the same results, but, you know, that's the way I do it. Do you filter any beer? Sometimes. Um, you know, I'll, I'm, more, I'm more about trying to fine it first because uh, I, think, I think mechanical filtering is a little uh, rough on the beer. Um, you know, if, if it's something that I knew is going to be consumed quickly, I, I, I would probably be fine with filtering it. Okay, Tasty, how are you, how are your fining experiments going? <laughs> are you officially a finer now? Yeah, I have no desire to go back. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm uh, finding you're, a way. You're only fining now. Yeah, it's working great. I'm uh, it's always a little trouble in in like quick beers. I'm trying to create a beer. Yeah. That actually you can take to um, what Southern California Home Brewers Festival. Oh sweet, a uh, gelatin. But I'm, I'm uh, basically my regimen is to you know let it ferment out and then uh, rack it warm, uh, chill it 24 hours, and then add the gelatin, and then usually 24 hours later, uh, with a with a half length dip tube, I'm pouring uh, clear beer. So like for instance, I made a 10 gallon batch of uh, tasty APA that I'd like you to take five gallons down to the Southern California yeah Corn Brewers Festival. That's what I want. And you know it's it's going to be a push to get it here by you're leaving Thursday I think right Thursday night yeah right, on Thursday night well, that's well Thursday afternoon yeah but that, that helps. but that sort of sounds like the the source of your haze is always going to be yeast you know you're yeah. not you're not getting any grain yeah, related yeah. haze yeah, because yeah. you wouldn't use gelatin for that, that. that that's a good point yeah yeah it's just it's just yeast related and so uh, and that's something that a lot of people might miss is they think that well I need to clarify my beer haze is haze is haze yeah but right. it isn't no you need to you may have a problem a lot of times it's water chemistry you don't have enough calcium in in your water or something and that's another reason why it won't clear up mm. that's why whenever I see a commercial beer that's hazy mm. I think well, well they got a problem right they should almost fight to make the beer not be clear if they if they like it that way right because so what, they're filtering you mean. whatever they're not whatever they're not doing i think it, the, the beer should just almost want to clear up on its own i see mm-hmm. yeah okay what do you think tasty is the reason behind uh chilling it down and then doing gelatin as opposed to doing it at room temp you I think it know. just helps pull out things faster helps it work quicker well, the or? molecules are more dense or something i don't know I, there's some rationale for it i don't know they're, got it well other things naturally drop it. out yeah. right like you you would do yeah. that yeah, without exactly. findings to get things right, right. so it's, uh, maybe it's just a, no. a logical next step makes sense uh, yeah. without any basis less stuff to knock out if it yeah, fell it's out already helping. right all right here's another question um what are some examples of under modified malt so things that yeah we might want to decoction or well i mean i, I do think um some of the um the, the the german malts that you can get i don't know that i would call them under modified i just wouldn't call them highly modified okay um they respond well i mean it's um i don't know if you can still get the there there used to be under modified czech pills malt that you could get um i don't know if that's still around i think you, you guys, can still i don't know if it's czech pills directly but you can definitely get under modified malt uh, continental european under modified malt if you ask for it special sometimes the stores don't stock it right by default but it is it seems to be available through the suppliers and and whatnot. Right, but know. I mean, it was specifically called under modified malt. Like you know, it's like you should decoct this. Okay, got it. When you're talking about mashing, though, Gordon, one of the things I really enjoyed in that part of the book was that you talk about enzymes on working on a bell curve, and a lot of people. Right. This is sort of common knowledge, but it was definitely worth repeating again in context and spirit of 
the book that you're oh, doing. Sure. It's like people think it's like a, a binary thing, on or off. If you're at one, oh, exactly. 145 versus 146, you're going to turn on or on, on or off a certain amylase activity, and it doesn't right. really work like that. Well, that's you know when people when people mash. You know, if somebody like mashes in and it winds up too high, you know, they're like, oh my God, I'm fucked. Exactly. And it's not true at all. Well, right. you were here at my last brew day. <laughs> <laughs> I do that every time. If I miss by two degrees, I go, oh, great. Everything's Dump. ruined. <laughs> I yes. do that. Actually, happens to me quite often. Maybe a degree or two off, and I know I have time to correct it. You just have to right. get on it. I see. You just have to work quick, right. and you can get it to where you want to get it. Right. You know, with the, with the idea in mind that you may have denatured some of them. So you may want to leave it a little bit longer at that rest point when you right. get there, but you probably haven't destroyed the beer or changed it entirely. Good to know. Yeah, so. When you say get to it quickly, what are we talking here? Do I have 10 minutes? It usually takes me 10 minutes to it fix probably depends on the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably depends on the enzyme, but uh, you know. Yeah, how, keep, uh, how much you missed. I keep see. some extra hot or cold water kind of in your bias if you think right. that. I do. I have learned you. that. Yeah. See, this is part of me learning my all grain process well, yes, is that I've learned, you know what? Plan uh, ahead plan for, ahead. for your problems. Anticipate that, your yeah. problems and yeah. then you can fix them. Yeah, or not, yeah. not you know, throwing up your hands and saying, oh, everything's F now. I'm just, I'm basically out. I think some homebrewers are quick to kind of draw that conclusion and just right. kind of give up. It's like not necessarily true. Whether you're at mashing or fermentation or the finished beer, you can steer things, you can still steer things along a little bit to get where you want to go. And, right. and you know, we had this conversation earlier today is that, you know, if you're not, if you're not like one who's actually watching the person actually do something, who knows how many little mistakes somebody's making along the way? I mean, they might be able to correct them, mm-hmm. and by the time you get to the finished product, you have no idea that somebody made an error. If you ever watch, you know, uh, people doing sort of carpentry, you know, do things always line up? No, but they might sort of fix it as you go along, and and you, you don't see the error at the end. Right. You know, right. In cooking, you know, they might not have done something right, but if they're able to sort of season it properly at the end. You know, whatever. Good point. It's it's worry about the end state. Like, who cares about the intermediate stuff? I mean, that's the that's the sort of the means to the ends, but it's the end that important. You we know, sometimes try. They beat on people about like water. It's, it seems like people are more interested in engineering their water than they are in engineering their beer. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what I meant about kind of browsing through a forum or listening to this program and maybe our topic that day is water and you focus in on this one thing right. but you haven't really done the other setup process. People people take perfectly reasonable information and then misapply it all the time. <laughs> they'll take something that might have had a bunch of caveats and a lot of context and they'll totally pitch that and say, yeah. you know, black or white, you know, you do this and it's going to it's not going to work right. I'm and, and I am guilty not, of that. That is so not true. Yeah. I'm very very guilty of that. I want to know all the best techniques and then I will totally misapply them, whether it's browsing a Volkswagen forum and, and figuring out how to fix my bus or brewing. I will, I'm very guilty of that. This is why I like this, this book and the, and the process of not skipping the standard steps and knowing how I brew mm-hmm. and just applying willy-nilly some fantastic you know, uh, idea that doesn't really fit into what the hell I'm doing. Right. I think Gordon sees people do this all the time with the BJCP guidelines and being involved in that project as well. That's information that's can be misinterpreted quite easily by some people as right. well. But I was reminded of, of this again uh, and how information can be misapplied when I was at the second round judging table with Gordon last year and we were judging uh, Vienna Meritzen Oktoberfest beers and we got a few beers in and you know, I'm the first person to say I think Gordon's definitely got some perceptive abilities far beyond mine. We were 
we were tasting these beers and I was like, something doesn't quite seem right. Something seems a little bit off with these, even though they seem well fermented and things are, are quite good. It became really obvious very quickly that some of the water profiles had probably been over manipulated in these beers and they had a, a little bit of an, an Alka-Seltzer like quality or just a, just a bit too minerally. And I think these guys were taking perfectly good brewing techniques, perfectly good brewing knowledge and misapplying water salt additions and misapplying how they were manipulating the water to hopefully improve it. Right. But maybe just taking and plugged in numbers into a formula and not paid attention to what it was actually doing. I think our word beer. of the day seems to be context. And yes. and really, they're all perfectly wonderful brewing techniques, but mean shit in in the improper context. Right, and that's, and that, and that's really just a matter of understanding. It's like if you're understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it, then then you can sort of roll with it. Otherwise, you're just sort of applying this sort of dogma and not questioning it. And, uh, you know, that just can lead to really bad results. Right. Okay, i got to take a break. We're going to take care of some sponsors. I'm going to go put a little food in the belly here for a few minutes. And we'll come back. Now, don't forget that uh, Gordon Strong is a BJCP judge, uh, the highest-ranking judge. He's also the president of the BJCP organization, who has so kindly moved their... Their NHC BJCP dinner to a BJCP lunch so that Gordon and crew can come party with us at the BNA6 in San Diego. Oh, that is awesome. Smart move. Uh, well, I, I just, yeah. I, w- I was tired of that conflict. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. when, it, when it came to scheduling, I just said, uh, you know, it's all about me. So <laughs> I want to go there. Which I knew I you both. could respect. Of course. <laughs> you know this. If you start going, if you start looking out for number one, Gordon, I, I understand completely. Yeah. All right. Well, smart move. Uh, I'll give you some details on BNA6 when we come back. Also, awesome. we're going to have Gordon Strong taste some homebrew for us today, some listener homebrew, and give us a little feedback and more on all grain brewing. We'll be right back. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we could think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. 
Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Okay, I rolled a 15 and I get a plus 2 from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked! Doug's the only one left and his beer is a Berliner Weiss! What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost! Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart? Why yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com Elo, what's it feel like take awesome and multiply it by two yeah <laughs> spraying live beer radio all over your face <laughs> can't get any better than this baby it's the brewing network you're listening to the brewing network because like beer Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking with us. We're still here with Gordon Strong, BJCP judge, as well as uh, newly turned author. It is your first book, right, Gordon? It is. It is. Brewing Better Beer. It's available in the Brewing Network store right now, signed by Mr. Strong himself. Support the BN. Yeah. You can buy it from us for the same price you can buy it elsewhere. Probably not Amazon, but we've never pretended to compete with Amazon. Uh, by all means, if you're on a budget, go ahead and buy from Amazon. We don't care. You don't have to apologize to me. But if you want a <clears throat> signed copy for the same price of a regular copy, you can go to the Brewing Network store right now. And uh, we only had something like 75 of them or so in there. And um, I- I'd get them while they're hot because you know how it goes. Once I sell out, it takes me like a month to order again because I'm retarded. And uh, Now, I did forget something important today. I can't believe Gordon. Cool. Let, I can't believe Gordon let me go uh, two segments into the program without his theme music. He almost yeah. refused to come back after the break. Yeah, He's like I'm, I'm going to stay here and eat pretzels unless you play Tool. Yeah, nice. Sober. I still don't understand why he picked sober, but <laughs> have you listened to the lyrics? <laughs> I haven't. There's lyrics. 
What was that, Nicole? Are you, you going to sing it for us? Yeah, that's my Maynard impression. That's your Maynard impression? You see that Maynard has a documentary about his winery out on Netflix? His winery? He's a winery? <laughs> he has a winery. Is it as boring as I know. music? Ah. <laughs> the documentary was pretty boring, I have to admit. Uh, did you watch a taste? You're a big Tool fan. <laughs> I'm not that big. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that big a wine fan either. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> he opened a, a winery. And, it's actually just uh, a wine tasting room. Besides, Maynard's just what? in the way in, those, in their songs. He's, oh, you think so? Yeah, you know it's all he, about the music, not him. No. That's true. He's kind of good. What's yeah, his yeah. other band? A Perfect Circle? Yeah. Is right. that Maynard also? Yeah, it's more about I think him. so. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Yeah, it is. Indeed. He comes off as... I watched a little bit of the movie because I am a um, pretty big Tool fan. So I thought, well, I like Maynard. Let me check it out. He's kind of boring. He wears a leather bra sometimes. Really? Yeah, you've never seen that? No, what's that about? Like he wears nothing but a leather bra? I think he wears pants, too. <laughs> well, I meant like... <laughs> you know. Gordon, do you have a leather bra? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> All right, for a limited time only, if you buy Gordon Strong's book today, we will ship a leather bra along with it. No, we're not going to do that. No, don't don't hold me to that. It's called Merkin Vineyards. Just so you know. Merkin Vineyards? It is not. Shut up. Yeah. Really? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, wow. it is. Where is it? Uh, Arizona. Right. That's the other thing that I it's found weird to... about the yeah, about the grape-growing region. Right. Don't they need rain? Right. And like green things? Yeah. It's too bad. All right, anyway, there's your theme music. All right, Gordon, leave Thank me you. alone. Leave me alone already. Uh, okay, I do know that we had some questions coming through on the, on the chat, so we're going to get to those here pretty quickly. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, so, so Gordon, we were, we were mentioning kind of making uh, brewing your own, and, and this, 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 this book, it, it talks about what you do in your brewery, but you're not saying that this is, is right or wrong. And I wanted to go over some of these techniques because... Uh, you know, but when we were talking about this before the show, JP, I think, brought up a good point where he said, well, look, we don't we don't really do things that are all that different in, in brewing. And I think for the most part, I think he's right as far as the general brewing process. But I do think we we tend to develop, especially the longer we brew, a couple of quirky things that we do that, that really work for our beer. Tasty, for example, we've said it a lot of times. Out of his boil kettle, dumps his beer into open... Out of my chiller. Out of your chiller, yeah. sorry. Into open buckets that he carries a half a mile down the road or something. I forget what he does. They're bumping against my leg. <laughs> he carries them where he puts them into... The your dog's you have, running by. You have yeah. conical fermenters, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, and you dump it into your conicals. Dump, yeah. Dump you, you, you have every capacity to do a closed transfer, but you just refuse to. It's just so much easier. And and so the, 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 the book... Uh, in quotations, in yeah. says that's not what you should do. <laughs> but 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 Tasty's beer is fantastic, and so this yeah. is to me an example of how we. So I want to I want to pick apart some of these things uh, that we do in our in our home breweries that maybe aren't by the book, but that but that work for us, right? So one question that came up about Gordon is what's this two liter bottle situation that you do with your beer? It's like. Chad has a prop somewhere. <laughs> I asked him about this the other it's like, night. Like, bring actually. it in here and like, can we demonstrate it or something? Yeah, yeah. I, asked, I asked him about this the other night. I was like, so Gordon, oh. really, seriously, <laughs> what is what is it? I don't even know. What is what do you do with two liter bottles? <sighs> he demonstrated to me over a sink. He took. He's like, oh, you got a two liter bottle. I was like, well, no, I got a one liter bottle, and, I, and we grabbed an empty twenty two ounce bottle that we happened to be drinking a few moments before. And I was like, all right, so demonstrate for me, Gordon. Well, how does this how does this work? He took one bottle, and he took the the two liter. 
and he said 45 degree angle. He held it over my sink. Yeah. And he was like, this is what I do. And he poured one from the other. He's, that's it. For what? Wait, what? For I don't bottle, know. bottling for competition, quote unquote. So basically, you, like, so you, you prep the beer to, oh. to the optimal point in the two liter bottle, and you oh. get it to exactly where you want, and so that it you shows mean, well. What? Carbonation wise? Carbonation wise, oh. flavor wise, everything. Clarity, Clarity everything. everything. Flavor? Dry hop. Oh, any, everything. Any last... Everything. Right. It's like. Everything. Because I, th- I think I. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> go on. It's, go it's on. like similar to Tasty's Well, method. that's exactly the point. I mean, but there's a lot of ways to do it. Because I think I did. I think I did the bottling sort of like uh, I've heard uh, Tasty describe, like straight off the keg, but it seemed like I would always get dinged because the carbonation wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So um, so the method was to, to put it into an intermediate stage so I could actually test it. So I'd pull off more beer than I needed. Put it, If it was the first round, I'd put it in a one liter. If it was the second round, I'd use a two liter just so I have the enough quantity. And get the beer at the temperature that I would uh, serve it out, and then pop it open and, and and take a sample, and just do sort of a quick mental judge of it, and say, you know, does this have issues? And if it seemed like it, the carbonation wasn't right, well, it's in a two liter, so I slap a carbonator cap on it, and uh, you know, crank it up a little bit, let it chill down, and uh, try it, you know, repeat until it's exactly how I want. So it's a it's a way of fine-tuning your beer if you keg if i was bottle right. conditioning it i wouldn't do this stuff at all right but then i'd get but then i'd get uh abused in competition because i'd ship my beer and you know and some mook would shake it up and it, you know it would be cloudy when they poured it um and they'd say oh your beer's not clear well, right you know did you pour it carefully so i'm all about sending you know a pristine clear bright beer with nothing else in the bottle um this is not how i would bottle if i wanted to store it for two years i mean i would hook up the beer gun and that's critical bottle off the keg to this you know this is this is how i would bottle if i knew it was going to be used within like two weeks this is not long-term storage this okay. is this is for just how to get it out of the date. keg and into the bottle for a competition you know that's that's all i was trying to optimize right well, I guess I can make fun of you for it, but the, again, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, he's got the results to back it up. <laughs> if some homebrew randomly came up to me and told me the story, I'd probably be shaking my head saying, I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm not sure this is going to work, man. But. Yeah. but all kidding aside, this is exactly what I really enjoy about homebrewing is is finding out the, the little thing that works for you and just making it your own. I mean, again, sure. you would say that to Nate and a hundred other brewers that would call it silly, but it really, really works for you. Yeah. And and it, when you kind of analyze it like that, I think it's a great idea. I was just trying to solve a problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this is what I mean. And I think that um, newer homebrewers, intermediate homebrewers, maybe I should say, really shouldn't be afraid to develop their own techniques. Absolutely. But, but if you can't be self-critical at the end, this is where I think the problem... Right. You know what I mean? I think it, it fall starts apart. with being self-critical. And then go ahead and make all the adjustments you want. Who cares? Make every adjustment in the world that doesn't make sense. But if the if the end product is, is good beer, right? great job, right? Good beer is good beer. What about you? Nate, you must do something weird. Yeah, I do a whole bunch of weird stuff. But one <laughs> thing that really jumped out at me that I didn't even know Gordon was writing about in the book until I was paging through it the other day, I was pretty happy to see it there, was uh, cold steeping dark malts. I do that for almost... I've started doing that for beers that I have dark malts in. And, and uh, just over the last year, I've really enjoyed the results that I have. And I do this for, for a very specific reason is that I don't want to throw the pH of the mash off by having the dark grains present yet. I don't, and I don't want to have to add water salts to 
bring the pH back to where I want. So, like, forget it. Let's avoid the water salt situation and having to deal with dialing in water altogether. Let's treat the grain. I'm going to steal this from your book, Gordon. Let's treat the grain, the dark grains like coffee and steep them cold okay. instead. Cold in this case, unlike coffee, but steep them cold instead and then add that to the the kettle 15 minutes before flame out or 30 minutes before flame out wherever i feel like doing instead of adding it to the entire mash wow so and so you don't even have them in for the whole boil no just long enough to sort of sanitize anything right any bacteria that i might be bringing along okay well, so if you're doing so this actually is, makes a flavor difference too because depending on when you add it because you, you could add the sort of cold steep malt after you chilled that's right but it would change the flavor i mean it would taste the difference between like warm coffee and cold coffee yes. so there is a little bit of fiddling around to see what gives you the flavor profile you want but i do it for exactly the same reason is i don't want to mess around i mean I add things to the water because I want the mash pH to show up the way I want. But if I don't need to mash dark grains, you know, why should I add all this other stuff in there to compensate for this malt is in there that doesn't need to be mashed? Because I'm not getting sugar out of the dark grains at that point. They're well, mainly flavor them. components. Right? Okay, there's you, some starch a little bit probably, but it's mainly mainly just a yeah. I mean, you, you do get you get do get something out of there, but it doesn't need to be mashed. It can be steeped. I mean, it's just like. You know, making extract. You you had the steeping grains. Yeah, right. those steeping grains aren't being mashed. You're just you're rinsing the flavor and some. You know, there are some points in there, but not as much. Okay, but they are being steeped hot. So why the cold steeping? It's just a gentler extraction. It's sort of like cold steeping coffee versus steeping it in warm water. Okay. Um, and I originally, that's how I originally stumbled upon this and thought of this for, for dark <coughs> grains is I was trying to make a beer work that I'd added cold steeped coffee to. I'd heard, I'd had a few beers, uh, the Oakshire um, Overcast Stout has uh, coffee in it. And that was one that really opened my eyes to how good coffee flavor can be in a beer. I'd given up on it thinking that it was sort of a stupid idea and that most of the time it just didn't work. Trying that beer, really enjoying it, and talking to the brewer at the GABF, I said, happened to run into him and said, by the way, how do you do that? And he said, well, I cold steep the coffee and then I add the strained coffee into the into the beer before uh, kegging and serving and whatnot. So I thought... Uh, Let's take and translate this idea. Once I tried that a few times with coffee, I was like, well, why can't we do that with dark malt? Actually, right. we could. Yeah. And I was unhappy with my dark beers because uh, they had seemed to have some oddness with the water chemistry, and they were acrid and a little bit harsh, and my water didn't play well with dark malts, just adding it to the mash. I said, well, instead of fiddling around with mash pH and water profiles and all that, I, I don't like doing that unless I really have to. Let's say forget all that. Let's try and avoid the problem altogether. Cold steep the dark grains and just go that that method okay. instead. You know. And but, do you play uh, death metal for your fermenting beer, Nate, or do you <laughs> are you more of a John Mayer? Uh, no, they get yeah, they get death metal all the time. Does it does it affect? Yeah. You know, they they say if you play music for like lab rats, they're in a better mood. It's, right, it's got to affect right living organisms. Yeah, it's a, there's an Italian brewer. Vinny's talked about this a bit, so I'm yeah. going to paraphrase his, his stuff. But he's he knows an Italian brewer who. Puts actually headphones on the. I've seen the picture. The no it's, it's in Char- yeah. what, It's in Charlie Papazian's um, his third book or something. The, the, the beer travels. The beer travels one, and, and you he can plays see them a classical. He plays it classical. Music. Right. Yeah. Your your beer's much angrier. I have a feeling. Yeah, my used to get get aggro. Nah, there's actually unless I'm actually in the garage in the brewery, quote unquote, right. listening to music. They're probably then not they getting don't. much. You think anyone's ever sung to their fermenting beer? You know, like mm. a, mm. I can think of someone that has. 
What are you looking at me for? Mr. Andy Wood. Oh, Andy oh, Wood. That's right. Yes, yeah, that, that is sense. a very good point. I'm sure he does on a regular basis. He, Andy yeah. sings to everything he owns. Right. It's, it's like, yeah. let the eagle soar. <laughs> yeah, he sings show tunes. You're right. Yeah. 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 No, real quickly, though, the one other method that, that I do, which isn't all that non-standard, but I, I'm glad Gordon covered it in the book, was uh, no sparge brewing. I, okay. like to, I like to do it for low-gravity beers. Um, I'm willing to spend five or ten, maybe even fifteen extra bucks on grain, whatever it happens to be. Um, and Gordon goes into some detail about uh, the pounds of grain versus water, the ratios that you might want to consider when doing those. You want to go a little bit higher than normal, um, maybe one point five quarts per pound. Think about that type of range. I really like doing it for session beers. I think it it not only gets to brew day along a little bit faster, but you can take the second runnings and make another small beer if you want, but especially for session beers, I think it lends a really delicate, uh, soft malt profile that's kind of tough to achieve with sparging. I mean, anything, any tannin extraction, any sort of grain husk extraction is going to be amplified by uh, a set in a session beer where you have just a lot less going on. So you have a little bit less wiggle room to to uh, not make mistakes. So I'd rather just try it once again instead of trying to correct for mash ph and water profile and all that let's try and avoid the whole problem altogether and do a no sparge uh brew for this really s- small session beer i okay. have i have the mash ton space i have a, f- a five or ten extra pounds of grain so those are let's do it Why so not? those yeah. are examples of some of the uh the techniques in the toolbox and based on the recipe you want and what what flavor profile you're trying to hit you know do you do you try these in these recipes it doesn't have to be the way it was uh, traditionally made in you know wherever the wherever the beer style was from uh you could just want those effects in your beer but okay. why not uh, just put like five two in the mash and then you don't have to go through an extra step i've tried that it didn't really work for my dark uh, beers for whatever reason i still wasn't quite getting the flavor profile that i wanted Maybe I just like a, a less roasty dark beer than than most people. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Just personal preference too. I and right. cold steeping stuff tends to bring out more chocolatey and a little less roasty to me. When you're dealing with, you wouldn't do this. A caveat: you probably wouldn't do this with C120 or, or something like that. Although you could. Right. I'm doing this with things or like C12. Choc- yeah, or C12, yeah. a secret ingredient. Well, um, I wonder how it works when you're you know when you're trying to nail a style. And, yeah, actually, and, and you go to the store and buy stuff that um, hasn't been cold steeped. Yeah. And then you're cold steeping. You're not doing the same process. You're not getting the same flavor. Uh, to me, it just sounds like an extra extra thing you got to do. And it, I, I'm totally uninterested in doing that. Yeah, it is extra yeah. work. I really enjoy the effect on, uh, yeah. say, an Imperial Stout, for example, where you have a lot of alcohol and a lot of potentially harsh things kind of going on. Also, that if the dark malts that do add flavor contribution aren't adding a lot of potentially harsh roastiness. It's more like a delicate chocolate roastiness i really enjoy it for things like that now for example we're drinking some of the uh, can you brew it shakespeare stout right now here during the show that one i actually did what john john meyer does and did mash with that and you ran through the halls of his high school yeah <laughs> and tr- corrected the water a little bit instead and used just a touch of chalk to try to bring the ph into to a more uh reasonable range but um and why wouldn't you do that just normally I mean, to me, it just seems like such a small thing to, and then you have to go and steep the cold grain and do all that garbage, and it just sounds like well, Wayne. I just this why? is slightly more delicate, just different flavor, chocolatiness yeah. and, sli- and slight roastiness. I just really enjoy the effect so far. Now, I'll come back in six or nine months when I've only have done this for a year, and it might not, I might not enjoy it as much. But right. some folks in the chat room want to know what exactly cold steeping is and how how it works, how how you uh, how exactly but, uh, use it. 
page in the book uh, yeah Gordon has, Gordon goes into this in yeah the book, buy but... Gordon's book no Nate no 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 buy oh, you have a book. cold steeping page it's all in there brewing better yeah, beer I think it's all in there uh, section I think in here alright uh, you just you just it's like you're making coffee I mean just grind it up and you grind it up um, into I mean you can you can even sort of powderize powder, it yeah. right and just pour water on it and leave it in a jar overnight and then strain it out the next day a variation on this that Jamil had talked about in the past too which is probably popular and well known amongst the, some of the BN listeners was it adding it to the end of the mash mm-hmm. adding it to the sparge top sparge, sparge. Mash yeah, top, yeah exactly yeah. mash I used out I do that yeah. with this, this I do guy that. in I San Rosa like 98, 99, he would do that. That was the first time I ever saw that. And then you don't have to right do this, you know, clean separate vessels and mess around with cold steeping yeah. and thinking about it the day before and that. And that's a, you know, simpler variation on it, which it is. is a little less fussy. Do you have so. to get like, uh, is there a, uh, some sort of absorption ratio or a, a saturation point where you have to have a certain ounce, uh, out, so many ounces of grain per uh, what a gallon of water if you go I, less than that then you're not getting your full extraction i do it visually actually until it kind of just saturates the grain and goes a little bit beyond that that's yeah pretty much uh, but if you keep your process doing, constant well it's like you're making espresso sort of well maybe yeah, i'm missing kinda. something it sounded to me like you have your normal beer recipe right and then you just pull out the grains that you don't want in your mash the dark and, grains yeah. and steep them so I, so I guess mash stuff that needs to be mashed. So you're not changing the, your quantity of gra- your quantity no. of grains is what's in your recipe. That's right. I guess though now I get it. That, so JP's asking. I guess though your quantity of water that those grains are steeping in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a certain effectiveness I, I would think where if you don't if you don't have enough water you're not going to get right. everything because the water that you're trying to that the grain is trying to pull in already has yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. Stuff in it. And by temp- cold steeping temperature wise, I'm saying I'm pulling off tap water, which is probably yeah, room temperature, which is uh, probably you know low 60s, high 50s. You know, there's nothing technical or special there. I think you're just trying to pull off something. It doesn't that's have to be in easy. the fridge, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't necessarily have to be in the fridge either. Okay, I've done it both ways, and it seems does not matter much. So I just keep it at ambient temp when I cold steep the dark grains. Yeah, pretty much. So. Okay. All right, Tasty, give me something else to make fun of you for. Uh, you must have some other fucked up technique. Well, yeah, you remember the, uh, we, I divulged this on the last Can You Brew It show. Uh, it's where my uh, strike water is always nine gallons, regardless of the whether I'm making a 1052 beer or a 1074 beer. It's always right nine gallons in, the, in there. So it's like uh, my recipes are sort of like, uh, are all like adjusted to that. Yeah. And that's kind of the point with like, to me, the, like the, uh, say, top mashing, for instance. How much you have to add uh, to to get the effect is in the recipe, right? So the recipe says top mash, you know, eight ounces of chocolate malt. And if that if you drink the beer later, and that's probably covered in Gordon's evaluation fa- uh, portion of the book, uh, you might say, well, that's not chocolatey enough. I'll have to add more uh, top top mashed uh, malt. Okay. Right. So in effect, that's what since my strike water's. Uh, Always the same signs. I'm like, you know, getting uh, probably lesser efficiency in bigger beers and uh, higher efficiencies in smaller beers. And probably it turns out that it, that's where it really matters. It's in the smaller beers that I want to have the looser, uh, more softer flavors like, like Nate was referring to. See, these are the techniques that I really like that make me enjoy brewing more. For example, I used to worry about how much I was sparging and to, to get my, my kettle volume. And now I sparge until my kettle is full 
<laughs> like that's I know that I go I, I think I have an inch of space that I know I, I cannot have a boil over if I go to an inch and so this method that Tasty does he knows I guess too I would I would like that would make me enjoy my brew day more if I go well, nine mm-hmm. gallons of water every effing time I don't care I get my full volume of boil I want to fill my kettle <laughs> exactly. and you not something. anything something. more scientific than that and I'm and and I'm a little bored so. But it really works great for you too, Tasty. Like I'm still a bit surprised because you say whether you're doing a double IPA that has a lot more grain or doing a lighter pale ale, yeah. you're still sparging the exact same amount of same water. Same amount of strike water, yeah. Okay. But now the sparge, and of course the sparge is always the same. It's a batch size, twelve gallons. Right. Yeah. See, I like that. That makes me enjoy all grain brewing. Yeah, a lot. you do something enough times, and you, you just get have it. predictable results. It's adjusted. Yeah. Like for instance, one of the things like Gordon. First, as mentioned about me, is I use uh, rice hulls and all my uh, and all my oh, mashes. This is a really well. Good that one. could be me every single mash, yeah. every single one. That's that could weird. be me counteracting the fact that I'm using the or my density is too big on oh. some beers. I'm a compensating for that by using those rice hulls. It sort of build it gets built in in a way. Temp distribution, around yeah. That the was mash. that was yeah. a, that was a technique that uh, you know gets a tasty credit in the uh, in the book. Oh yeah, is uh, did you call him by tasty or Mike McDowell? Said, he said uh, Mike I think Mike. But, oh, okay. uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's because uh, I was complaining that uh, uh, you don't get an even temperature distribution through your mash. You know, you have to stir it a lot. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you just like add some more rice hulls, and that that'll that'll help. So I'm like, oh, what a great idea! I'm, I'm going to totally That's a take cool that. Idea. But oh, right. But, so it wasn't even about that, about a stuck mash. It was about no, temperature. No, no, no. It had oh. nothing to do with that. It had but, nothing uh, to but do it's with... got to help you avoid a stuck mash. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was a problem. And he came up with a creative solution to solve it. So that was his technique. And then when he told it to me, I'm like, okay, now that's one of my techniques. Yeah. Because the, the part about developing your own style is listening to the techniques that other people are doing and say, does this make sense in, in, in the way I brew? Mm-hmm. You know, do I want to steal this? Do I want this to become part of my repertoire? You know, when I talk about these are the things I do, there's no way that I'm claiming, like, I invented all this stuff. Right. So, you know, I don't know that it, um, I don't know if there's anything original. I mean, I, I picked up bits and pieces from a lot of different people, but the way I put them together, I guess, is unique. And, sure. that, and that's, you know, the way I brew. But there are a ton of other techniques that I just don't use. You know, you just sort of prune them out and you don't you don't even pay any attention to them. You pick like this efficient set that that really makes sense for how you brew on your system mm-hmm. that lets you get repeatable results. And I think that's what, you know, becoming a, a really good brewer is about, you know, that that you can make the beer you want to make. Yeah. I have this great technique, I wish I'd made it in the book, where about halfway through the brewing process, I get drunk and pass out, and Chad finishes the brew day. And it, I've had great results with it every time. It's called collaborative brewing. It's, yeah. yes. And every time, the beer really comes out well. If I skip that part of my brewing process, I fuck up the beer every time. Yes, was, I would call that the buddy system. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Those guys that list in competition, like two people who brew the beer or something, I was wondering, maybe that's that's how it's they pretty brew much, the beer. It's right. that one of them passed out. Yeah. That's what it means. Whenever you see that at NHC, oh yeah, they're high fiving each other. That's all bullshit. One of them passed out, and the other one had to finish. The other guy finished the beer. Yeah, yeah. it's called the Crossley technique, and uh, it's going to be in Gordon's second book. Yes, yeah, brewing better er separate chapter. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to ask Moscow about his crazy techniques, but you've only brewed once. Yeah, so. t- techniques. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> 
Uh, okay, I think we have some uh, questions from the show here. Uh, or from the chat here, I mean. Let's see. Uh, did Gordon learn... Oh, this is a good question. Did Gordon learn the style guidelines first, uh, or did you learn to brew good beer first? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what what well, kind of style guidelines? For example, that makes, that makes I think no sense. When I, it kind of makes sense. I think I think what they mean is like the so you you mentioned that the Jamil version was to go through every single style and brew it well. So well, style certainly existed before I started brewing. Um, but what BJCP style guidelines were you aware of or may have existed when you did that? When you were brewing good that, beer. That fifth batch, um, best to show, how conscious were you of those kind of Not at all. Things? Yeah. Not at all. Exactly. So you learned how to brew better. You brew beer brew that you enjoyed before you cared about right. what style. Yeah. Right. And and it's the competition brewing where, where, where you start paying attention to the style guidelines. Yes. And as long as you can adjust the beer to hit what you want... Um, you're just sort of changing what the target is. The target is somebody else's definition rather than your own. I guess if the the person who asked the question was getting at it, if styles matter or not, that was probably more of a or charged suppose, question. But I, I think that, you know, you would, exactly as you I said, I could also Gordon. interpret it to, to mean, did you change the styles so that it matches the kind of beer you make? <laughs> and yeah. No. I don't think, yeah. I don't think, uh, pre- pretty, uh, That's what I would have done if I were you, Gordon. Pretty yeah. important person in the organization. I don't think you have that much power, though, Gordon. Yeah. No, no. Uh, you, you get called on that. Yeah. Category 39, carpet porter. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else wants to know what your worst beer that you ever brewed was. Do you have any, anything you dumped down the drain and just... Yeah, I mean, it was like... Um, these are weird questions. I don't know. It was yeah. like a, it was some sort of spiced beer. It was it's like, like uh, you're a weird question. Larger shit. You were you were a weird <laughs> question to your <laughs> mom, JP. What? Yeah, JP. <laughs> what? Whatever that means, JP. I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm drinking. Think about it, man. <laughs> what are we drinking, Chad? You brought us all beer. Tasty's beer. Russian River Janice Brown Ale. Oh, it's the Janet. Whoa. Oh, what? Seagull. Now everyone wants to go for a second taste. Now yeah, hit the hit that gong. It's you mentioned be that. that. <laughs> oh, I don't have. The, I need the gong set up. <laughs> yeah. That needs to be in my playlist all yeah. the time. Yeah, it does. Yep. We'll play something it else does. so we can drink a little. We have a chance to do a side by side here: a Tasties versus uh, Vinny's. Oh really? Oh, okay. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. We do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Is that live or recording? <laughs> it's hard to tell. That's live. Yep. 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 <laughs> We should do a cocaine version of Yup, Yup, Yup. They have Vinny's beer here, right? The uh, Janice Brown? Yeah, the Janice Brown. Definitely the Janice Brown again. Yup, 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 yup. Yeah. Wow. I think we just did it. Great. I'll just cut that out of the archive. Wow. All right. Let's see. I have other questions here from the chat, too. It's really good. Tasty. Well done. Yeah. Well, they got these hops from Seagull Ranch. Vinny sourced this directly from the grower. I don't know if he put him in one of the big production brews. I think he just did a couple of the pub brews with it, and one of those was was the Janice Brown. Well, you know and, what? I'm uh, <clears throat> really good. Big, I think big I don't, hop aroma. I don't think yeah. that they did this because it's on such a large scale. But talking about cold steeping and getting rid of acrid flavors right. and and more harsh dark grain flavors, um, this beer, tasty, I think, is a little more mild. In in those chocolatey and roasty flavors than the last version of Janet's Brown, and uh, well, I, think it I like that. What you were drinking before? Like, yeah, I've been drinking the Chad that's true. Vienna Pale 
it's pretty bitter. Uh, that doesn't really. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of watery, mild. to be yeah. honest with you. I'm sure it's it's great, but it's over like over Chad's beer, I can't I can't taste shit. I did a version of JBA with uh, cold steep chocolate malt. Oh, you did. I really enjoyed it. That's a beer that lucky enough to go on to the second round. Did you give that to Tasty? Has he, has he tried the cold? I don't think he's tried it yet. So I'm, I'm about to rebrew it. So we'll have the rebrew. So, so in the cup here, that's the uh, the homebrewed uh, Imperial Janus Brown. Oh look, they got the color like spot on this time. Tasty, <laughs> nice. What'd you do? Beat him over the head? It's the first time I've ever had the both beers at the same time. <clears throat> oh, it is. This yeah. is your first. Yeah, and I didn't have I didn't have these great hops that he had, so I just you know. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, old, you know, Gordon Strong is a a, a pretty high ranking BJCP oh, yeah. judge. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us your evaluation of uh, these beers? I know the first thing he's going to say. <laughs> yeah, I've you been do? drinking beer with him the last couple of days. I it's think too I know. Cold. The first... Yep, it's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell. I like the second one you poured better. Well, that's the homebrew. Don't let that get to Vinny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, he'll hang himself. The good thing is, is yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, if you can't match the conversation. Mine is <laughs> not as chocolatey, nor is it as young. This is only the the Russian River beer is only uh, three weeks uh, since Flame Out. Mine's probably like six. So it's uh, Scott. If you end up wondering why Vinny won't call you back the next time we invite him on the show, <laughs> it's because yeah. you didn't cut that out in post. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I definitely like it. Actually, significantly better. I don't know why, but you know what? It tastes much better to me. They are closer than they've ever been. Yeah, I agree. I think that they. I think the differences are really, really subtle. So I cloned it. All right. I think you cloned it. <laughs> well, another show. What am I doing? Here? Yeah. The, the, uh, I like the finish of the homebrew better. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. So it's a little smoother and. Yeah. Uh, I like how this turned into a Janet's Brown show. Yeah, Gordon yeah. agrees. It with happens. Me. Yep. Derailed. Yep. 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 People in the chat have been giving yep. tasty shit the whole night because yep. yep. he keeps yep. bringing yep. up the can you yep. brew it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's supposed to do. Cross yeah. promote. No, it's funny. Right. Plug in the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. This is the closest you guys have ever been. This is on the on the brew pub system, right? Or Yeah, yeah, on the yeah, 20 barrel system. Not on yeah. the big. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. got this great hop aroma, too. It's really nice. Yeah. It seems like the the homebrew version is a little less bitter, or a little less harsh at least. It, well, it's I mean, a little, a little older, bit, so it, it drops off. More quick. of a caramely, uh, yeah, um, more crystal. So yeah. since Gordon is agreeing with me, that makes me right, right? Sure. It doesn't matter if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it always matters if you're right. Yeah. Well, you were right before. You probably just didn't know it. <laughs> right. I like this guy. I do agree with the caramely. Uh, I think that the the malt profile in the homebrew is. Um, I don't think that sweet is the right word, but caramely is a, is a much better word because it's a Crystal. it's a complex kind of sweet. Yeah, right. It's you know, and it's the age effect. Um, I usually some people disagree with me on this, but I think like alcohol has sort of a effect on bitterness. That if it if it's sort of the hot alcohol when a beer is young, it mm. sort of adds on to the bitterness in a beer. It makes it seem more bitter than it is. But, okay. So um, that's that's something that bothers me about beers, you know, if they're if they're served at the wrong age. So you know, I'd sort of like to have them at the same age. But I think the I think the homebrew is really uh, nicely drinkable right now. Now, as a qualified judge, how much does the uh, three Bloody Marys I had this morning and uh, and a shot of tequila affect my 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 tasting right now? Um, probably not much because that sounds pretty similar to what we had for breakfast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Some about Easter was everyone was doing Bloody Marys today. Yeah, Nicole uh, Nicole hooked us up. Nice work. Yeah, it's good beer, tasty. Once again, 
I thought we gave Gordon a little too many Bloody Marys. I was checking my email this morning, and I, I saw an email show up that was like, BJCP reports have been recorded on your record. And I was like, <laughs> all right, Gordon, thanks, yeah. man. <laughs> You're like, here's Sweet. another one. And I opened the email, and it's like for some competition that I judged like a month and a half, and I was like, oh, damn. Right. I thought Gordon was just being generous, man. <laughs> <laughs> all I have to do is hang out with him for a while, and he gives me points. <laughs> All right, what else do I have? So here's kind of a general question. I was avoiding this one. Maybe I should ask. Um, uh, uh, It's so general. It's about the best way to control fermentation temperature. That's a show. Yeah. That's an entire show. Yeah. So that's why. He says, I'm currently using a glass carboy with a Johnson controller taped to the side of it. Great. Done. It's a lot of tape. It's good, right? Yeah. That's a lot of tape. I bet he just got. <laughs> I, I hope that's duct I bet, he just, I bet he just got the probe on there, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, man, those Johnsons are heavy. Especially if you got a big Johnson. Those Johnsons are heavy. Yeah, well, okay, hey. We know what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you guys need me to help you open She's any got beer? The no. She's got the Johnson right there. Are you sure? What have you got over there? Oh. See, I got B- my little buddy. See, you're great because Bebo's all bored with those things. Uh, <laughs> I, found, I, found it, no, I don't think she's bored with it because it was kind of hidden away over here in the keyboard tray, like oh, way in the back. I noticed yeah. it because I pulled the keyboard tray out. Easy to find. I wonder what she's. Uh, Huh? You smell it? <laughs> I wonder what's going on over here. <laughs> she smelled it. What do you think? I smell it. Wow. I knew she oh. was. <laughs> Lying to us. Well, Bevo's also been like uh, too cool for school lately. You know, Nicole's like into it, participating in the show. Yeah, give it a month. Not asking to go home. (laughs) Right, I'm into it. Nice job, Nicole. Not under a blanket. Right. Uh, I had some emailed listener questions. I'm gonna have to go back and find them now. They seem to have disappeared from my um, feedback. All right, let's do this. Uh, We're gonna take a break. What break are we on? Jesus, is it a long third one now? Oh, sorry, Jesus. Zombie Jesus. Sorry, Sorry. Zombie Jesus. Sorry, Zombie Jesus. He's not listening. Jesus, it's a long show. Uh, Okay, we're going to take a break. Muhammad, it's a long show. Uh, Yes, my son, it is a long show. (laughs) You know, JP and I had to go do that uh, creepy coffee horror TV show thing yesterday. W-H-O-R-E. Oh, yeah, horror. Uh, And uh, Horror. For some reason, it came up that we weren't allowed to say God damn you You can't say God damn it. On TV, did you know that? So you can say you can say damn it, and you can say God, but you can't say God damn it. So JP was like, "Well, but we could probably say like Allah, damn it, right?" And apparently that's fine. (laughs) Right? Of course it's fine because there's no there's no Muslim. Right. There's all. There's only Christian people that run shit. The FCC, right? right. But there's I, no Muslims in the FCC. But I'm surprised everyone's not scared because remember, like in 05, there was like a Danish newspaper that ran a cartoon. Remember oh, a bunch of, of like uh, oh, Allah yeah. with a, underwear on his head or something, and there were like riots and right. people were oh, getting yeah. killed. And I, I know those Middle East. JP, you might get targeted for doing. I hope that, I do. Says the Jew. Yeah. I hope I'll do. Creepy those, coffee. Those Middle 20. Easterners. Yeah. I lump Israel into that group. By the way, you do. They're all troublemakers. All right. JP, it sounds like you're steeping grains in your nose. I feel like it, dude. And I took a fucking Claritin, too. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, the fuck's going on, Yeah, JP, what's man? going on over there? <laughs> this reminds me of another treat, show just, once. You know what, Jay, Just treat her like Bevo. Turn around and backhand her like you normally know, like, just, just right in the... If she was funny, I would, I, would, I would say something. Just right in the jizz. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to taste some listener beer if I can go find something good. And maybe get a few more uh, opinions from from Gordon. And uh, I think we have other things to do, too. Probably And stuff. All right. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back.
listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Members Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Whether I'm making me dry stout or rebuilding me kegs, I head to the heart of dear Dublin for me homebrewing supplies. You head all the way back to Emerald Isle just for a wee batch of grain or a bit of keg tubing? No, you moronic waste to deliver. Dublin, California. I go to HopTech. For 30 years, HopTech in Dublin, California has been supplying homebrewers with malt extract, fresh grains, hops, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts, and much more. HopTech is one of the first homebrew supply shops on the internet and is proud to offer a Award-winning beer kits, both online and in their store. Mention the BN Army for a 10% discount off your order. The store is open every day except Wednesday or shop online at hoptech.com anytime. Hoptech is run by passionate, award-winning brewers who live, love, and travel for beer and bring their experience to the store for you. If you don't want to visit Dublin, just call toll-free 800-DRY-HOPS or go to hoptech.com. Visit Hoptech today in Dublin, California and at hoptech.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. 
Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. (laughs) I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. (laughs) (laughs) The The home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to Keeping the ass out of Brewcast. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. We still have Gordon Strong in the studio. Get him all drunk before he has to fly home tonight. <laughs> and the red eye home, huh? Yeah. Time do you time do you land? Put the red eye in red eye. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I get home like one o'clock in you the work afternoon. Tomorrow? No. Oh, that's good. Oh, you don't get out till one in the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. It's not a direct flight. You, oh. know, you know how many San Francisco to Dayton flights do you think are there? You know, so, <laughs> so you got to stop over for six yeah, hours somewhere. Four hour layover in uh, Minneapolis. So. It'd be just in time for Bloody Marys when you land. Yeah, if I, if only I knew people in uh, in St. Paul that could hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> right, Kurt Stock give you some mead for that four yeah, hour right, layover exactly. or something. Have hey, Steve Fletty give you some saison or something? You know, exactly. Like, yeah, that that would be awesome. You should play a contest. Uh, uh, Find Gordon Strong in the airport. And hook him up. Win a date with Nicole. <laughs> oh. Can we give that away? Is that cool? Uh, <laughs> she sounds like wait, she's wait, all wait, about wait a minute. It. Well, you only get to first base. It's, it's got to be uh, It's got to be better than uh, like Nicole's experience last night. What happened last night? Did you get hit on last night? She's uh, picking up random guys on the street. Yeah, yeah like r- random guys that are like falling over on their bike. <laughs> Drunkenness. You literally picked them up. I literally picked them up because <laughs> right. he fell over on his own. It was actually it was a friend that took care of me when I when I uh, twisted my ankle. I twisted my ankle really bad when I was jogging one day, and I happened to be near a pub near my house. <laughs> right, and, convenient. Uh, these, these guys like carried me down the steps and got me ice and bought my beer and food. And so we were leaving uh, the pub last night, and one of these guys was about to get on his bike and ride home. And I've never seen him this trash. He had this you, you crazy cross-eyed look on his head, in his face, and he couldn't stand up, and he like couldn't finish his thought. Right. So I was like, okay, I got to get this right guy right home. So. So we finally get his bike in my car, and I'm like, Nate, Nate and Gordon go with Tasty coming to the premiere show, the yeah, premiere party. Yeah, so we got so we got a chauffeured ride up to the uh, premiere nice. in, in the Shadowlack. In the Shadowlack, right. much classier the than my car. Official BN Army car. I yes. didn't. I actually didn't know JP rode a bike. 
It's weird. <laughs> yeah, so but I did so, get pretty drunk. So this guy's <laughs> this guy's giving me directions to his I'm like, where do you live? He's like, Oh, you know, over you know, kinda of by I'm like, Yeah, I know that area, what street are you on? He's like, Well <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, Okay. So so we, we turned down the street and it's kinda of dark. I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh-oh. The okay. rural wooded area. Not too many houses down here. Hmm. Now, when then, you say then, it was kind of dark, do you mean like when JP says the street was kind of dark, or like <laughs> the, the light was dark, or like a normal <laughs> feeling you would be? Yeah, like a. It took me a minute to get that. No, like this is dark. Oh. And then and so we uh, so then he's like, oh wait, so right here, make 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 a left. I'm like, you mean down this driveway? He's like, no, no, it's a street. I'm like, oh, okay. Was he whispering. So we so we go down yeah. this. We go. No, actually, he was talking more like us. He's like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so take, go, go, go left. Yeah, here, wow. yes, I'm saying yes. <laughs> Nate, I like that you were like, yeah, we'll see you later. I'm going with Gordon to the, you just leave Basically. Nicole with this drunken yeah. idiot. So so we go down, we start driving down this like really narrow street with like no houses, there's no lights, and we're like, oh, oh my God. And I'm looking over at this guy, he's this crazy look in his eye, just, you know. Wow. Just, he's, he's just hammered, he can't, his one eye is like off to the side. And I'm going, oh my God, how well do I really, how well do I really know this guy? Right. You know. Yeah, something then, Nate should have thought about about an hour <laughs> earlier, but I'm with you. So, so I'm like, okay, well, he's hammered, or maybe he's faking it, but he seems pretty hammered. Wow, now the paranoia sets in. Exactly. Right. Had well, you get- eaten a cookie yesterday, too? <laughs> no, I did not. It was, it was, anyway, we get to this point in the street where you can't go any further. It's like the turnaround point. It's like the last place where you can actually turn your car around. Right. So I'm like... Okay, so I, I stop there, and I like, oh, okay, I'm going to grab my purse while I pull this bike out of my car, unless anything weird happens. And I need to, Why, like, do you have a mace in there or No, because I have my phone and stuff in there. Oh, oh, I atomic bomb in my purse. <laughs> yeah, what's your purse going to do? <laughs> no, it was fine. He was just hammered. Oh, I see. He really appreciated Th- Thank you. Thank you. Thank I'm, you. I'm saying the Asian? I'm saying is, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Here, as a thank you, I bought you this rape whistle. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I built you a house out in this field. Well, it's not really a house; it's a hole. It's yeah. about six feet by four. How tall are you? <laughs> I need to do. I need to build you an add-on. Hold on. Wow. Thanks, JP. You're welcome. All right. Speaking of Nicole and the great job she's doing, you can hit the chat now button on the homepage and into the chat. And also, you know, now and. <coughs> Right now is the time in the show, Nicole, where Bevo usually starts taking off um, some clothes. You know, it gets warm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you know, I just... <laughs> it's kind of hot in here. <laughs> yeah, isn't it warm in here? Yeah. It is really warm. Chad, turn up the heater! <laughs> and so, I just wanted you to know... That I think we should all talk with our shirts off today. What normally happens. <laughs> I think we should all do it. You know. Nate doesn't earn that dock seat until he does a show with his shirt off. My, uh, <laughs> That's an excellent point. It's got to be a DOTW uh, yeah. attempt. I got to drive Gordon yeah. to the airport later, so I can't. Right. I can't do the performance today. Well, but I assure you, rest assured, this summer at some point on one of these shows. Oh, good, <laughs> I, good, good, because I I couldn't. I was like, oh fuck, if he's not going to rest assured, then I don't know if it's really going to happen. <laughs> right? Do you have the same? Thank you, thank you, JP. <laughs> do you have the same hair vest that uh, the doc has? Uh, <laughs> Take your shirt off. I don't know. I don't know if I can compete with Doc, but I'll try. Yeah. Right. Well, it's either take your shirt off or work on someone's mouth. It's right. One of the two ways. Because <laughs> you know, he he's a dentist. Or punch another cast member. I think that in the early <laughs> days he used to. Dude, he would get violent. He just right. come to me. I'm going to punch you. No, fucking leave me alone, dude. No, I'm going to punch you right in the junk right now. Into you. I think I could take my me. shirt off and punch JP. In that order, yes. please. You can if you want. <laughs> but I will hit you back. Right. Tits or no tits. That's true. Damn it. 
All right, uh, let's see. QC Beer Guy uh, wrote in an email uh, to Gordon this week asking, uh, all right, Gordon, as the BJCP prez, he wants to know your thoughts on the new exam program structure. He says... And he wants uh, to see your birth certificate. Yes. He says, the way it reads... Were you really born in this country? It is uh, punishing judging uh, judges like myself that are certified... Uh, but do not have a tasting score of at least 80. So we now have to take two tests to get a national rank, which I think is making it more difficult to become a national judge. The new structure seems to make it harder instead of easier to become a national judge. Your thoughts? Well, we're separating the written exam from the tasting exam, and we're introducing a new introductory exam that should be graded quicker. So for somebody in his situation, if he wanted to retake the traditional exam, he'd still have to take the exam in two pieces. He'd have to take the written exam and the tasting exam both. So, I mean, he's got to take them both anyway. Isn't that, that's how it is, that's how it's always been, right? Well, but they, they, it's always been that, that they were given at the same time. And they'd mm. sort of interrupt you in the middle of writing and say, here, judge this beer. Oh, okay. So we're going to say, here's the writing bit, and you get done, and you get to take a break. And then, you know, there can be a tasting exam. I see. So what if you only do one? And you don't what have if- to do them in the same day. Okay. So if you just do the writing exam, are you incomplete? You cannot be a judge with just one, right? You have to... The, the new introductory exam, right. It, it, it sort of gives you sort of a provisional status, and then you have to go take okay. the... And the tasting exam will determine your rank. Oh, I see. So the, the first one basically just shows that you know some minimum amount about beer, and then you have to prove you can actually judge something. Okay. That sounds fair to me. I did it here. I think it's nice how it's broken up, actually. Well, you've I mean, got having a, to juggle you've got a national those, level tasting hard, score, right? yeah. so you're all, uh, yeah. you're all hooked up anyway. Me? I have a national level score? On the uh, tasting, don't you? Fuck if I know. Oh, I might. So, <laughs> I so, so. is that a proctor yeah. test? Though? I remember being surprised. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if you if I, if I feel the way you felt, then I agree. Right. I'm pretty surprised right now. No, come on. You must not because you would know, JP. You would know. You would cling to that. I if fucking you have no a, idea. Let's look it up right a now. National level tasting. You'd be like, oh yeah, but I have a national level tasting score. Do you think anything <laughs> would give me any credit in this fucking studio at all? Ever? No. 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 But we would fake it. Yeah. For like a second. How do I log in? No, listen to me log in. This is the most exciting part of the show. Uh, you do that. I got more questions. More uh, another listener here? wrote in, um, what, if any, treatments does Gordon do to his water? Um, I use RO water, so I do I do some minimal treatment. Um, it's just, uh, most beers, it's just a little bit of uh, calcium chloride. Okay. You know, unless I'm trying for an English style or something, when I'd add a little bit of calcium sulfate. But with RO water, don't you have to build the entire water back? Well, that's what I'm doing. You are. But I I just think that beer tastes better with less minerals in it. Oh, I see. Doesn't it take forever, too, RO filters? <laughs> I go down to the store and just buy it. <laughs> oh, right. I see. It's instantaneous. How dare you, See, Scott, Scott? Scott the Jew would never do that because you, I don't know if you knew this, but water comes out of the tap. <laughs> right, it's free. <laughs> Hello, I would sit there right for this price eighteen point. hours <laughs> watching it drip out of the RO filter. <laughs> All right, brewing is so hard. It's almost brew day, it's guys. So hard. Nope. Gordon has a pretty cool section in the book. Right? I think it's water, a cautionary tale, is how he you know presents the information about water, and it's in a summary. I would, in having read it. I would think 
he's sort of saying less is more and be really careful with what you do. Okay. And uh, and overdoing it is really easy. All right. Um, okay. I encourage people to go and read it. It's really cool. The other question that came through was uh, that somebody really wants an IPA recipe from Gordon, preferably one with Columbus and Amarillo. Apparently he has a, a, an oversupply of Columbus and Amarillo in his fridge or something. Yeah. Are there recipes in your book? Yeah, there are recipes. I mean, oh, sweet. It, it's, it's, not, it's not a recipe book, but it's I use recipes to illustrate uh, the uh, topics. So I'll talk about uh, technique or uh, some method, and then I'll give a recipe where it, it it's applied. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you find your Did you find your uh, score? Oh, I got to fucking log into my number and my password. I don't know my password for this stupid piece. I can't believe you don't, Gordon. Don't you know JP's password? To the BJCP <laughs> say you can't say it on air. It has something to do with. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know your score, JP. This is one of the right. things I thought for sure you'd be like. Oh yeah, I am a no. big cocks thirty seven or something like that. <laughs> <I think> it's <laughs> that your yeah, world of Let me try that. Big cocks thirty seven. <laughs> Wow, Cox. Yeah, thirty-seven. <laughs> That's my name on my church form. Yeah, there's no. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't see. Uh, I don't see Thanks, an IPA Nate. in here. Okay, but I'll give you one. Two row pale ale. Done. <laughs> pale ale. Just uh, make it bigger. There you go. Uh, all right. Here's another question about BJCP, uh, Gordon. What three things? would you do or i guess maybe would somebody do uh, to prep for the bjcp exam uh i don't know uh you gotta hook me up so three things it's like uh ask ass or grass nobody rides for free <laughs> i see so you gotta pad the uh the president a little bit so i i would say study the style guidelines because there's a lot of there's um a lot of um beer style questions so, and you'll be asked relative to the, uh, the, the guidelines. So study that, um, read all the questions. So you make sure you know how to answer them and make sure that you watch your time because time management's the biggest, uh, problem for most people. So oh. learn how to say the most important things you want to say about every question first yeah. okay. in case you run low on time. It's more important to, uh, answer every question than to answer fewer number of questions really well because people will get partial credit pretty easily all right i have an 81 on my tasting nice so there you go is that national that's a national that's a national national level tasting score master is 90 as a national though 80 really yeah oh yeah yeah I know some shit. I just don't like writing about it. Nate has the uh, master level tasting score. I proctored the exam uh, for the tasting side of it, along with two other judges for the when JP took it. I remember the beers that we did. Yeah, it was a a nice uh, little flight. So JP owes you. Exactly, yeah. We exchanged some inside information there before the exam. No, actually, I had no idea what the hell they were going to be, so there was no way we could have done that. So, and now I forget, I know we've had this conversation before, so if you're 81 on the tasting portion, if you were to retake the written and do better on that, you could easily, that that yeah. would be JP's next, in other yes. words, he That's can't just go that, judge to, to increase his rank, he would still have to go back and do better on the written. Right? Um, I yes. don't know what, are you, are you a recognized or certified? I am recognized, I have 66 points. Oh, uh, okay. So he'd have to go back and yeah. do the written again. Yeah. Even under the new uh, now under the new program, he doesn't have to go back and do the preliminary written test that you've set up, or he does. Um, actually, under the under the new program, when it goes into effect, since he has a higher tasting score, you know he would be a certified judge. How about that, Chip? Win the new when program's helping you. 
He would already so, be certified. Right. So what he's going to so, increase rank as soon as you implement the new rules without right. doing a thing. Right. Nice. So, I like wow. not doing anything. That's pretty good. So he owes both uh, Nate and I. Right. <laughs> so True. he. So under the new rules now, Jip no longer has to go back and redo the written. He now just... Unless he wants to be a national judge. Oh, he would still have to... I right. See. Yeah, because I don't have I don't have that much. Okay, the right. eighty and above. Yeah, so or, uh, on the written too, on the written right? portion. <laughs> yeah, which but, I got a sixty on my written. I don't want to take that written test. Sucks dicks. It did. It's it's hard. It's it hard. Is, it's very. I tough. mean, the, I've, I've, the the question I missed was the the fucking shitty doppelbach. Write a doppelbach recipe and tell me how to no. Read a book if you want to learn about it. I can I'm, picture you doing that, actually, as you're reading it. I can the, hear JP going, answer. no, no. Yeah. I'm not even going to do that. Well, I left it for last because Just that's the last if. thing I studied. And then I'm like, uh, you know me, I'm kind of a dick. I'm like, what? no, fuck that. You know what? I'm not going to sit. I'm never going to sit here and give someone a Doppelbach recipe off the top of my head when I'm judging their beer. Right. There's no way. There's no way in fucking hell. You should have written down the test. This I didn't have a, time. I ran out. This I was is like, a bullshit question. Up. This like, is a bullshit question to begin with. I'm never going to write some score sheet. That's here. You're gonna steal it. The 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 surefire sign of a failed test is when you start writing to the test maker about what you think about their test. Right. Give them a piece of your mind. Yeah. And another thing. Yeah. Here's down. why you're wrong. No. I'm not done. Yeah. Now you didn't write the test. It's difficult did you, test. Gordon, or did you? No, I mean the test. The new, the trying new to test. save no, you from t- JP's wrath. No. no, the test has been around for. I know Gordon. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a collaborative effort by a lot of people. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't focused at. Gordon is just oh. the the, Them, the thing, the man. It was yeah. mainly more Jamil, I think. Really, <laughs> it was all toward Jamil. Yes, yeah, I see. Well, but you have JP. You have no intention of taking the written no, test. No, you felt like no. Uh, I've I don't want to. Do, I, well, I mainly did it because I was giving BJCP competitions and judges shit for so many years. Yeah, that's the only reason I did it. Yeah, yeah. Man up. But right. you, I think, and I, think I, I called you. I think I called you out on one show, and you'd already probably, probably you already probably decided. I was like, "No, I'm going to do it. Fuck it." And yeah. so I did it. And yeah. then uh, that was cool that you now did I can it. talk shit because right. you know right. it's like uh, if you're black and use the n word, I can do <laughs> that shit all fucking day now. You bro. can use the BJCP <laughs> word now. Yeah, yeah. the B word. Um, and and also, I, it seems like you feel that you did well on the part that that matters to you. Also, which yeah, is the, the tasting mattered more than than the written because I know all the hop. I mean, I know all the hop stuff, but I you know I don't know how to write it down in a paragraph where someone can read it and get all the information right away. I feel you're just jumping through hoops there. Yeah. That's like, it doesn't matter. That me. requires right. the English language. Which right. Is I don't want to read it. Right. I, you know, I'd just rather beat my head on a paper and turn it in. Than anything. <laughs> yeah. We need to give JP a microphone and let him dictate the answers. You might do a lot better just dis- verbally discussing them or something. Yeah. I was, right. I thought you were, I think you're right, but I thought you were going for, we need to have him take the written test again and give, a microphone just so we can hear him <laughs> complain all the way through the do written it. test. I'll do it. I'll do it right now. Fucking hop question. I hate this question. <laughs> it's a fucking shitty question. And the malt, like explaining me the process of malting. No, see, because to me, to me, you're trying to fucking judge beer. You're not. You're not. What, what does? Okay, so I'm tasting. I'm tasting this Janet's Brown, right? And I'm going. Oh, okay. Well, it seems to me that the maltster. Um, really harvested and and kind of roasted more in like an early part of spring instead of like a latter part. So it's really not a p- problem with the fucking brewer. It's right. really more the maltster. Suck a dick. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Google it. I'm not answering this for you. Right. The fucking test should be tasting more than that. Well, but than anything. Can, it should. It should be eighty percent tasting. Because I know can, people who are smart and know beer shit, right. but they can't fucking tell between uh you know bottled water and a fucking beer. But they don't you know can, shit. You can see what they're. It's it, you can see what they're going for. Right. It's like. 
like when no. you <laughs> like when you have to take general ed before you're allowed to take applied physics, right? You have to know where things come from before you but can. Not in this because because yeah. it, to to for, for your thing, right? You will need the general ed stuff to use your applied <laughs> physics. You won't need to know how how grain is malted to judge beer and tell me if it's to style or not. You just won't. Yeah, I, I my per- personal uh, I think you're probably opinion. Right. Not to say that you shouldn't have it on the test, what? but the tasting should be more than the written. All right. Maybe you should try the Cicerone program. I don't have the money. <laughs> I'm real poor. Yeah, they'll so, take anybody. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, they will take anybody. They're a sponsor. Maybe I can get you a freebie. If you can yeah. get me a freebie, I'll take, I'll take the shit out of that. I'll be master of Cicerone before anybody can blink an eye. All right. I w- I'll work on a freebie <laughs> only if we can mic you up for the whole oh, dude. situation. <laughs> Easy. And Th- that I- should be your new reality TV show. Oh, it'd be like, great. Make JP take all these tests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like them. that guy. Have you seen the, the travel channel thing <laughs> exactly. right now? Yeah. The, uh, uh, fucking idiot, idiot abroad. abroad. Yeah. Idiot abroad. Yeah. yeah. You're like yeah. our, you're our test taker. <laughs> like, but angry, I'm not abroad. You're an angry test taker. Uh, all every beer because t- there's another certification program too, right? There's another beer judge thing, I think. No, really? no. beer drink of the year. Our chef that we just talked to on one of the shows was uh, certified with this other beer judging. Oh, thing. I don't know about that. He was it, just making. It we're, gonna, uh, we're gonna have to go uh, whack them <laughs> to kill them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, any beer test we can find, this would be fantastic. Just Mike. Also, I want Ray to be the one administering the oh, test in man. this case, the whole, so that he can, we, can argue back and forth true. with you. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, now, see, now people are feeding me shit. <laughs> Like well, they should test on take the test on tasting and how well you fill a score sheet. Like I've I've gotten score sheets from nationals yeah. judges where it's one sentence. I will fucking come and paper cut the shit out of your mom in front of you if you ever give me a one sentence description of my beer ever again. You can suck a dick. Flavor section tastes pretty good. Oh, sorry, so hang on. That, that makes me so mad. It's so irritating. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, the BJCP should hire you to go like kick ass of people. Dude, they, I know. They fill out a crappy score. Oh, I know, and you've seen it too. JP's going to show up at dun, your house, dun, dun, and paper cut dun, your mom dun, with your dun, shitty dun, score dun, sheet. Dun, dun, I want to email these idiots too. Like uh, my friend David, he got some <laughs> shitty score sheets back, and it's like, what do you? Who you would even write this? Right. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check national, give you my email address, and then wipe with this and hand it back to you. It's really what you're doing. Fill it out. Fill it out. Yeah. But I love the BGCP. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's good. Is it only, um, you know, no offense, is it only certified judges that don't write comments, or is it like a high-ranking judges that don't write comments? Uh, I've seen seen a lot of it. It, It It's it's more of like um, the the non-ranked. Yeah. It's between in between non ranked oh. and national, and it's like, like non BGCP right. judges. Some of those are some of the worst Dude, shits ever. Like, why, why are you even here? Free beer. If, right, if yeah. I had to pay the money and do the thing and sit and study, why are you here giving me the same fee? I got a sheet the other day from the first round at nationals that said it had something in the tasting section was like taste defective. What? Okay, <laughs> help a brother yeah. out. And that, and there was nothing. Else. Maybe he's saying his tongue doesn't work. Nothing beyond that. It's just that was one of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, he yeah. being self-critical. <laughs> or there was written on the sheet, "sample served too cold," as if I could right. do anything about that. Ah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's hey, my favorite that one. Is good. Hey, cool this beer down. Send it warm. What was I supposed to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> if you duct tape the Johnson Control to your body, uh, right? That's right. <laughs> oh, I love uh, that credit. See, I would love that. I would want to call and be friends with that guy just to go. Come on, buddy. Are you serious right now? 
Uh, Twelve bucks and you gave me this wonderful. Be- you know, <laughs> right, it was dude. it was almost perfect, but you just served it a little too cold. Yeah. Right there, right there in the flavor section. Served glass too, too hard. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> glass too hard. <laughs> um, Dave Howe's got a couple score sheets back, and uh, these assholes uh, took points away for um, low fill. Uh, no. What? And you're, and, no, and you're not that's, supposed that's, to do yeah, it, and they fucking to took that. points from him. And it's like, okay, you're you're certified. You know better than that. Dude. Well, I've, I've had people, you know, you because of, because of my uh, bottling yeah. technique, you know, I tend to have high fill because, yeah. you know, the beer's already carbonated. Right, you so, don't need, right. Right, and I'm just trying to keep oxygen out of it. So, you know, I get I get these score sheets back and say, well, it's a high fill, so obviously your beer couldn't be carbonated because a beer can't carbonate, you know, with no headspace. Wow. <laughs> now, this is one of those things that... <laughs> right, that, right. I mean, really? This is one of those things about... Uh, I don't know if it was the same show, but the, the Jamil Meltdown, it maybe was the same show, uh, but he's done a thing about judging, which I, st- I stand by him 100%. And, and one of the things he said was, I, I really don't like it when judges try to predict your brewing process. Yes. Right. Because you just can't. Yep. Don't tell yep. me, oh, you should have used less of this or maybe you shouldn't have done that uh, because you don't They're know wrong. my process. They're wrong a lot of the time. The yeah. program is yeah. really good about t- warning people not to do that. Oh, it saying, is? Okay. If, if you make comments along those lines, make sure to make them... They're in, qualified. Right. Uh, I see. If you use this malt, you might want to consider backing down or something along those lines instead but, of saying, like, you did this wrong. Instead of that sort of thing. Okay. Well, that's the program. But, like, yeah. for instance, in this year's national competition, I know there's a lot of people we're judging that really have no no BJCP ranking right. hardly at all. They have nothing to do with the BJCP. They're right. just, like, mooks off the street. Yeah, because so the, so the number of entries is stressing the, the quality of the judging a lot, I think. With 750 entries in yeah. every region. Yeah, yeah. 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 some yeah. regions are even worse than others. It's well, hard. Like, you know, I, and I put it to anybody, if you, if you aren't in the BJCP, and you're bitching about it, then do something about it. Right. Yeah. Yes, please join. Although now you're in the BJCP and bitching about it. Well, I've 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 judged two competitions since then. Oh, you have? Yeah, a uh, long shot for half a day, and the Morbier Comp for half a day. Right. <laughs> the one you had to do anyway. Which I fully yeah. encourage. By the way, JP wrote me a great score from Long Shot. Did so I really? I hope you continue oh, yeah. to judge as much as possible. <laughs> did I really? Yeah, you did. Dude, some dude sent me a thing. He goes, "My favorite feedback: tweak your recipe, and you'll really nail it." That's good. That's good feedback. Tweak it. What does that even just mean? Sort of, yeah. Just sort of tweak it with your but, finger. Yeah, right. You know. But it goes along with what Jay's saying about Jamil. It's like, you, you, when you're judging, you can't predict that shit, dude. You cannot tell them, right. well, you've added too much uh, this. It's not even that in there. I mean, there might be some things that you can pick out, like if it's in sure. the spice beer category and they put too much Chipotle in the beer, <laughs> go ahead and comment on it, right? <laughs> right. But if they're going to say something like, you know, your water to grain ratio really was not what it should have been for this beer it's just a retarded uh, thing right to, to and try i guess to I mean, the point is you know it's if you see the lower the lower rank judges like myself um and the and the comments are weird then don't you know don't put too much weight in don't beat yourself about it uh-huh. you know go for those the nationals are higher man or or, or you know take it or to learn to judge your own beer and then you don't have to send it in well, for comments right then you can do that but but you know not yeah just don't don't take everything so you know i know a lot of right. people live by the bgcp stuff and it helps a lot but People need practice. You know, it'll take time. I think saying something like, you know, tweak your beer a little bit, it'll be, you'll nail it. That's that's kind of a nice way of saying, like, 
You fuck your, your, your beer, your beer is really, really good. But there's something not quite right. You know? Except for it should be different. Well, it is <laughs> a nice way of saying that, but that's not what you're looking for on your judging sheets, though. Uh, you can get that. I don't mean you neighbor. have to insult. I'm not saying you want someone to be mean to you, but you're really looking for constructive Tweet criticism, not being polite. <laughs> some, yeah, but some people want you know want to hear something. Po- I mean, you should judges should always write, find something positive to say about the beer. And it should be a uh, it should be a criticism sandwich. <laughs> it should be a criticism sandwich. Yeah. That, that's kind of that's kind of the bread of that sandwich. Let's try it. overall impressions. Let's try a criti- I'm going to give you an example of a, a criticism sandwich right now, and of course, I'm going to use JP. <laughs> Do Good. it. You should. All right, JP. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I really feel like buying a Ford because you are so handsome right. and eloquent. Right. Um, for a douche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. but. But, but, man, that script they gave you was awful. But you really made that girl next to you look even hotter because you're not hot. That is now, am I right? Is that a good like criticism sandwich that you could put on a judging sheet? Wait, wait. I don't know about that. JP's firing that off not? an angry letter. Dear yeah. sirs, he's writing that to I'm me right now. Tendering that resignation right now. <laughs> no, keep going. I'm almost done. To whom it may concern at the Brewing Network, right. I fucking Feedback hate you. At thebrewingnetwork.com. Yeah. I have a I hope show this idea. Letter finds you in good health. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I think I have a uh, drunk of the week call already from Australia. Oh, he, I told him. Uh, oh, he's gone. Oh, it's, it's a good thing he called his phone's number. upside down. He was going to be on hold for a while. Nice job, so. Nicole. Well, the blood's rushing. He's brewing in a bag right now. He'll be back later. Uh, are the tasting and written scores differentiated from Hanky Spanky in the chat room? What does that mean? They're two different scores. I guess what he's asking, right? I think. He, I yes. think what he's trying to get at is he wants to know, you know, how the scores compile together. You know, oh, like, so so. So you obviously, obviously, the, the exams are getting graded separately, but the 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 written score is weighed more than the tasting score, right? And what is the? Do they combine for a minimum score that allows you to be certified, or is it one or the other? It's combine. You combine them; they're weighted. Okay. You, the combined score dictates what ranks you can achieve. So. Jipper got a 61 uh, on the written. Yep. Had he gotten a 40, 60. is he still recognized? No. No. What's Good. the minimum there? Uh, combined score is 60, so it's 70% written, 30% tasting. I see. Okay. So, yeah. But that's fine. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. You passed. I and did. You, and, I you did got, pass. and you got a really good uh, tasting score, so... And I I'm, think I'm it was I it. think it was Gordon that even got you your scores in general. Actually, both, you know, actually it was both your grader how... was a ju- was a listener, You're right? And Gordon was like, "I will call the grader and make so we can stop listening to JP every week." <laughs> yeah, bash us. Where's my score? <laughs> <laughs> but you did get it. You got expedited, man. Yeah, uh, fast tracked because you're an important person. Yeah, a very important person. I'm a, That's a VIP. I want to be a JIP. What's that? I don't know. Figured her out. I don't know. You you figure that yeah. out. All right. I have some business to take care of. I think. You gotta take a shit. Uh-huh. Oh, poop humor. All Doppelbach diet. <laughs> you don't know these by heart now, man. I don't. But I'm thinking we should have. We're kind of getting on this thing about having our guests do it. We could either have Nicole do mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. or Gordon do Adam and Eve. Mm-mm. 
I don't have a goal to that. <laughs> I, like my, Nicole, I like producer uh, feedback. Uh, what? Nicole. I'm thinking Nicole too. Uh, all right, you want? Can you do Adam and Eve for us? Read the copy. Except um, replace the word Jamil with BN Army because the code for this one is BN Army. And also hold the uh, cock popper in the other hand while you're doing it, please. Right. Maybe you want to. You know how sometimes you follow along with your really? finger? I have to read yeah. this. Yes. Could you please trace the letters with the wiener? You know, look, look. I, it, user, this is a little. Throatiest voice. It's a little weird. I, I, I got to object. I don't. Um, are, you not, are you not comfortable? Is it chauvinist? Yeah. No, it's. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, well, not really. It's. Well. I don't know, how about this? Uh, Nate, could you leave the room while she does it? <laughs> That's true. That would make me feel a little bit better about having a boner. Uh, that, you know, I think that JP makes a lot of sense. The table's a little high, and there's computers in the way. So right, I would yeah, yeah, put a towel over that thing. <laughs> then again, it may be just towering, and it, it's uh, going to take over the whole room. So. JP, what if we just make Nate Hasn't stand in the so corner? Far. What if he just stands yeah, facing like, the end scene of Blair Witch and he just hangs? Oh, wow. <laughs> just look the other way and <laughs> you're being punished. I'll just, no, 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 no. I'll, just, I'll just act really drunk. I think that she is attracted to that. So <laughs> Fall off your bike. Yeah, You might get a ride home. Yeah. Right. Hey. That's probably why Nate went with drunk Jordan of the week to the, callers. the thing. He's like, He's fuck like, you, bitch. I'm out of here. You uh, give him a ride home? Again? I get all gangster on her. All right, Nicole. Go ahead, please. Fellas, are you? <laughs> Sounds right. like a trainee trying to get a fucking DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay, let's try this again. Yeah. On the top. Fellas, are you trying to spice things up <laughs> in the bedroom? That's Been fantasizing about surprising your wait, lover. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> if I wanted Stop. a drill sergeant, I would have given it to Gordon. Yeah, or Arlie Ermy. <laughs> yeah. All right, how about j- just normal? Normal voice. Okay. Yeah, like you're normal. sitting on the end of, end of the bed in your lingerie. Like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, normal. normal. Like you do every day. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Tasty. There we go. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Mm -hmm. Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with adventurous new toy or something? Yes! I like laughers. This is good. Yes, yes. Laughers turn me on. Keep laughing. I can picture Nate and Nicole in the bedroom right now. Poor Nate. He's like, could you really just be naughty for a second? Give me five minutes without laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck it. Turn around. Yeah. I'll put my clothes back on. <laughs> it's good enough. Nate's the one that's, that's ticklish. Whoa. Oh, wow. Inside info. Right, we don't I'm, like, I'm like, hey. Ball tickle. <laughs> she's taking it out on Nate. I like this. We're, yeah. we're getting away with everything. God, your prostate is so ticklish. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. Carry on. Bevo, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go to adamandeve.com for a limited time offer. You'll only get... You're, I can't do it. You can't read either. <laughs> Just read it normal. Read it like you're reading the fucking newspaper. For a limited time, you only you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs that are personally approved by JP. All right, li- all right, stop, stop there. Now I want you to give it to JP, and I want JP to read as Nicole. For the remainder of the ad. As we want Nicole to read or as Nicole's reading right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm, Don't forget that I'm question, holding a hard wooden object. Oh, yeah, you gotta take, you have to hold the wiener. No, 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 no. I, I hold oh, the here, wiener. I'll, I'll hold a different one. <laughs> as, do. do it as you would like Nicole to read it to you, JP. If you would, please. 
I gotta find that part in me, though. I gotta find it. You do. Yeah, you, have find, you have to find. You have to find your what's muse. What's my motivation? Yeah. <laughs> uh, your motivation is your good friend Nate yeah. is having a hard time getting a boner yeah. because Nicole's all giggly all the time. Right. That's your motivation. You're trying to help out brother Nate. All right. Give him, give Nate a boner. That's your motivation. <laughs> That's your, this is your motivation. I can do that. Nate, how would you like a free copy of my book? <laughs> give Nate a boner. Brew porn, brew porn. All right, do it. All right. Uh, where did you leave off, Nicole? Can you show me again? Um, it was right about... Uh, <laughs> Just pointing it out with the wiener. It's right about here. Right. Right DVDs. In there, right in that third paragraph there. You got some schmeg on it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, give Nate a boner. Plus, if we gave it your gifts, I've said you all we can't mention on the air. <laughs> and they drop it all off while you've been throwing free shipping on your tire order. And no, we're not. <laughs> so check out every email come today for the special offer. Give 50% off one item with seven. Be an army. Be an army. Be an army. <laughs> for the offer, go to my checkout. When you do, you'll get three DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use the offer code, beanarmy.com, and I'm All right, very good. Go to adameve.com, enter coupon code B-N-A-R-M-Y, B-N-Army. You can get uh, 50% off shipping, uh, free DVDs, yeah. three of them, and uh, a free gift. Check it out. All right, Nate, stand up and see how good I did. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see the boner, just, You'll just have to the, imagine that bony. one. Bony time. <laughs> That was really yeah. impressive, JP. I don't think you took a breath the whole time. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was awful. I sounded more like a fucking it. WWF wrestler. Yes. Did a little bit. Yeah. You know, one thing he did to me, he slapped me in the face in front of Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> but I did you my pour Gordon any of those beers? Let's pour Gordon yeah, his beers. He's got his first one in front of him. Is that what this thing is? Really? It's yes. Almost nine o'clock. Did you taste it at all? Um, Which one did you get in there? This is the Ass Brewery. Ass Brewery. A-A-S-S. Uh, that's a traditional Bach. Think about that for a second, Gordon. I got to do another uh, 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 ad anyway. So think about that. You're, you're drinking a traditional Bach. So that's your, uh, that's your, your, your guideline. I'd rather think of traditional box. You know, if you're brewing and... I agreed. If you're brewing and uh, reading the new book from Gordon Strong, which is Brewing Better Beer, uh, you know, one thing that could help you brew better beer is some good brewing software, which, of course, is available over at Beersmith.com. So here's what I recommend. I recommend buying Gordon Strong's uh, book through our store. And then for the first 21 days that you own it, you can get a free trial from Beersmith.com. You can go play around with the recipes. Uh, you can get to learn your process that way. There are over 300 recipes available on the Beersmith uh, uh, website. You can convert recipes automatically from all grain to extract, uh, or in this case, if you're using Gordon's book, from extract to all grain. Ooh. So you can get right to it. Uh, there's a Beersmith blog, you know, which has uh, you know nearly 100 detailed articles on brewing. Plus, they have a new book out too. Uh, so check out your Beersmith software, free 21-day trial. Use it along with the book. I think it'll help you out. And um, I'm pretty sure that you're going to agree with me that it's it's rad software, but you don't have to take my word for it. Just get your free trial. But uh, it, it's it's good stuff. I use it all the time. And by all the time, I mean once a year when I brew. Uh, okay. Take the guesswork out of brewing with Beersmith. I would. And finally, you know, I'm going to Ohio uh, in May. On purpose, <clears throat> even. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. To, I'm going to Cleveland. And, I'm going to be uh, there next weekend. Oh, you are? Yeah. What are you doing out there? Judging, judging at this uh, International Beer Festival thing. Oh, right. Wait, isn't that what I'm going to? 
You're ju- they're doing the judging now and then the festival later? Probably. In May? Oh, it's almost May, though, or, isn't or it? Maybe they told this you. This makes a lot of sense. Maybe they didn't tell you the real date. That's <laughs> probably, uh, you you're probably accurate. Yeah, it's like the guy that uh, Nicole accurate. gave a ride to. They sure <laughs> as hell don't invite me for judging. I'll tell you that right now. There's only one entity ever who has invited me for judging, and, and that happened once. It was Celebrator uh, Beer News. You know how they do the, um, they, okay. they, they judge beers every, every issue, and they said, yeah, why don't you come down and do that? Uh, but they're not real. Not that they don't do a real tasting of all the beers, but it's not like BJCP or anything. Nobody else will invite me for judging, <laughs> which I'm, t- I'm not complaining about that. F all that noise. I don't uh, know what you guys do that for. It's too much work. <laughs> it's retarded. It's a lot of work. Anyway, I'm going to Cleveland uh, to the IX uh, Beer Fest, IX Center. I have it here somewhere. Where am I going? <clears throat> hmm. Here we go. Cleveland, Ohio. I'm going to the IX Center May 13th and 14th. Jamil's going to be there doing the Bruce Strong show along with John Palmer. Uh, they're going to be doing that on May 13th, a live broadcast of Bruce Strong. Uh, Moscow and I will be there May 14th. Jamil is presenting the awards during the awards cer- ceremony from 2 to 3.30 along with Draft Magazine. Uh, and then Jamil is hosting a VIP uh, JP's favorite experience. Uh, I, I do actually really enjoy the way they did that. It's for an hour. They're doing that there. Anyway, you'll find like 800 beers from 200 breweries all under one roof. Uh, there's three sessions, and uh, it's supposed to be the largest showcase of uh, beers in the Midwest. That is so, pretty cool. That's a good time, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, come see us out in Cleveland, Ohio, May 13th and 14th. I get that right? It's Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget these things. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland's on the East Coast, right? Cleveland is, uh, it's actually more like towards Canada. Oh, got it. Yeah. Sort of. So it's on the West Coast. Right. Near, right. Near Hawaii. But like up. Yeah. Up. It's like on top of Hawaii. Right. Like just above Hawaii. <laughs> right. That's cool. I hear they have warm weather there. Well, it's fun, man. It's fun. <clears throat> All right. So that'll be good. So, uh,. Here's something that JP can make fun of since we've been picking on him all show. I thought it'd be fun if we played Moscow's new announcements. Uh Moscow is now doing the announcements for us. He's going to pre-record them um, so that we can get them done quickly and easily. Plus, it allows us to sit around and do nothing for a couple minutes while Moscow... Uh, does the announcements. Yeah, so from now on, send your announcements to uh, to me, Scott at the Brewing Network. Yeah, and he is being serious about it. Send Scott at the Brewing Network.com. Uh, Chad's going to help him send uh, announcements his way, too. Um, but so, uh, what I want you to do while you listen to Moscow's announcements is remember uh, JP's commercial. And then after you listen to Moscow's announcements, I want you to go back and watch our Ford commercial. And I bet you like it a lot better. I bet you I find would. JP's read uh, to be uh, well, I did all right. Pretty fucking good. How well, dare you? After listening, sir. after listening to Moscow's announcements, which are brought you today by Twenty First Amendment Brewery. That's right, cans. Speaking of cans, Nicole, did I mention that right now is the sh- part of the show? No, no, oh, like a half an hour ago is the oh. part of the show. Yeah. All right, here is Moscow's just, announcements brought yep, to you, you by the Two and A. I saw Belly. You yep. have announcements for us today. I do. On May 15th, the High Street Grill in Mount Holly, New Jersey, is holding their 2011 Spring Home Brew Contest. Every brewer needs to fill out an entry form, which can be found at their website, highstreetgrill.net. Mail, bring it in, or fax it to them by May 7th. 
$25 includes entry, buffet lunch, and two drink tickets as well as the tasting of all the home brews. For more information, contact John at 609-265-9199. The Brewfest Homebrew Competition will take place May 14th in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at the Mount Hope Estate. It will give home brewers the chance to show off their brews among a festival of professional breweries. This competition is AHA sanctioned and will follow the 2008 BJCP style guidelines. The Best of Show Award will give home brewers the chance to work with a professional brewer to make a batch of their winning recipe for sampling at the 2012 Brewfest. This honor also makes their brew eligible for entry into the GABF Pro-Am competition. It's $5 per entry. Contact Teresa Santini at 717-665-7021 for more info. BYOB TV sponsor Pilsner Urkel is challenging U.S. homebrewers to take their shot at brewing a Czech-style Pilsner with a chance to win a trip to Pilsen in the Czech Republic. The Master Homebrewer competitions will take place in New York, Washington, D.C., and Chicago this August. Contestants will need to bring along three 10- to 14-ounce bottles of their homebrew. The judges will sample each beer and select winners based on accuracy to style, cleanliness, and artistic impression. Pilsner Urkel is limiting the competition in each city to the first 50 home brewers who reserve a spot by emailing their name, phone number, and competition city to pilsnerurkelusa at gmail.com. Pilsner Urkel will follow up directly with the contestants to share the exact time and location of the competition. For more information and official rules, check out facebook.com slash pilsnerurkelusa. Got three bottles of a great-tasting homebrew sitting around? The Puget Sound Pro-Am is accepting entries, which is three 10- to 12-ounce bottles, $6 per entry, from now until April 26th, so it's just a couple days away. Entries must be registered in advance through a link on the competition website, which is bewbc.org slash pro-am. The Puget Sound Pro-Am is an AHA BJCP-sanctioned competition aimed at providing award-winning homebrew recipes to be brewed by Puget Sound breweries with the goal of capturing a medal from the Great American Beer Festival's Pro-Am competition. They also want judges, so if you are interested in judging, stewarding, or helping with event execution, please register online at the website or contact Mark Emily, that's E-M-I-L-E-Y at earthlink.net. Again, this one's just a couple days away, so get on it. The AHA Big Brew is coming up. It's a celebration of National Homebrew Day, Saturday, May 7th. Each year, homebrewers from around the world invite family and friends to their brewing site on the first Saturday of May to celebrate this great holiday. You are welcome to brew on site, and there are games, beer tastings, and entertainment for the whole family. There are sites all around the U.S., so check homebrewersassociation.org for the one nearest you. And there you go. That's your uh, announcements brought to you by Scott the Jew and 21st Amendment Brewery at 563 2nd Street, just two blocks from Giants Park. That's right, cans. And also, I hear that there are great deals inside this week's announcements. <laughs> oh, sorry. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, really? I thought, I thought it was a big improvement over the, uh, the no, CBC one. It was 100% improvement. Thank you. But it, it still sucked. <laughs> yeah, it'll get... Now, listen... <laughs> It was fine. I did, JP. What was the feedback about the uh, the background 50s music? Jazz or something? Um, it's actually jazz I, F from plus. F, I actually picture Moscow sitting around listening to that shit like all week long. 
He's like, oh, put that on again, sweetheart. It's I like really you like that You want to put on your one. smoking jacket and go hang out with Hef. See, this is what happens when <laughs> I hang out in a room full of people who dig uh, 80s butt rock, and they don't like good jazz, which, by the way, that jazz is like three years old. Well, it's, um, it's, look, it's new jazz. Let me clarify that. It's not like you don't like jazz. But and today's announcements are brought to you by the 21st Amendment. Right? It's just that it's real. See sleepy. that chick start screaming? Actually, gloves wants you to scat now. And I don't think he means like poop. Coming to the IX Center in Cleveland, Ohio, the Brewing Network, rocking you some Bruce Strong. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Maybe parts of Monday. We don't really know for sure. I just I figured that uh, since they were used to listeners are used to five years of uh, stoner shat and they smoke two joints, so I figured I would keep it keep the sort of mellow with vibe some acid oil. jazz, with some jazz. Oh. Yes, obviously I had the wrong idea and I should have done like a, a, a quiet riot in the background. <laughs> Enter now! The Midwest Brewing Competition is going to make you a superstar! That's right, entry deadline is April 13th! That's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> right, Tasty? That's what we want, for sure. Know your target. Sunday! Already. Sunday! Sunday! There we go. There you go. Yeah, I wish I had you on my sheet. Yeah! <laughs> Alright, anyway, keep working on it, Moscow. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> it's, at least we're getting them done. Yeah, make it your own. Own it. Don't make it chance. Make it yours. Oh, boy. If he did it to this one, this is probably too much. <laughs> He'd have to do it in his in his special voice. And now. This makes me want to get on my $1 bill. Hi, guys. It's Moscow from the Brewing Network, and I am back with your announcements this week. They First- make you want to jump. That's right. First up, we've got the International Beer Festival in Cleveland, Ohio! <laughs> Which is the Japanese word for hello. <laughs> you sound like a gayer Richard Simmons. <laughs> yeah. I like a, a more coked up gayer Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons-er. <laughs> you know, the NHC is just around the corner. <laughs> this is what I want from you. Should I do it over a bed of like a Hava Nagila or some sort of traditional Jewish? Over a bed of roses. I want to put some spandex on that? and work out right now. How about you guys? Is Hava one word? Uh, uh, H-A- uh, no, it's Hava Nagila. I think it's two words. Hav- I think you Hava, should know. H-A-V-A, Hava. And oh, so then- Hava's one word. Okay. That's right. Yeah. And then Nagila, I think. Let me see if I can find anything that. there. I know. We're going to practice. Check YouTube. You'll probably find something there. Uh, no, no. Oh, I have a Hava Nagila medley. Yeah. There you go. That's got to be good, right? It yeah. should be It should be to the four local theme uh, is what it should be. <laughs> That's a good idea. I have Dick Dale playing Hava Nagila. <laughs> you do? Wow. Is this Hava Nagila? No, what is this? see, this doesn't sound Jewy enough. Yeah, that's... Well, here, how about if I pay you a dollar to hear it? Is oh, here we go. Hava Nagila by here. the Latkas. Ah, there we go. By the Latkas. Is that the Dick Dale version? It is. It's the lowest fi you can get. Yeah, Played right. over the radio via an iPhone. <laughs> external speaker. Oh, the Latkas are real serious about their Hava Nagila. Yeah, they're Oh, yeah, this is what you should do your announcements to. Coming to the IX Center in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But softer and farther away from the mic. <laughs> right. 
coming to the IHEC Center. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nicole. Now you're getting it, Mosh. That's going to be perfect. Okay. All right. See, I'm learning. It's a learning process. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Gordon needs to lift me up on a chair. Actually, uh, I, I'm sorry, Ringler. this is your new bed. Uh, next week, I expect this to be. I, I tell you, Scotty, you doing the announcements is a mitzvah. <laughs> Mom, I'm so mad at you. I knew those dildo commercials wouldn't last. Now you're really bringing it home, son. This is beautiful. This is way too cathartic for me. Can we move on? <laughs> hey, it's free uh, therapy, man. That's right. <laughs> Leave me. Take it. Uh, all right. What else did I have to do? Did I have a phone call or something? There's, there's a guy on hold. <laughs> Who is it? Half hour ago. I couldn't tell. What are you, Bevo now? <laughs> I don't know. I was, playing, I was playing uh, fucking Angry Birds on my iPhone. I was kind of busy freezing. over here with this. <laughs> busy with the wiener bottle opener. Hey, caller, who are we talking to? Hey, Justin, San Diego Matt. What's happening, brother? San Diego Matt. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How are your dogs? What's the fuck, dude? Are, are we going D-O-2-W or what? Yeah, let's do this shit. Dude, is, didn't he have some fucked up shit with his dogs? And his I think he had a divorce like and that? and dogs. Hey. and. I mean, not to bring that shit up, but... But you did. And I thank you for it. Ooh, what if I can get... Uh, what <laughs> if I... To, oh, uh, no, to the SoCal Fest? No, he's not coming. Me? You're busy next weekend? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm busy doing some fuck. shit, man. I got... Uh, Things. Uh, I got some yeah, stuff. Touch you. you want to touch me? He's got a. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch you. <laughs> JP has a pot commercial. He's got a film. Well, That's the other thing they wanted us to go to the tattoo expo and get tattoos on the air. You should do that. I don't know if I want to. I won't make fun of you for that. I will totally. Yeah, yeah. rock and roll. Right. Is what that is. Right. <laughs> Until after you Didn't do it, pass the straight face. Yeah, wait, let, me, let me put my hand behind. Me. I promise not to make fun of you if you go get it. I'll tell you how great the tattoo is. If you let's brainstorm ideas, Tramp JP. Stamp. JP will give me all these ideas for his tattoo, and I'll go. Oh yeah, those are fantastic. Good idea. I love the chicken. I've had a couple of great Danes to get tattooed on his body. Yeah, see? I don't know any Danish people. Yeah. <laughs> All right, San Diego, Matt, are you going to the SoCal Fest next week? I will. I'll be the fucker that talks to you about the Volkswagen buses again. Yeah. Isn't that everybody I'm, in SoCal? I'm, I'm driving. <laughs> I'm bringing my bus down, man. I want to see it. Where are you camping? Like right by the fucking gate again? I'm not fucking telling you where I'm camping. What are you, nuts? <laughs> That's crazy. I'm going to hang out with you all weekend. I'm, I'm camping in the I the I platform or whatever it's called. Oh, good! I'm real far away. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's fine. I'm on the Z platform. Yeah. I'm I'm camping at the Holiday I, Inn uh, down at the bottom of the I road. Can, I I will sneak up on you and I will fart in your general direction. <laughs> no, I'll be happy to talk VWs. You, uh, we'll, I'll be there all weekend. So no, give no. us your drunk of the week uh, medal. I mean, all right, uh, it's resume. Whatever. So I had a. I'll be drinking. I had a new I had a new beer tonight. It's called Victory Donnie Brook. Apparently it's like a fucking Dennis clone. Kind of right. sucked. Whatever. Just tell us what you drank. <laughs> I had an Allagash Odyssey. I had a Sierra Pale. Oh, I had a Union Jack. I had three Port Mongos. <laughs> I had a Bridgeport Cafe Negro. I had Easy with a chocolate. <laughs> Come on. All right. They're all brown and yellow. No black. Come on. I'm so glad then. you corrected, JP. <laughs> <laughs> right, what else? <laughs> Me too. And I had a chocolate Yeti and two Schwarzbier homebrews. 
That's a lot of beer, man. When did you start? Three mangoes, really? Really? (laughs) Oh, Nicole's calling bullshit on you. Yeah. Oh. Did you have three mangoes? Who lives in San Diego? No, you guys can't get mango every fucking day you want. Bring it. Okay, maybe just tell us. What the fuck is a mango? It's probably some imperial bullshit. It's It's named after Kitty. Yeah, it's a big IPA. You would love it, JP. Yeah, it sounds real good. Yeah. Oh, here's another big IPA because we're a brewery in fucking San Diego. How original is that? It's named after a kitty. It's named after after a cat because there's Simcoe in it. Well, that's cool. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to open a brewery. What are you going to do? A really bigger IPA. Oh, awesome. That'll set you apart from the crowd. Right. Well, he had three of them. But, Matt, you're doing a good job. (laughs) All right, Matt. Yeah. Hey, I'm not fucking done. God damn. Oh, shit. Aggro. <laughs> I'm sorry. Write your own deal, bro. What, what's next? <laughs> yeah, what else you got? I had I had three 10-ounce homebrew short spears. Well, I'm glad we waited to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. That's JJ, are you coming to fucking AC? I'm going to cut you. <laughs> You could do it to this Moscow. I really want you to do it to Havana Gila, though. This is Gup. This Gordon, I know, is a Van Halen guy. Not Van Hagar. Oh, I don't like, no. Pilsner Cal holding a competition for U.S. based homebrewers. There you go. Be there. Now, we totally make fun of you for that, too. Yeah. You can't win. I can't win. Yeah, don't worry about it. All right. Anything else, Matt? Hi, guys. Anything else? No, that's all I fucking doing. I miss my dog still. Good night, guys. Uh, did you? Why don't you get another dog? Well, Matt, you know all Matt? dogs. All dogs go to heaven. It's fine. Matt. I, oh, he's still there. I have a. I have another dog. Oh. I just still miss my other one. Yeah, I hear you, man. Well, it makes you feel, no, never mind. Take it easy. Tasty's gonna start crying in a second. Don't. <laughs> yeah, really. Hey, bring it. <laughs> don't tell me a sad story. Hey, bring it. Bring the biscuit to Ojai. I want to see her. Oh. Uh, I really want to bring the biscuit to Ojai. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? I just but, so, but, with, but, your, with but, your luck around dogs, dude. I wouldn't bring my dog around. <laughs> it's oh, yeah, well, he'll be missing his dog. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> well, they're not allowed into the festival, Matt. I don't want to lock. I'm not going to lock what? her in the bus all day. They're not allowed into the festival part. Like they're allowed on the they're allowed on the campground, but not on the festival part. So. Then, then she can hang out in the bus. She can shit and piss and eat, and she's fine. Right in the bus. She's old. Doesn't matter. Oh. Right in the bus. Right in your bed. She can do that here. I did just find out that the biscuit has kidney disease. Oh. Uh, she's all right. She's fine. They just had to change her diet, but uh, you know, she's thirteen, and she keeps getting these bladder infections. Which you know, I don't know. I don't know if you know how you discover that your dog has a bladder infection, but I'll tell they you, piss all over. Things. They just start pissing, and uh, yeah, it's like she's it's like she's six months old again. Uh, anyway, so a plus. Poor yeah, right. She's all right. She's gonna be all right. She's hanging in there. I need to be just You're gonna bring her to NHC then, right? What? Yeah, I'm gonna bring her to NHC. She's just gonna run around. I just want to. I just want my dog in my town, man. I, I have the ultimate backyard. <clears throat> bring her, bring her, and she can stay. She requires special care because she's deaf and dizzy. She has vertigo. You can't just like leave her in the backyard. She kind of she tends to fall over <laughs> at random. She can stay with my ex-wife. Remember she's, when I called up fucking last time with my deaf Great Dane and my blind fucking dog? Are they Bring all with you? I got, I got your, yeah, I got your shit covered, bitch. 
All right, I'm going to leave my dog with your ex-wife. Which he accidentally gave his wife a hearing aid and banged his dog. Yeah, hundred percent. I guess that didn't end well with the ex-wife, huh? Yeah. You get any ass lately? All right, well then. What? Have you gotten any ass lately? No. No, no right, fucking I'm just, ass. I'm just I have asking. No, right. Go to Adam and Eve. I have no help. fucking desire. I have no desire for ass. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> I think that's your cure. That's what you guys that are getting laid today. Did she flip you wait, or what? Wait. Go ahead. Remember what? do you fuckers get old, dude? You don't want to hear it. How old are you? You're like not, Matt, you're not that old. You How old are you? You can't. You have uh, cock problems, it sounds like. <laughs> Well, you said wait till you guys get old. Yeah. That's all it means, only one thing. <laughs> That's true. There's not I, a whole lot you can you do with problems. How old are you, Matt? I'm 37. Oh, you're fine, oh, dude. Yeah. You're going to get, don't worry, you're going to be banging strippers before you know it. You know what we need to do? I hope. We need to get Matt to Vegas. We need to do a Matt party. <laughs> And just strippers and blow all weekend long for this <laughs> poor best. Dog. And dog. Yeah, we're going to have like a, a dog adoption. Dog, yeah, dog. Why, yeah. Go all, why go all that far? He's right next to Tijuana. That's true. We don't have to go to Vegas. <laughs> San Simeon. You're right. I take it back. Matt's taking us out, as a matter of right. fact. The Tijuana. Hey. Let's go see. I live in San Diego. Let's go. Let's go. I, I got it. I, I I got a couple hundred bucks. We'll go out. Get, get JP a donkey show. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> that is good. Why, why isn't BNA6 in Tijuana? Uh, because <laughs> I will all end up in jail. Yeah, <laughs> and you quiet. know this. It would be very quiet NHC after that. <laughs> right. Can you imagine that? It would be. NHC would be very, very different if we all got arrested. <laughs> it would. People would go, wow, I thought this one was going to be a big one, but where's all the BN people? <laughs> they're in jail yeah, they're, in they're, Tijuana. <laughs> How disappointed would the Federalis be, be when they found out we had no money? None of us had any money. <laughs> right. Where is everybody? They're patching up JP's ass. <laughs> they were in Tijuana. All right, Matt, you're in the running for Drunk of the Week, man. All right, peace, guys. Good to hear your voice. Cheers, brother. You Bye. too. Love you. Later. Peace. All right, San Diego Matt, now in the running for Drunk of the Week. Let me tell you, that's a good guy right there. He could he could take it. He takes it all right. So he, he, he didn't send us pictures of his ex-wife, though. Oh, yeah. Hey, call him back, Nicole. <laughs> if there's, if we, <laughs> there's another call. If we can get naked pictures of anybody, it's going to be Matt's ex-wife, right? He doesn't give a shit. He hates right. that broad. <laughs> Without ex-wife pictures, there wouldn't be much on he's, the internet. He's back. <laughs> he's back. He's back. Yeah. There's a whole website devoted to ex-girlfriend pictures. Without divorce. I know. Tasty makes an excellent point. We're amateur park guns room. Hey Matt, you got any Matt, you got any pictures of your ex or what? Matt? It's still holding. No, I got him. It says hey. Oh, it's not Matt. All right. Well, oh, ask him if he's got some pictures. Yeah, somebody else. Just he he press the hang-up button. No, Matt, it's B-Hog from Australia. Oh, what's Hello. happening, B-Dog? How are you, brother? Hey, guys. Uh, just ringing out for the of the week. On a, on a, early on a Monday morning? That a boy. Oh, no, it's about oh, 2 o'clock Monday It's Monday afternoon. afternoon. Oh, it's sorry. Eight, it's 18 hours difference. It's been acceptable yeah. for two hours. I get it. <laughs> you don't have work today? I have a pretty good resume for you guys, though. Where in Australia? Ah, uh, Melbourne. Ah. All right, give us the resume, brother. All right, I'll start. I've got most of it written down. The rest, I've, well, got way too far to write it down. So, oh. uh, one four pine stout. <laughs> Trying to figure that one out. Pretty sure he said stout. Gotcha. Yeah, 
one beer here, Dark Hop. It's a chocolate type of hoppy type of... No, hang on. That was a dark IPA. Jesus Christ. Jay, just put no down idea. beer. <laughs> Got it. Uh, one Blue Dog IPA. Beer. <laughs> one Lagunitas IPA. A lot. How'd you get Lagunitas out there? I, we got a few of your American beers in the last six months. Nice. Stop drinking all my beers. Good ones. Well done. My favorite is the Russian River uh, Consecration, I think it is. That's a lot, though. Never heard of it. You're getting Consecration out there? I don't even get that in Ohio. Ohio. That's bullshit. <laughs> They're sucking down. We're going to stop. We're going to stop there. We're going to cut that off. They're sucking down so, all our consecration down there. Ohio. South Ohio, man. They're south of the border. I mean, if Moscow hadn't insulted Vinny all show long, I'd call him about that. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't think the Belgians can brew a sour beer that good personally, but... <laughs> no, it's pretty good. I agree. He, you know, he, he he's up there with world class uh, Belgian sours. That's true. And just like we're up there with world class sours. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. What else? Yeah, we had a had a Murray's Nirvana Pale Ale. All right. All right. Murray's. Yep. One. Now, don't try to get me to pronounce this right. It's a Han Bridgeriet. Han Norwegian beer. It's a Norwegian beer. Yeah. You just point. To, oh, from the bottle. I see. All right. Another beer. Got yep. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. What time did you start, by the way? Um, in Australian time, we started a beer at 9 o'clock this morning. <laughs> be it. Good Lord. <laughs> we had to get a head start. We only get the live show once every two or three two or three times a year because of, you know, being you guys Sunday, us Monday, so. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, we, we had to do what we could. <laughs> 9 a.m., I like it. I love it. This is a strong, uh, this is a strong <laughs> resume so far. Anything else? Yeah, uh, we had a hop wired. It's a New Zealand beer, hop wired smoke porter. All right. And we've had a couple of a it's a homebrewed version of Jamil's um, Orval clone recipe. Okay. Had two or three of them. I, this is where I lose it. I stopped writing it down. <laughs> That's a good sign. Got so drunk he ate his pencil. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Had um, my brother brewed a. APA recipe, which was uh, Little Creatures American Pale Ale clone. We had a couple of them. Okay. Didn't we have them on the show, Little Creatures? Yes. Yeah. No, I don't think you've had a show. No, we never did. Please do. We've talked about them a lot. Please (laughs) do. You had Murray's. (laughs) Oh. Years ago, though. Yeah, come on. We've We've talked about them. We've had them before. Okay. Come on. Uh, To me, talking about them is as good as having them on the show. I don't fucking listen anyway. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, there I've lost. I've written nothing to the rest down, but we had a few other beers here and there, so. Well, I'm <laughs> counting I'm counting 11 that he can remember, and then there's a few other he can't, and the man started at 9 a.m., and it's now 2 p.m., really and he sounds a lot happier than any of us in the room, that's for sure. Especially for a Monday. I, I have a new resume question. Yeah. Uh, it's a fucking yeah. public holiday today. We don't have to go to work here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't whoa. work today. I like. Oh, and did you guys get the picture? I sent you a picture of my hot grenade tattoo on my leg. I don't know if I got that. When yeah. did you send it? Today? Uh, not long ago. Yeah, half an hour ago, roughly. Where did you send it? To my address or to feedback? Yeah, <laughs> feedback. Dude. the Network or whatever it is. 
I might have it. Let's the, see. The here. thing is, is we're not really interested oh, in I'm photos anymore, unless it has your oh, wife or girlfriend's boobs. Right? Here it is. Hang on, I'm getting a look at it I, here. I send you a photo of my niece's teeth, but she went on because she was disgusted with me. It's like a dog tag <laughs> with a. You know, that's pretty rad. That's, that's pretty the cool. that's the first dog tag version of the hop grenade that we've seen. Yeah. So yeah. original idea. I'm liking it. Uh, I don't like looking at all your stupid hairy leg in my face. Neither do I. I'm gonna be honest. I'll give you that. I do like the hop grenade si- or, or the the dog tag situation, though. I think that's a smart thing to do. Uh, it's pretty good. That's a pretty rad tattoo. Also, you know, judging by the distance on the leg, that's a pretty big tattoo. He didn't yeah. go small. Or he's on this a short thing. guy. That's true. How tall are you? Three foot. Go Bevo, go home. Go Bevo, go home. Go Bevo or go home. I agree. Right. Not bad. I'm kind of liking the tattoo, and I'm definitely liking the resume. You're at the top of the list, man. So San, San Diego Matt says that his legs are not hairy. They're not hairy? Yeah. But are they... Ta- he just wanted to let you know. We don't want to know about his legs. Yeah, we ask about, about his, his ex-wife's <laughs> legs. Yeah. <laughs> we so, went so, probably all so I have a new drunk of, the, drunk of the Week resume question. Okay. Uh, when, when did you know you were drunk? All right, that's a good question. I like that question. What, at, what, at what point today did you know? Why before the first time I rang in, I knew I was drunk. That means... <laughs> when was that? Uh, like, an, how long ago was that? But, but I mean, what event oh, yeah, caused yeah. you to know you were hammered? Like, what... what, what? Calling into this retarded show, right. I think, is he's like, oh, yeah, I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, I thought I was going to go out cold, so I rang in early. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be a... Uh, we should bet on how long it is before B-Dog is asleep. About another ten minutes, I think. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. You are in the running for Drunk of the Week. Stay tuned, and we'll do our judging here shortly. Uh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, cheers, brother. Take care, cheers. man. All right. Australians. They were great. I, I was there in uh, last October for the uh, the their version of the uh, NHC. Yeah, I got a question that came through about that, just, I guess, how you liked it. <laughs> oh, I loved it. The Australians were a super host. You guys, you guys know uh, Peter Simons. You know, he's been yeah. on the sh- been on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I went out there early, sort of doing the thing like he always does with Jamil. So shows up early and then drives. So those guys drove me from Sydney down to Melbourne, stopping at like all these good beer places along the way. I, said, I told them they should totally package that up. I mean, a bunch of Americans would fly over there and do that, you know, all the time. Oh, definitely. Great beer. Bunch of good home brewers, a lot of a lot of BN uh, representing there. Right. So uh, it was it was an it was a incredible time. So I, I'm really uh, happy with Australia. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about Peter Simons is he's such a dick. I mean, <laughs> he's not nice at all. He he's not fun to be around. He uh, he's really ugly. He's ugly. Uh. And he's, a, he's such a, you know, you think of the Australians, you, you think like, you see the commercials and you think about how nice they must be, and then you meet Peter. What commercials are <laughs> you, you watching Peter? for you Australia? You uh, they're on during not our show. Yeah. Our show has other commercials. You're watching Mad Max and Romper Stuff? Yeah, on watch, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then there's like the Australian tourism commercial. And then, and you and you have all these high hopes, and then uh, then you meet Peter. You know, like, oh, now I don't know why. Now I know why I don't want to go there. Now I know why it's so expensive to fly to Australia. Right? Why? They have a Peter tax. <laughs> it's a Peter tax. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have another drunk of the week? Yeah, we have Luke from Colorado. All right, Luke, what's happening? Oh, not a lot. You guys? No, about the same. I am your father. Drunk of the week? Uh, what's up? You calling in for drunk of the week? 
You know it. All right, give us the resume, man. No, you do, you, you, you sounds. I don't even need to hear the resume. I think he sounds. No, did tell you, us. Did you smoke weed also, Luke? Oh God, how'd you know? It was actually. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was Hash's cousin. So. Oh, I see. What does it even mean? I don't know. Heroin. <laughs> <laughs> you shot up heroin. <clears throat> no, come on, Casey, help me out. What is Hash's cousin? I don't know. Well, uh, cousin Keith? Hash? Oh. 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 Are you just saying yeah, hash? Did you do hash? Oh. Did you smoke hash yeah. or not? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Cousin's cousin. Yeah. Hash. Yeah. hash. Cousin's yeah. cousin's yeah. hash. Okay. I was smoking hash, cuz. Do you have the homework for biology? Uh, yes. I love it when stoners try to use code, like to to not give it away. Right. Oh, I don't. Well, I, I don't know. I, and then they I say, hash. I, I just bought a bag of salad. <laughs> you know. Hey, can I buy a QP of broccoli? Some special oregano. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a QP and like a couple D's, bro. Broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Trees, man. I've been hitting them trees like. Sonny Bodo! Exactly. I <laughs> love it. Because he hit a tree. Well, okay. Justin's always spot on with it all there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right on. Let me <laughs> let me hit you with my resume. That's yeah. Sooner laugh. Give it too. up. Give it up, Luke. What do you got? All right. All right. Here we go. We got six 20 uh, ounce Imperial pints of Jamil's. Shit, what was that? That was the Raspberry Porter? Right. Really? Okay. Six yeah, of them. Yeah. That's a lot. So, raspberry? How do you get past all that uh, raspberry? Six of them. I and, know, right? And the Justin kicker. loves a raspberry porter. <laughs> oh, my God. You like wine coolers, too? Sounds like a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Oh, what I else? I had one for breakfast. I, I do. And, I pre- and I've been shooting fireworks off, fireworks off for Jesus. Good. Thank you. That's a euphemism and, for uh, heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He keeps trying. The poor guy keeps trying to tell us he's on heroin. It's a cry for help. So he's taking knife hits. Okay, I get it. We yeah. just can't. We Guys, can't. I'm shooting fireworks for Jesus. I can't stop. <laughs> fireworks for Jesus. For baby Jesus. For baby Jesus. And then uh, one other 20-ounce pint of uh, Ida Bell's IPA clone. Okay. It's about uh, 6%. All right. So. So you've had seven so, yeah. twenty-ounce pints of that's beer. That's correct. Uh, in, in two hours. And in two hours. Okay, that's that's good to know. And then just so we can gauge, you know, what is affecting what? Uh, what are we talking here? One doobie, <laughs> a, a bowl, a bong. How, how much smoking did you do? Hookah. Who says uh, doobie but, anymore? This guy who doesn't yeah, no, smoke yeah. over here. I say lid all the time. You say, yeah. JP still says yeah, lid. Right. I just bought a lid. What, in 1969? No, no, no. Yeah, bro. It was the last time JP bought weed. Yeah. <laughs> that shit for free. All right, sorry. How much did you smoke? Uh, I, I, I would say a, a couple a couple big bowls. Couple big bowls. Right. What does that mean? Out of a pipe? Just a regular of pipe? cereal. <laughs> right. Uh, we have... Uh, Captain we have Crunch. a we have a pipe and a vaporizer in the mix. Oh, vaporizer! The vaporizer. <laughs> ah, Tasty's impressed. The the uh, the the vessel of choice for stoners with a cold. <laughs> they always pull out the. Well, it's really healthier or, or, for you that way, bro. Because stoners like, with a steady jaw. It's it's from the earth, and sometimes you need to purify that. So you know the vaporizer; it just pulls all the good stuff out and leaves kind of the bad stuff uh, there in the uh, what? What's that thing? What? Uh, Luke, where are you from? Colorado. <laughs> uh, I'm from Colorado. Oh, so they got some pretty good... Oh, yeah, he was smoking some good weed, They know too. what they're doing there, yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, we got everything. We're the Sonoma Valley of fucking yeah. beer. Yeah, we, we give you that. Huh? 
All right. I wonder if Luke will advertise on our TV show next week. Right. Luke will have his own commercial, Possibly. too. Uh, all right, Luke, you are now in the running for Drunk of the Week, my friend. Right on, brother. Cheers, brother. Later. I am late. All right, Luke from Colorado, B-Dog from Australia, and San Diego Matt. These, good Drunks of the Week this week. Not bad, right? Not yeah. bad. Solid. Yeah. yeah lacking, uh, conspicuously lacking in females, though, with 36C. I think I might know a candidate. <laughs> yeah, Nicole, are you getting me some booby pics over there or what? Um, no, actually... Well, I, I, I told them to email you. I had a couple people ask earlier about booby pics. Right. Somebody else booby is saying picks. that their nipples could cut circles in glass right now. Yeah, but that's a dude. <laughs> right. JP's, been, JP's hung out in chat rooms long enough yeah. to know that that's a dude. I've played chat roulette. I know I know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> JP's like, I, I was one of the first to sign up for AOL. I know what's happening. <laughs> I've been on chat roulette, baby. That's all I can say. Right. Okay. Are we done? I didn't do feedback. But do I care? No. Nine thirty. How about I'll do a feedback summary? Uh, Justin and Company, Company U two JP. Dumping Company. Um, a lot of feedback about the electric brewing segment. There you go. Oh, that good. sums that up. Right. Um, good or bad? Sixty percent, forty. What? What was it? Give me a ratio. Oh. Um, uh, oh. Good job. Okay. Great. Good job. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Brewcasters' funniest uninformative episode in months was the Bevo's Baby announcement episode. The BN should hold a birthing beer brewing contest for the baby. I have a cherry stout. Oh, I brewed a cherry stout for my wife. That's from Frasier in New York. I've been getting a lot of comments about Bevo's Baby and ideas that we could, um, uh, shall I say, honor her with (laughs) and, and and their achievement. Uh, lots of things about baby showers, like a BN baby shower, baby at BNA six, yeah, and be brewing beers for the baby. I think pretty much they know that Sam is isn't going to do anything. <laughs> what ever? No, it's not the do. Sam I know of of any sort. So follow Bevo Baby on Twitter. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Bevo's Baby now has a Twitter account. Uh, what's is it? The name just Bevo Baby. Bevo Baby. Go to Bevo Baby on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I got on my Twitter the other day and I was I'm like, "Sorry, that one was taken." Yeah, they're like, "You have a, you know, it says yeah. you have a new follower." I was like, "Who the? F- be- All right, Bevo, I'll follow Bevo Baby." Yeah, all day long. That's I pretty like sweet. It. Did someone shove a smartphone up her, or what happened? Yeah, she sits on a lot of shit. All right. What does Bevo Baby Twitter about, Jip? I don't know. Uh, I thought you followed. Well, I, can, I do, but I'm not like on there. I can log on if you want. <clears throat> um, Just want to know. Worth I guess Bevo Baby last post was kick mommy real good today, not because I'm stretching, but because I refuse to hear her and Sam do scenes from Twilight any longer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for that kid, man. Tell yeah. you what. So, I just want to. I just want to hear boob updates from Bevo's baby. Do you think those will happen on Twitter? I don't know. Well, I mean, I imagine when Bevo Baby get out. Yeah. Then, no, the, the boobs hurt earlier than that. Oh. But the baby yeah. don't know that. Baby shit. don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna like Bevo Baby Twitter in like ten years. <laughs> Still breastfeeding. <laughs> you know, just because. By the way, who does everyone have for homeroom? I hear Mr. Henderson's a real dick. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, oh, more complaints about our Goose Island um, interview. Oh, wow. People loved that one. <clears throat> Entered my first competition, uh, World Cup of Beer. Entered three beers under the BN as my club and ended up with a second place in Category 23. Mm, Nice. Great category. 
smoked uh, wood aged. Smoked wood aged. It's a good comp. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. They didn't throw peanuts at me this year, but I got dangerously close. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He made the mistake mm-hmm. of entering a competition with Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, greetings, my networks. Congratulations to Bevo. Why? Um, let's see. Because she's not here today. <laughs> Actually, this one's about... I wish she was here for this one because it says... Uh, so this is Brian. He says, I've got two kids of my own, and my wife had a 180-degree personality change during the second pregnancy. Uh, during the first one, she was always happy and a pleasure to be around. But holy shit, during the second, she was downright mean. For about seven of the nine months, I just tried to be silent so as to avoid calling attention to myself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the focus of his an- her anger. Is that, so, is he says, so he says, so when Bevo <laughs> announced her baby, it left me wondering which way her pregnancy personality is going to go. I think the one thing Bevo has going for her is that she's a raging bitch half the time anyway, so right. we might not know the difference. There's not too much farther to fall. I think yeah. all her personality is going in her boobs, so it's fine. Right. Yeah. Like, one day, she's the, the nicest person you ever want to meet, and literally eight minutes later, you could not find yeah. a larger cunt. She is wildly swinging If I might, if I might say. The yeah. C-word, yes. <laughs> we should call her and tell her that. Ouch. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Are you going to have designated driver tickets for BNA6 in San Diego from Dan? Uh, all right, quick update, BNA6. Uh, oh, tickets yeah. uh, tickets will go on sale for BNA6 this week. I will post about that. Uh, there will be a VIP session just like last year where Sean Paxton will feed you some sausages. And then um, Sausage you can fest. hang out the rest of the time uh, for beer. Uh, uh, designated driver tickets? Yeah, probably. We'll probably just let DDs in for free or something. Well, I'll figure it out. I'll let you know. We won't make you pay full price if you're not going to. You know, drink. We'll, we'll figure something out. Maybe just make you. It's going to be for charity too, so maybe you'll have to pay five bucks to the charity or something like that. Um, but we'll sort you out. Don't worry. You don't have to buy a full price. Um. All right. Here's a question for you guys. Let's do this one from Qingdao, China. Brewing Network. Hey, Brewcasters. I want to brew a batch of beer without oxygenating wort and try the olive oil method. Why? Blah 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 blah. Uh, what do you guys know about the olive oil? This is for uh, aerating wort. Uh, we've talked about it briefly a long time ago where you might add a pinch of olive oil to your wort rather than actually aerating it with oxygen. It's like a drop. For the sterile. Four or five want. gallons. Yeah. It's retarded. Don't yeah. do it. Fail. So everybody says don't do it. Fair enough. Any 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 differing opinion? No. Okay. Um, other things and stuff. That's it. All right. Feedback was brought to you today by. Oh, let's see. Uh, Hoptech. Hoptech Brewing in Dublin, California. Uh, you can go to hoptech.com and get all your homebrew supplies right there in dear Dublin. Yeah, Hoptech. Right. That was good. <laughs> well Nicole. done, Nicole. Yeah. Nicole's pretty good at this chat room business. She is. You know? Yeah. And, and you just get to sit here and get drunk. It's awesome. It's pretty easy, right? And and they're like a team, the Nate and Nicole thing. It's like two for the price of one. Oh, you know? man. High five, bro. Especially when the price is free. <laughs> you just worked your own check, yeah. bro. Just wrote yeah. our own deal. You're going to have to write your own check with the pay right here. <laughs> That's right. I wrote my own chat room, bro. All right. And for all of your hard work, I brought you a vegetarian pizza for dinner. Okay? You're welcome. Thank you. Except that I oh, snuck in. I thought in, you said meat lovers. Like in pepperoni. Whoops. All right. Chip, are we done? Yeah, man. We've been done fucking <laughs> since 502. Do we need to vote <laughs> on Drunk of the Week? Oh, that's right, Chip. We're not done! <laughs> Thank you, it, Moscow, for keeping us Are you ever going to give me the songs for BNA6? 
I secretly think you don't want me to play. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask I you do. In September. I want you to play. I just want you to play really shitty. So I'm gonna give you the songs. Like I'll a do week, it anyway. A week before the... I could write the songs and stuff. I don't sure. have the songs yet, but you and Nate. How the fuck oh, we're gonna? Not have we're the gonna. Song. We already know. So good. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, you and Nate need to pick your own song. For we already one. did. You did? Yeah. What is it? I can't tell you. It's, it's a, a secret. secret. Can I? Is it from Brain Oil? No, no, I'm not that. No, no, no. Is that's it not from Megadeth? Motorhead cover band? Is it no? Motorhead. That's what I meant to say. No. No? I did not say fail. That was someone else. Uh, no, I did. Uh, no. Who is it from? I can't tell you that. We can't even get a who it's from? No, it's going to be a surprise. I have a whole costume change and everything. Oh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> not even a hint? Nope. Is it from Whitesnake? Nope. Are we just going to go one by one through the podcast? I'm not going to say even it is. <laughs> yeah. How many more we get through? Long night. Not even doing it. I'm not even doing it. You can't even copy and paste in the chat room. What's going on? Trying to find that stupid White Snake song that I like that I was hoping it would be. Uh, something about the dogs. Dogs on the streets or some shit like that. Oh, the new one? Yeah. No, I didn't go for that one. Oh, man. <laughs> What's the one I really like? I can't even. I'm looking at all the names of them. And there's, I, there's, there's a, there's a request. I don't know, for, but uh, okay. Sister Christian, drunk of the week. Who is it? Because uh, all right, yeah, we have. All right, San Diego Matt, um, still hurting inside. He had like 15 beers, I think, if I counted right, something uh, along those one, lines. One, two. When three, people say four, 15 five, beers, I never six, believe them. I'm sorry. Seven, Seriously, I just don't believe them. You? you shouldn't be able to talk if you had that many beers. I agree. I counted eight. Beers. Okay. Right. Still. Nate was exaggerating. From San Diego Matt. <laughs> I think he had like 59 beers, dude. Like now, 40. Keep yeah. in mind that San Diego Matt might still be able to send us naked pictures of his wife because we didn't hear a no yet. And oh, to yeah, me, that right. means yes. Did he say in the chat room that he might have... No, but you know, he's been really active in the in the chat room. He hasn't had that many spelling errors. Oh, well, actually, I take that back. There's a few. But he's responsive. He's like typing way too fast. He's not really that drunk. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, right. I'm skeptical. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Oh, he's telling me to fuck off now. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Angry drunk. Okay. Uh, okay. And then we had B Dog from Australia who had a stout, a chocolate IPA, three brew dogs. Uh, oh, no, just a brew dog. Yeah. A Lagunitas, a Consecration, uh, something else I can't read, a Pale Ale. Oh, a Murray's Pale Ale. Murray's. Another beer. It's Murray's. A Porter. Don't forget Murray's. Some Orval. I think uh, several of those it sounded like. An APA. I counted. I, I stopped counting over. I did, yeah, an Orval clone. Yeah. Oh, the, I didn't even. That I was the one he did shit. from uh, Jamil's recipe, oh. he said. I stopped counting at 11 with, uh, with yeah. B Dog. And then finally we had uh, Luke. Yeah, we did. In Colorado, six 20 ounces of Porter and another 20 ounce of Bell's IPA. And also, uh, get out, couple. (sighs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) He was out mowing the lawn. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling this one's going to be a landslide. The lid he just bought. Nicole, what was that? Was that your goat noise? (laughs) (laughs) That was my stoner laugh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can't help but evaluate all Nicole's different laughs based on Nate's face in the bedroom. I gotta be honest. Every time I hear a different laugh, I just picture Nate's like, (sighs) get it all out now. He's like, just can we stop giggling for? I just, I need like, I need like ninety seconds. I'm not asking for the world here. Let me just play JP's live read of Adam and Eve, and I can get it right back up. (laughs) Okay, you can. Ninety fucking seconds. 
Okay. So, is it going to be San Diego Matt, B-Dog, or Luke? Uh, Nicole, since you are playing the part of Beef Whore today, Uh-oh. you get two votes, just so you know. Okay. Uh, that's the way it goes. Raise your hand if it is San Diego Matt. All right. Okay. I don't know, man. Okay. Uh, raise your hand if it's B-Dog. Right. Right. And and raise your hand if it's Luke from Colorado. Okay, JP, you have to vote oh, on one. Um, uh, well, uh, my problem is it should go to B-Dog, but he's never going to get it because he's in Australia. No one's ever going to send it to him. So uh, I kind of want to vote for him, but it's going to be a waste because he's never going to get his fucking medal. So who cares? Uh, <laughs> wow, your glass is half empty tonight. Well, I just think my glass is too large for the amount of beer that I need. <laughs> no, you can just send him. <laughs> That's, That's a good is. answer. You can just send him an email later saying, well, sorry, we can't send you the medal, but you can feel free to go and tattoo it on your other leg if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll send you a JPEG of your medal. Yeah, give you the high <laughs> All right, uh, for that matter, uh, by unanimous vote, Land since twice. JP's vote would go that way if he That's were right. ever to receive his medal. That's right. B-Dog from Australia. Yeah, yeah. B-Dog. Luke, you did receive uh, Nicole's second uh, honorary vote just so you know i'm pretty sure you said he drank a beer called there's a beer called beer uh dark hops from a brewery called beer here yeah and it's just funny to hear him pronounce that right you could barely understand what the hell he was dark hops. Yeah. you don't understand any of it anyway oh i did have another question one last question for gordon speaking of darkness uh, whoa what <laughs> is whoa. it uh, let's see where was it you is it your anus let me find it let me find it is it black ipa oh, no. cascadian dark ale or black American ale. It's Cinnamarian ale. Oh, he just uh, <laughs> take that. Yes, yeah. it's called Cinnamar. That's where it came from. That's, That's the best called. name yet. Kate the Great brewed a black American ale called Terrence the Black. How'd it come out? I don't know. We haven't tried it, but we're bringing it to the SoCal Homebrew Fest with us next week. So we'll be pouring Kate's beer. I've got a keg nice. of beer from Nate Smith that That's we're right. pouring. I think I'm going to get a keg of beer from Tasty. The Jan- well, Janet's are we getting Brown. Janet's Brown Ale? Yeah, the beer we were just tasting a while ago. Yeah. The one you Yours? Yours? Mine personally. Your personal version. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I'm bringing Janet's Brown Ale, Brown Ale down. Uh, I know that Doc is going to give me some Hef and possibly a uh, Hellas. And Chad is giving us uh, IPA uh, and Avery Maharaja, two different clones of that. Uh, so I think we're, turns out we're bringing a shitload of beer down. Hell yeah. Tasty. Well, how's it going to fit into the, uh, that Volkswagen is not going to carry uh, that much stuff. I'll figure it out. Uh. I gotta, I'll figure something out. All right. I'll bring it down. I'll bring it down. All right. Go to the Brewing Network store and get yourself Brewing Better Beer. It's Gordon Strong's new book and it's signed. It's the only place you can get a signed copy right now. Uh, I only carry good books that mention my name in our store, so uh, you can be sure. Uh, mine too, yeah. That, that's yeah. right. Taste now that Mike knows his name is in there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so get brewing better beer, especially if you're an intermediate, uh, ready to move forward as an all grain brewer. It's a fantastic book. Gordon's done a really good job. He's worked quite hard on it over the last couple of years, and uh, you know it's twenty bucks. And buy come it. see me in San Diego. Yeah, uh, be at Gor- the NHC hanging you- out. Good in the. BNA six. Going to do another yeah. signing in a, at the NHC, Gordon, for that, or yeah, for people that got a pre-order or something. Okay, nice. we'll be doing that. All right, good. Come see Gordon at NHC. All right, JPR, we done? Yeah, <laughs> bro. It's nine forty. <laughs> we gotta write ourselves done, bro. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, we're off next week because we're down at the SoCal Homebrewers Festival. Come see right. us out there. Uh, we'll have a booth set up, pouring a bunch of beer, hanging out, having a good time. Moscow's coming down. If you've never met a Jew before, 
Uh, you can you poke him. Punch the Jew. Touch him. <laughs> you poke me, I might poke you back with my horns. <laughs> right. Poke me and I'll poke <laughs> you back. Or we'll, my nose. We'll let you touch him. Just don't feed him. Uh, and you know who's coming on the week when we're back after uh, after the homebrew fest? Oh, announce this in si- this moment of silence. Look around. If you're watching justin.tv slash brewing network, you'll know how important this is to me because you'll see the walls of my studio and know that Canty on. Yeah, Jean's coming on the Jean show Van Roy. in nice. two weeks. Jean Van Roy is going to be on the show. So, in other words, JP has to conduct the interview because I'm just going to be giddy like a little girl the whole time <laughs> talking to Jean. Some uh, kind of jokey jizz flying all around the room. Is your yeah. mouth going to be full? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it might be. I'm real excited about that. And you know what? Jean's a real nice guy and a funny guy. He's probably going to make fun of us more than we make fun of him. It'll be a good show. Perfect. And uh, good job, Moscow. So in two weeks, we're talking to Cantillone. And uh, yeah, I-, I can't say enough about that. All right. But we're off next week. Come see us at the SoCal Homebrew Fest. See you later. Cheers. Yeah, I think I'll have Well, I'll have one right now. Yeah, yeah.